0: Hello, beautiful people. It is Overreaction Monday, November 14th. 2022, and this dumbass sports show begins right now. Just wrapped up its week 10 NFL Sunday slate, and I'll tell you what, there was the game of the year that took place just yesterday up in Western New York. Now, there was no Kirk co chain sighting, but there was certainly Patrick Peterson who is absolutely stacked and shredded mm. wearing the chains on the way back to Minnesota, and we said it last week, and we'll reiterate it again. People People have to get used to the fact that the Vikings are a real team. People are going to have to get used to the fact that in the end, the Vikings are going to be around. Because although in the past the Vikings have had great players, they never really amounted to anything, and they were in the same division as the Green Bay Packers, who go big time wherever. There go. So the conversation was always about the Packers. Are they going to go NFC championships deep into the NFC playoffs? So why would you waste your time talking about the Vikings, who inevitably weren't going to end up making it? Well, everybody needs to recognize that this Vikings team is different. Kevin O'Connell's got the boys buzzing. Justin Jefferson won for 193 yesterday. 193 yards receiving yesterday in one game, Justin Jefferson did. And it's not like he came out of nowhere. The Buffalo Bills defense, who was Al Poyer and a couple other people obviously, knew that Justin Jefferson was the guy. Everybody on earth knows Justin Jefferson's the guy. His grill says he's the guy, and he still won for 193. Maybe had the best catch in the last five years, maybe? Yeah, maybe ever. Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch, insane. Santonio Holmes catching the corner in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals, insane. But going up and on a fourth and 18, got to have it down four in the fourth. He goes up, reaches in between Lewis's hands, and says, Give me that. Then, defying physics somehow, keeps the ball off the ground with Lewis's hand, and then, boom, snags that thing in, stands up, and knows that what he just accomplished, there ain't a lot of other motherfuckers that ever existed. off the same damn thing. How the ball doesn't hit the ground, we have no idea. It's almost like the Julian Edelman catch against the Atlanta Falcons where they seemed to be hovering yeah. and he was able to get his hands under there. Fourth, Don, fourth quarter, down four. Four. Justin Jefferson proved to be what Justin Jefferson has been proving since he got in the NFL that he is an absolute dog as a wide receiver. Congrats to the Vikings getting a win. Yeah. In overtime. And that's a massive hurdle for them because everybody talks about their inevitable downfall. Kirk Cousins is gonna be Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins had a had a pick yesterday that was very terrible. I mean it was I actually said Kirk's going to get cooked for that because it was old Kirk Cousins as opposed to what Kirk Cousins has shown this year. Quarterbacks are going to have those situations. They bounce back on the other side, make some big-time plays. Questionable rulings at the end with Gabe Davis with that catch that wasn't a catch. And then the review, Walt Anderson says, yeah, we should have looked at that and turned it over, but since it was less than two minutes, which was absurd the final two minutes of that entire game. <laughs> 24 seconds left. Josh Allen, second and two, out outright. 21 seconds left on the clock, no timeouts. Gabe Davis makes what we think is an incredible catch, what the refs think is an incredible catch, what review told, tells us was not an actual catch. No. And the NFL actually agreed on that. Walt Anderson, a man who was pretty terrible on the field the last, I don't know, decade and a half. He sure. was officiating games. who got moved into a more powerful position in officiating, which makes sense. Ball's moving. Walt Anderson says that they probably would have overturned that. They should have overturned that. But it was their people that should have stopped it, reviewed it, and overturned it. So what does that mean? They're pointing fingers and all of them lead right back to them. Bill Belichick was reiterating the fact this morning that he believes in a final two minutes, you should be able to challenge a, a play. You, th- We've all just kind of taken it as gospel. Yeah. Final two minutes. Can't challenge it. Hey, they're, they're reviewing it Now, it, are they reviewing it because it's the most important time and every play is being reviewed and if you can review every single play in every single two minute situation across the entire league like the one o'clock slate how come you can't just watch every single fucking play how come we don't have that type of uh, um, voyeurism on every single call throughout the entirety of the game why only when it matters the most is it just up top and the coaches can't challenge just like we've all been like oh scoring plays every turnover those are automatically being re- reviewed those are automatically being reviewed we've all just been like yeah that makes sense that makes sense the final two minutes once we think about it doesn't make sense at all if if they can review every single play that happens in the final two minutes and they have enough staffing to be able to review every single play that happens in the final two minutes of all the games happening at the same time why don't they just do that for the entirety of the fucking game how come we never asked that question bill belichick saying we should be able to challenge in the final two minutes and i think we, when we first heard bill say that we're like bill Everything's being challenged already yeah, in the final two on. minutes. But if they have the staffing to do that, why aren't they doing it for the rest of the game if they're going to come out and say, we should have stopped it and turned it over? You're the motherfuckers that should have stopped it yeah. and turned it over. And if they throw a challenge flag there, penalized. Coach looks like an asshole. Penalized. This guy doesn't know the rules, yep. but it would inevitably have been the right call. It's an interesting dynamic that we will you know, continue to try to figure out, hopefully, if you're talking from the NFL's point of view. But what a game. Week 10 wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be going into yeah. it. There was definitely some stinkers. The Chiefs did their thing against the Jags. I mean, the Chiefs. Them picking up Tony. Unbelievable. Huge. Guy was hurt in New York. The guy was a rapper in New York. Mm-hmm. Guy doesn't care about football. He's weak. Doesn't care about the team. Won't buy in. Now he's fucking climbing the fucking tower to make a snag. They got him in motion. He's the next Tyreek Hill. They said that coming out of college. Now he's with the actual team that was able to do it. The Chiefs continue to steamroll. The Packers get a massive win, which turns us to the toxic table at Boston Connor, You look fantastic. At Ty Schmidt, Packers beat Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. What is your original and first reaction to that game? Because early, you guys look terrible. Bad, bad, stink, stink. Aaron tries to step up in a pocket ball gets batted away. He ends up under a pile. Guy sits on his face mm-hmm. for a long, long Ooh, time. Yep. He has he's getting a full facial from a Dallas Cowboy. It appeared as if you guys stink, stink. You end up getting a win. Let's go. How pumped are you? What does this mean for the season? And do you feel bad for Big Mike McCarthy's reunion alongside Philbin and the boys who had a uh, jumbotron tribute to them uh, going back to Dallas with an L in their pocket?
1: Uh, don't feel bad for Mike McCarthy at all. Him and Aaron had a you know they spent, love you yeah quite a bit of time. Pre-game, apparently, where they they said it was kind of good for both of them to I don't know maybe hash out the the way things ended originally, but yeah I'm I am ecstatic I am pumped this is I I really I mean we'll see because they have to turn around very quickly and play on Thursday, but I think that is the type of win that can kind of galvanize a season and get them going in the right direction because like you said I mean they're down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, like, from everything we've seen this year, it's just like, all right, this team's dead. They're going to end up getting blown out. But they just they found a way to get it done, which they hadn't really. And Christian Watson, right. you know, he had the, the drops early, and he, he really had his kind of coming-out party yesterday. I mean, you know, week 10, so a little later than than you'd <laughs> like to see. But, that, like, that's what they really needed. I mean, for the first time, I think the the 58-yard touchdown he caught – in the uh, first quarter for the first score of the game, that was their longest play of the season because that's what they've been missing. Like, the run game, they ran for over 200 yards again, but they just have no explosive plays in the pass game, like none whatsoever. And now, I mean... We'll see. Like, him getting going, I imagine his confidence is going to be oh, through yeah. the roof going on Thursday.
0: Oh, yeah. Three touchdowns one game, I'm going to be feeling pretty yeah, you, nice exactly. walking around the facility. It's much better than dropping a ball and not doing anything. Ab-
1: right absolutely. And, and Rogers said, you know, they asked him about it uh, after he, he had a couple drops on, I think, their opening drive to kind of stall when the Packers were moving. They had a conversation on the sideline, and, and, he, and Rogers basically told Watson, like, hey, you know, flush it because I'm coming back to you like you're going to have more opportunities you're going to have to do something so you couple that with the run game the defense I mean wasn't great you know mm. I mean C.D. Lamb basically did whatever he wanted but they had two turnovers they were opportunistic they scored off those turnovers and then when they absolutely needed a stop in overtime the defense got one so we'll see I mean you know if, if they end up losing that game I think it's pretty safe to say season's over you know it's kind of pack it in but that's the kind of thing where I really do think like if, if they do win these next three games. They beat the Cowboys who no one was giving them any chance Six to and beat. 62
0: Cowboys going in.
1: Exactly. If they beat the Titans on Thursday night and then find a way to to beat the Eagles, they win those three games. Like, yeah, granted, they're not going to win the division cuz the Vikings are just steamrolling people right now, but I think I mean Getting a dance? Exactly. And I, and I think, you know, the year they won the Super Bowl when AJ was on the team, they were the last seed. They had to go on the road everywhere and, you know, same deal. Everyone's been been I mean, myself included, a lot of Packers fans have been saying, "Hey, this team's dead," but if they keep winning and they look a little bit better, like this is definitely the kind of team that you wouldn't want to see in the playoffs with Rogers and, and, and right. everyone kind of coming together. So we'll see. I'm, I'm in a much better place today than I have been since fucking week four.
0: Okay. Well, that's good news. Hey, Huge. happy for you and yeah. happy for the Packers getting a big win. Uh, Steelers get a win over the Saints. That obviously <laughs> makes one half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys tone digs. Excited about that tone. Seeing the pigeons on the field. Those are the baddest, the grittiest, the toughest pigeons on the planet. We all know that because they're from Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Uh, they were quite a distraction, but let's not take away from the game. The boys played. Hey, T.J. Watt obviously uh, brings energy back. Kenny Pickett seems to have a grit that we all like. I thought he had a sprained ankle. Then he took another big shot. Yeah. I like the way Kenny Pickett plays football. Uh, how do you feel about the Steelers? Obviously, they're out of it, so let's not spend too much time. Three and six still. Let's not get crazy here and spend you know, the next few minutes talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're out of it. But a good optimism there with the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday well, beating a good Saints
2: team. They're not out of it. They started their march to seven and two after the bottom. Oh, okay, so, so One we, down. We, should, One should, down.
0: we should save that thought you're saying. yeah, right? yeah, yeah This isn't over.
2: Congrats to Mike Tomlin. Hey. He has now beat uh, every single team in the NFL except for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh hey, hey, baby. Hey, hey, Mike. Mike. Hey. On you. Uh, Naj had his best game. Kenny looked good. TJ being back, it's like automatically the defense starts making plays again. It'll be a more exciting team to watch the rest of the year. Uh,
0: Naj, at the beginning of the game, I saw some of the plays. I'm like, well. what the fuck happened to this guy? What, what did happen to Naj? Right. I loved his personality. I loved everything about him. <clears> I thought he ran really hard. This year, it seems like it's Vastly different than he came back around. It seems like here we go. Naj is back. Here we go.
2: back. A lot of it could be the old line, but a lot of it is. I feel like he maybe doesn't realize that he's like six three and two hundred forty pounds, and you know could run like that. But you know.
0: It was oh, a, this is like a Derrick Henry needs to have a conversation with uh, Eddie George situation. I think that every, every
2: Sunday. I, I wish that I could get a hold of Eddie to tell, tell him to call
0: Well, it had to be Jerome Bettis because yeah, Eddie George did that with Derrick Henry yep. because he was watching the game, part of the franchise, part of the program, and said, hey, Derrick, we need to do a little bit more of this, and it changed his entire career. Now he's getting paid $50 million in two seasons to run the football, and he – Pounded the rock. Didn't get a lot of yards or a touchdown, which kind of killed our super boost. Yeah. But Derrick Henry has become a much different person as opposed to a splash in the pan. Now he's become a consistent – he is the guy. You're thinking that Jerome Bettis, old bussy needs to talk to old Naj and say, hey, Naj, you're bigger than everybody. It seems like uh, maybe we start running a little bit downhill with yeah. a little – as opposed to yes. Lev bell, maybe we yes. start running downhill yes. a little bit and really start smacking people in yeah, the mouth. Yeah,
2: I, I wish, I wish Bussy would do that. I don't know if he was there yesterday. Heath was getting uh, memorized, commemorized. Memorialized. Uh, honorized. Hell oh, uh, yeah. I don't think he honorized. was getting memorized. <laughs> Unless you're memorizing the amount of people that go to the Steelers ring. At time yesterday, obviously, Seven was there, so you knew it was going to be a good day. Uh, but, yeah, I need Bussy to do that.
0: All right. Well, maybe But I didn't see Bus there. Was Heinz Ward oh. there?
2: Heinz uh, is getting ready to be one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah,
0: big season coming up for Heinz. Oh, he's coaching the XFL. Yeah. Seven
2: was there. He's drinking a yingling up in the box. What? Okay.
0: Well, wow, that's because he's footballing.
2: Little you guys know, he was also a Plays, but it, that wasn't made public.
0: We don't know if that's true or not, but we, I do know that um, Mike Tallman's a great coach.
2: Great coach. One of the best.
0: When did he get hired? How old was he? How old was he? Tallman was young, 30, yeah. 33, 33, I think. Jeez, Jesus' 33 years his old. age. Jesus' age, yeah, when yeah. he died. Jesus was all those other ages, but we don't see much of it, though. No. I haven't seen a single picture of when Jesus was 21. Yeah, sometimes Man, baby Jesus had Christmas, but aside from that, it's hard to find. You see whenever he, when he was born, uh-huh. and then you see whenever he was making his little last tractor another round. Uh-huh. Don't really see any of the in-between times. I'd like to know what happened then. What happened in the in between times for Jesus? If we thirty three is a long time. Yeah, yeah there's some stories it's about him
3: when he was, you know, toddler Jesus and teenage years Jesus. But you don't hey, see any I've, photos. I
0: haven't heard many teenage Jesus stories. Is there a teenage was like he what, a, when he went through puberty? did was he, he ever? Like a, was he a bad teenager? Like was he, did he have an oh. No, he lived with no. He did no sin, right? Yeah, that's right. not just that no last sins. year, right? That was the entire his entire. He had to be. He was probably bullied. Right? Yeah.
1: Well, a lot of fishing, a lot of skipping rocks yeah. in the Sea of Galilee. You know, so it's kind of. Just like, hey, could just- you
0: imagine how far he? Could oh, swim? yeah,
1: oh. farthest in the county. <laughs> yeah,
0: imagine if he was to just walk with a rock, he could skip that yeah, thing, he could bounce oh, yeah. it almost ben, 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 like, like, a like a basketball. basketball. Yeah, goes, actually, that's the thing they say about yeah. Jesus. That's right. Uh-huh. You need somebody to dribble something on water. You should Boom. see watch him watch. do it. <laughs> All right. Bethlehem so went. Do we know if
2: Jesus could swim? Uh,
0: of well, course, Jesus could swim. He did well, yeah, either way. way. That leads to what um, I think we've probably said. Every human has said it. It's like you're haters, you know. They'll see you walk on water, and they'll say you're doing it because you can't swim, and that's kind of what Tone Diggs just did right there. Mm -hmm. One of those situations about haters. But I think the NFL Sunday was fantastic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Honestly, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And we'll be talking to uh, an undefeated NFL head coach 24 minutes from now, and Jeff Saturday, obviously, the Indianapolis Colts get a massive win over the Las Vegas Raiders. And it has been a little bit difficult to kind of sit here and relax, you know, and not just completely (sighs) – go banana land about Jeff Saturday, Uh a friend of mine, former teammate, taking over the Indianapolis Colts team, which was completely inept before this week. It's been difficult not to just, you know, kind of start diving into the hypocrisy of the fucking losers on television (laughs) who felt the need to be puppets. Oh, tell me what to say. Tell me how I should feel. You're putting me on your television. I don't have any actual thoughts of my own because if I did have thoughts of my own, it wouldn't sound anything like what I'm saying right now. For instance, Joe Thomas, one of those humans who we have a lot of respect for a lot of respect for joe thomas on the football field okay joe thomas was great left tackle terrible Mm -hmm. teams great left tackle. never made the playoffs great left tackle every year he suited up and booted up and thought he was going to make the playoffs and be the person that was going to turn around the cleveland browns he did his job the rest of the browns didn't he gave a compelling argument about how disgraceful and disgusting it is that not only the jeff saturday was hired as an interim Interim head coach, which means the head coach got fired. we got to finish this season. It is a fucking shit show. As an interim head coach, not a full-time head coach, not only him being hired, but Jeff Saturday even accepting the job. How did Jeff Saturday even think that he was ready for this type of position? What type of arrogance and ignorance and what type of piece of shit is basically what Joe Thomas was saying. Once again, probably being a puppet, being told to say Mm -hmm, these types of things. Put me on TV. I don't have a job yet. Do that whole thing. And that's so funny because er, Joe Thomas was on our show, and I didn't remember this until a guy named Nick Stroggins, I believe his name was, on Twitter, sent us this video numerous times yesterday. This is what Joe Thomas said whenever I asked him about the Cleveland Browns potentially needing an interim head coach just a couple years ago. Who would want to be the head coach for the Browns, and why aren't you potentially going to be the head coach of the Browns?
4: Well, I think this might be time to maybe make a spoiler alert that I'm throwing my hat in and I'd like to be the next coach of the Cleveland
0: Browns. Okay, so Joe Thomas said he would like to be the next coach of the Cleveland Browns whenever they were looking for a new coach. Why, why did Joe Thomas at that point think two years ago, three years ago, that he had any fucking right in even saying that he could be is it because he's the greatest player they've had? Is it because he spent years and years and Years and years in that building with the turnover, with what saw that team be good and saw what that that team was terrible at doing? Is it because he maybe thought he knew football pretty well? Is it because he thought he knew the NFL pretty well? Did Joe Thomas say to us on January 3rd, 2020, that he would throw his... Name into a hat. He didn't say that, but his name into the hat to become the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns because he thought he might be the only one that really cares about the Browns enough to turn them around and make them a, a good program. Or did did he say that because he wanted to spit in the face of every single coach that has had to work and grind and sleep on couches before getting that opportunity of being one of only 32 NFL head coaches? So he's either disrespectful or he thought that he could maybe do something that nobody else could do with the Cleveland Browns. Either or, pretty disrespectful to all the coaches that he had met and talked to in the past. Now, I don't think Joe Thomas is a bad guy. I think he's a puppet. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he felt obligated to say something. Thing because somebody told them how disrespected they felt, as opposed to looking at it from a realistic point of view. This is an interim head coaching role. The Indianapolis Colts have underwhelmed everybody on earth, including their fan base, literally since the jump this season when they tied the fucking Houston Texans in Houston. And the Houston Texans are the Houston Texans. Yeah. So, when Jeff accepts this job, and there's backlash and fire everywhere. And Bill Cowher goes on CBS. Bill Cowher, who was hired at the age of 34 to become the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. And to Bill Cowher, a man who I am a fan of, William Cowher did a lot of great things for mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Yeah? His Absolutely. jaw, his spit, his passion, his intensity, his yinzerness was something that was very inspiring for all of us. And he brought a lot of happiness to Pittsburgh. With that being said, he got hired at 34 in his hometown to be the head coach of the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. So if he maybe caught a bunch of fire whenever he got... Hired for not earning and deserving the job that he took, and he now wants to project that onto Jeff Saturday. He can take that up with himself. But Bill Cowher, shut the fuck up, dude. He said, "Why didn't John Fox get the job? Why didn't Gus Bradley get the job? It's their first year in the building, and to be honest, the team has stunk since they got there. You think Jim Irsay wants to hire an interim head coach? Goes, you know what? These guys just got here, and although they're doing okay, the defense isn't bad. Do I want to hire these guys who don't know? They don't know anybody here. They're just working with the deep. They don't know the building. They don't." Know- how we operate. They literally just fucking got here and our team hasn't been good. Jim Mercy says, Do I want to hire them? Or Jim Mercy says, You know what? Give me a guy who played 13 years here. Give me a guy who's in our ring of honor. Give me a guy that has won a Super Bowl here. Give me a guy that has sweat, bled, and puked on this field for this program, who has built the Lucas Oil Stadium, the stadium in which we call home, alongside Peyton Manning and others. Give me a guy who wants to be a coach, has been a coach, and maybe understands what this program's supposed to be, and he hires them, and they all get shots. They all take shots. Jim's obviously a racist who hired Jeff Saturday, and Jim – has no clue what he's doing. Kyle Brandt, actor, or Joe Thomas in that, uh, in that entire program, uh, promo that he cut from Germany while being a puppet for people, said, oh, he's hiring his drinking buddy. So he's taking a shot at Jim Irsay in his state of mind and everything like that. Kyle Brandt called anybody that questioned his, uh, his words of He's hired internet booger eaters. Damn. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Cold. Okay, these people. Jeff Saturday, former player, gets a head coaching opportunity. Jeff Saturday gets an entire group to buy in. Jeff Saturday could potentially be the next blueprint for what teams might do in hiring former players, which, by the way, I believe, and I got a lot of people telling me that that's a wrong assumption, but those people are obviously right more often than not. I'd assume these people on the Internet. I believe that this will help with the minority coaching percentages in the NFL if former players are able to get fast-tracked to more important positions as opposed to having to wait around and do bullshit that you're supposed to do whenever you're 22, 23, 24, 25 years old. Instead, they're in their 30s because they had a very prolific NFL football career. Jeff Saturday couldn't have got hired at 34 to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts because Jeff Saturday was playing for the Indianapolis Colts. Bill Coward got hired as a head coach at the age of 34. Jeff couldn't have done that because he was fucking trying to win for the Indianapolis Colts. I just think the backlash was absurd. I think the win was huge. And if you see the team, And how that offensive line performed, how the fucking Jonathan Taylor performed. Matt Ryan got the start over Sam Ellinger, which allegedly is what the entire building thought was the right move. Everything he did was good. He gave the boys a victory Monday. They're back on Wednesday. We'll be talking to him in like 17 minutes. I just think it was a great day to be Jeff Saturday, and I think it was a great day to remind these people that get on television and just echo sentiments that they're told to say like parrots and puppets, like you're allowed to think outside the box. Jim is allowed to decide for his team that we don't want to go with the people that are in the building that have led us into this thing. I would like to go somewhere else for an interim head coaching job. I just think the conversation was so loud, and I'm incredibly happy for Jeff Saturday. I'm incredibly happy for one of his coaching uh, coaches on his coaching staff. Reggie Wayne yeah, who got brought into this cool. conversation. He's friends with Jeff. Edron James want to go say shout out to Jeff because his football life's coming out on Friday and he's been around the Colts building a lot. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Edron James chatted with Jim Irsay about Jeff Saturday potentially becoming the head coach and mm-hmm. it all. Whenever we chat with Jeff, we'll certainly ask him. But it's just... It was a wild week last week. Everybody was taking shots at a couple friends of mine in the organization, and they get a fucking win. The other quarterback's crying at a press conference. I mean, this is a lot better than where we have been. So congrats to Jeff, and fuck off. For all you parrots and puppets on TV that don't say what you really mean, there's no way Joe Thomas felt how he actually was speaking. No. There's no way Bill Cower actually felt that way. A man who was hired at the age of 34 to be the head coach of his hometown team, they just felt like they were grandstanding for somebody. And it's like it's okay to maybe sit back and just see how things pan out before giving a ridiculous take and calling something disgusting and despicable and disgraceful. It's like fucking relax. The Colts are 1-0 in the Saturday era got the Eagles next. Yeah. Here we go. Good luck out there. And not, but Indrum. He's the interim head coach. Yeah. He's not the head coach. He's an interim head coach, which means he came. I had a lot of Raiders fans saying, "Oh, you guys are so happy you beat the Raiders. We're a bad team." It's like we've already fired a coach. What are you? T- yeah, <laughs> talking about bad teams. We've yeah. we've already fired our offense coordinator and our coach. What are we even? Yeah, we're a bad team. No, we fired our fucking coach. We are a yeah. bad team. What are we even? What are we even talking about? Jeff gets a win. I'm excited for him. We'll chat with him here in about 15
1: minutes. I think to your point too. Like if if they signed. Jeff Saturday to a seven year like a Matt rule deal, then okay, we can have that discussion about hey does he but it, but he is an interim coach, and then you go back to Cower. Like, I think it just, they, a lot of times, or at least lately with this, they've been operating under the guise of like, oh, this goes against the Rooney rule and, and all that kind of stuff. But when you talk about disrespecting the profession, like, it's just such an old boys club. Like, why should a couple of these guys who he was saying should have got the head coaching spot, like Again. These, these old, these also rans who have already been fired multiple times. It's like, hey, you know, yes, Jeff Saturday is a white guy who got hired, but He's not just some head coach who's been fired from three other places who's getting another opportunity. Like that is the type of stuff that that is an issue with the Rooney rule because these are are the guys who continually are getting opportunities as opposed to guys You know, Jeff Saturday, not included, but guys who have never had that opportunity before.
0: I think that's a very fascinating point because, and I thought of it this morning while I was taking my morning grumpy, which was much better than it had been over the last couple weeks because the Indianapolis Colts looked alive yesterday, Mm, which it hadn't in the past. The same people have been burying the hiring process, okay, burying the hiring process on TV. Remember, uh, Mm -hmm. this is what we're saying. This is our directive. Let's talk. This Mm we're this is something that is not the normal hiring process at all. Right now, granted, Jeff is very Caucasian, so cannot. He gets whiter by the day. Yesterday, with his headset half three-quarter up, yep. oh yeah, he's going to have to figure out the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> intricacies of the sideline. I understand that. But the hiring process just got chopped at its knees here. Yeah. And we were burying the hiring process. Everybody. Everybody, everybody oh, yeah. was burying the hiring process in the NFL just a year ago. So I think this potentially, and we'll stick by this, and I know RG3... You know, I know he thought of it Mm -hmm. and I appreciate Kendrick Perkins and LeBron James, everybody in the new media for creating this avenue for us to follow and everything like that. But like in Dan Orlovsky, you know, people taking all his thoughts, everything, everything like that. But like this opens a door, I think, for Mm -hmm. coaches to be allowed to feel almost like the freedom to hire former players and put them in roles that can hopefully fast track to more head coaching candidates. And I hope Jeff Saturday continues to do well. And I'm speaking for all the ex-players I've talked to. They're all hoping Jeff does well as well Mm -hmm. because of what I just said. There's a lot of guys that want to coach that would never get into coaching because what Bill Cowher and Joe Thomas talked about, they didn't see our family twice a week or whatever. It's like, uh, so just because that's how it's always been done means that's how it always has to be done. So that's the only way to go about it. And I understand unions have served a purpose in the United States of America around a lot of other professions and even in the NFL in unions that have taken place. But the in, the entire mindset from a union is like the longer you work, the better your pay is, your promotion, your profession is, as opposed to the better you work, right? So I'm not saying that's every union. I think unions are needed in the country. I do not even want... I mean, I'm an Irish man, okay, so I understand. I got family in there. I understand that unions are needed. But the whole mindset that you have to work longer to get a job as opposed to work better to get a job is just one of the things I think is a little bit of a flaw in the union. I I think it kind of holds people back. But that is almost the mindset that these people have along these coaches. Like, hey... He hasn't earned his stripes. He hasn't done all this. He hasn't done all this. Well, what if he wins? Doesn't that kind of just say, like, wait, oh, that's a waste of time? What if he wins? Uh, Does that say, like, oh, yeah, his time playing in the NFL, 13, 14 years, was actually like the experience that you guys had? Because although you slept on couches and drew up plays and got coffee for people in your 20s, Jeff was fucking at rehab at 5.30 a.m., trying to get his knee back in order, having conversations with other guys who were trying to get healthy, the mindset of a team, motivating. So maybe the stripes that he earned were just... In a different avenue than the way that you earned those stripes. And if this particular thing works out, I think those stripes that are earned are going to get a lot better opportunities. And I know that sucks for Bill Cowher, but a lot of Joe Thomas's friends, including Joe Thomas, who said he would take the Cleveland Browns job if it was offered to him, are potentially going to reap the benefit of this. So I appreciate that Jeff's having success here early, but he knows he's up against it. Yeah. This team was bad right. before he got the head coach. They were bad because uh, they, they didn't try. They had a lot of talent. They never showed up. Seemingly was lost. The offense was boring. The offensive line didn't work. And now he shows up, and everything looks much better. What will we do next week? We'll ask him in about 10 minutes from now.
3: Yeah, and it was awesome, too, because they came out right away, and they were hot. Like, it felt like they were ready to play, wanted to play. And, you know, sure, the Raiders weren't great, but it doesn't matter. Like, if you're, it's an NFL game. The Raiders game. aren't great.
0: We fired our coach.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What it was?
0: I was so sick of people tweeting me. You guys acting like you beat somebody. You beat the Raiders. We fired our fucking coach in the middle of the year. What what do you think we are? We're not the goddamn Vikings. We're not the Chiefs. We're not the Eagles. We're we're a bad football team at the time as well. That's why we fired our fucking coach in the middle of the season. I I don't understand how this whole thing, that's become the narrative. Oh, I know why. Because people were wrong. So, yeah, so he has to move the uprights mm-hmm. or whatever yeah, so exactly. that he can continue to do stuff. But I hope Jeff keeps going. Can't wait to hear where his mindset is right now.
3: Yeah, and, you know, not to be lost in it too. parks, Frazier. What 30 years old. What, yeah. a, what a game he called.
0: Jeff Saturday, he said, wow. and we'll talk to him more about it. He said he was the only guy that really knew the plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the only guy, really, when I got done with my interviewing, the only guy who really knew the plays – And he had called plays in practice, I guess. He was able to read from a script. 30-year-old play caller, never called plays before, was fucking getting Jonathan Taylor out in space. Mm -hmm, Paris Campbell was making some plays. Matt Ryan looked vastly different than how he looked at the beginning of the season. The offensive line was hot. Yeah, Matt Ryan ran for 39 yards? (laughs) What are we even talking about? It's like this has been a magnificent week for the Indianapolis Colts with where things were a week ago. And I'd like, you know, you can call me an internet booger eater or whatever, but, like, all the people that just puppeted and parroted and just— figured out, oh, I'm going to be on the right side of this whole thing. It's like, are you in the end if this opens up avenue for a lot of other people to be hired? Are you on the right side of history or are you not? Like, I think he's a player as well. You we can say he's a white man. He's a former player. Yeah. And if we, if we categorize so, him as that, I think this is good news
1: for everything else going forward. Well, also what? just openly wanting him to fail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, hey, if, if you're not a coach, like, you can't be successful. Like, that. that's what I, – I mentioned it, you know, when we were talking to you on Friday. Like, it made no sense to see the – and, again, it's, you know – being puppeted on the networks but like to hear the former players come after him and say like what not, you know not, what not, a disgrace it was not a like, lot of them. no not a lot of them but the ones that we were seeing on a couple of them on TV were well this definitely. is also the
0: networks you know this is Greg Jennings won't won't be on TV this week
1: no, way. no true you know true. what I mean like yeah. Greg Jennings won't be on TV this week, and,
0: and I don't know Greg Jennings and I'm sure I would get along with Greg Jennings hopefully he would like me as a person obviously him and Aaron have a beef but if Aaron's something's going wrong with Aaron they're going to bring Greg Greg Jennings is front and center on every show every single show, every single show. boom yeah. hey Greg Going on with there, and it's like kind of his thing. It felt like a lot of the people on TV felt obligated to give this take, which is why I'm calling them puppets because it's like, give, give an actual take here. Like, if you don't think Joe Thomas, as somebody who played as long as you played in the NFL, and as somebody who has been on the record as saying, I would take the Cleveland Browns head <laughs> yeah. coaching role, if you don't think that Jeff is equipped to take it cool, you can say that, but don't say that Jeff shouldn't have accepted the job because of how disrespectful. It's like, shut up, dude. Yeah. Now, you're, now you're attacking uh-huh. Jeff as a human. It's like, what did Jeff got op- offered an opportunity to be the head coach of a team that he loves, a team that he has helped build, an organization that he has consulted for, for a, an organization that he's in the ring of honor for, and they've looked terrible. And he was given an opportunity like, hey, w- would you help us? Like, will you come help us kind of find our roots again? By the owner, and like I didn't like Joe saying Jeff shouldn't have even accepted the role. It's like, all right, Joe, come yep. on, dude. You you sound like a doofus, dude. Mm-hmm. You, you literally do with what you're saying. I understand TV's about hits and everything like that. And Jeff might lose every game going forward, but just the lack of reasonable, reasonable or rational thought was my biggest problem from people that I have a lot of respect for. Like Bill Cowher, yeah, I got a lot of respect for Bill Cowher. A lot of. Them. I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm I. I got a lot of respect for Bill, but his diatribe about all this, when he was 34 years old, when he got the head coaching position in his hometown Pittsburgh Steelers team, it's like if you want to project how you felt, imposter syndrome whenever you got in there, cool. Leave Jeff the fuck out of this. There's no reason because Jeff – might go on to be the only undefeated coach in the history of the NFL. Yeah, Thrash right. right. of chance. Jeff might never lose a game. Now they got the Eagles, but Jeff might never lose a game as a head coach in the NFL. Pop-pop. They might change the trophy to the fucking Saturday oh, as yeah, opposed man. to Lombardi when mm-hmm. this guy's done. We have no idea. And everybody wrote him off uh, before he even got started. <laughs> He didn't write back, though. That's right. God. That's exactly Damn. right. The problem with
2: what Cowher said, and you guys referenced, alluded to it kind of earlier, was that he brought up Gus Bradley and John Fox not getting a chance. They've had many, many, many chances. Like, if he would have said Bubba Ventrone and another guy, maybe that would have made more sense, but that made more sense. And I, and I also understood uh, why Parks Frazier and um, that fired head coach are good friends. It's because he – Frank. Frank. They don't – they are freaking best friends. Did he say? No, oh, yeah. Oh, I thought he dropped the game. No, he said freaking.
1: He went know. to say fuck and then noticed that the camera was right there and said freaking. Oh,
0: that was in the press. Whenever Jeff Saturday yeah, called yeah. him up, yeah. We'll keep an eye on it. Keep okay.
1: Jeff didn't swear either, but he didn't say freaking
0: or fudging. No. no.
1: But and in practice, he said do that shit right the first time. So uh-huh. we know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we know. And that's Just a player, dude. That's right. Yeah. Come
0: on. So I think this is good for former players that want to be coaches. Th- that's all. I'm going to maintain that. I'm going to stick. Hard fast. And if you want to disagree with me, you can, but in like a year this hiring cycle comes up, or next the hiring cycle comes up, and this starts happening in places it's like, hey, new offense coordinator is this guy, who used to play for this team, trying to bring back the roots, which almost makes it more like a college atmosphere, too, which is, inve- like, uh-huh. you want somebody that cares about the organization, playing yeah. for your organization. The biggest bash about professional sports is they don't care about the team, they only care about the money or whatever. It's like Jeff is invested in the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Jeff being invested in Colts, by the way, Edge is back at the game, yep. everybody's just, it's like, it's almost like bringing the entire family back together i I don't know why this is such a bad thing other than the fact that jeff is a white man which jeff could have never changed now with that being said this offseason the entire hiring process is going to have to take place i'll be excited to see how jim ursay handles all of it i hope he has more press conferences i hope he has to do what he has to do but jeff jeff winning i think was massive for the future which i think will change the percentages of minority head coaches i think Because a lot of the black folks that are around football at a high level are players. The NFL is majority black folks, but they play long careers. Okay, guys play long careers. And then they're 36 years old, 34 years old, 33 years old. And then to become a head coach in the NFL, you have to go all the way back down to the bottom. And I don't think there's a lot of humans that have had massive amounts of success in a field that are going to, after taking and getting a lot of money, a lot of notoriety, a resume that is best, better than everybody else. Then they have to take no money, next to no money, and just shine shoes as adults, basically. I don't think guys are going to do that. I don't think – me and you ever hear me and A.J. Hawk talk about it? I mean, A.J. go, we would never mm-hmm. fucking want to be coaches. Why would we sign up to take a 500% pay cut, basically, going mm-hmm. down there? And my role is sleeping on couches, getting coffee, cleaning offices, doing that whole thing. If we're able to change that process, which could happen here with Jeff Saturday and Jim oh, yeah. hiring, because monkey see, monkey do. These owners don't have their own brains. They're also doing what other – Sean McVay did well, boom, give me the next Sean McVay. I want to do the, the next Sean McVay. Give me Sean McVay. If MCDC was to have success, boom, give me a guy who's like MCDC. Give me all the MCDC. If Jeff Saturday has success, a lot of owners are going to be like, all right, who's a former player here that was great, that's beloved, and has all the traits of being an incredible head coach? I think it'll lead to – I think we're going to better – the conversation that everybody thinks they're currently grandstanding for and making better, which I appreciate. I'd like to fix it as well. I think this is another avenue to get there. And I just think it's going to take a little bit for people to realize it. And Jeff has to continue to have success.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I hope that, you know, they're at least competitive with the Eagles because, like, we, we basically just get the, the week off of all the bullshit now. I mean, people yeah. will still be saying stuff, but, like, if the Eagles steamroll them, it'll be, you know, this on repeat again. Like, oh, yeah, they they had their fun. They won last week against, you know, the Raiders, but the Raiders, aren't any fucking good. Like, this is what a good football team looks like with a good head coach, like all that kind of stuff. So whether they win or not, I just hope. And what we saw... Did did they say Cliff Kingsbury's hiring
0: was disgusting and despicable and he shouldn't have accepted it? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But it seemed like that He was fired from Texas Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Went to USC for a month, was an offense coordinator, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was that thing attacked? Like, now that's a former player as well. He was in the NFL, obviously, backup quarterback. Was that just brutalized or because he didn't coach... In college is why Jeff Saturday was such a big deal. Didn't coach in college as well. It's like NFL and college, I think, two very different things. We've seen that from yeah. every college coach that's gone to the NFL and had massive failures because it's a different world. I hope Jeff keeps going. Now, I'm not saying every former player would be a good head coach. I don't think I would be a good head coach. I don't think AJ would be a good head coach because I don't think me or AJ would like to be a good head coach or have the traits to be a good head coach. But if, if teams are allowed the opportunity with Jeff's success – to hire guys who their program loves, their fans love, and have all the traits to be a great head coach, and they feel like they're able to do that because they've seen another owner do it. I think this is a good thing long-term for the whole hiring process conversation that's taken place everywhere, and then now it's completely completely different. (laughs) It's a wild world we're in right now, honestly. And it it obviously is the Colts, so we have to chat about it, but it's an interesting time in the NFL right now with this whole coaching
3: thing. Yeah, and to Ty's point, like, if the Colts do go on to lose to the Eagles and he gets buried, fine. But like, look at some of the coaches that they're pumping up this year that they're burying last year. Like Bob Sala, all of a sudden is an unbelievable head coach when last year they were killing him because he stunk. And then Zach Taylor, too. First two years they really didn't give him a chance. Third year, all of a sudden he gets buried, goes to the fucking Super Bowl. So you never know what's going to happen. And the crazy part too with the NFL is it's the only. Major sport where former
0: players get crucified
3: when they get put as head coaches. Yeah, it's right? like we're
0: hiring former players. Yeah, <laughs> former player who now Jeff I assume is very good with his money. There was like that stat like eighty percent of ex guys end up going on and get broke. Yeah. So now there's an opportunity for more jobs to potentially happen for ex players, and it's of these puppets, dude. I can't. It's crazy. I don't understand. I I just don't. I'm happy they won yesterday, man. Yeah. I was watching yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Sweet win. I was watching that. And we'll take uh, – no, no, I think he's joining us right now. I think. I think he's about to join yeah. us. Topic of conversation. But, the bell of the ball.
1: But that is what, like, struck me so much is, like, when Cowher, or uh, Cowher was talking, it's, like, you can tell, like – These guys, like this old boys club coaches fraternity, like these guys are pissed that it's not just one of their buddies or one of these guys who's gotten fired elsewhere. Like they don't want former players to get an opportunity because the more opportunities these former players get, the less opportunities these guys who have been fired two to three times are going to get. And that was just, I mean, it's wild. It makes sense, but it's wild.
0: Joining us now is a man who, you know, is despicable, disgusting, (laughs) and definitely not prepared for the current title that he holds. Ladies and gentlemen, this man played 14 years in the NFL, 13 of them for the Indianapolis Colts. He's in the Indianapolis Colts Ring of Honor. A man who not only bled, sweat, and broke bones and ligaments playing for the Horseshoe is a man who's invested in the Horseshoe and wants the best out of the Horseshoe. That's why Jim Irsay called him in the middle of a game one week and one day ago and said, "What are you seeing, ladies and gentlemen?" The interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Jeff Saturday. Yeah! What's up, dude? What's up,
5: bro? Let me just tell you: if I could take you everywhere with me as a hype man, dude, I mean, I know I can't afford you, but if I could, I would totally, I would totally bring you. There's not, there's not a man who could make another man feel that good about himself besides you dude i appreciate it well
0: you deserve it man and i've been battling for you on these internet streets and i know that you haven't known that because you've been so focused which is what a head coach of an nfl has to in an nfl team has to be but let me just ask you how you're feeling right now you're undefeated there's no way you could have expected it (laughs) in your press conference i know you said you were drinking from a fire hydrant or whatever there was a lot coming in you hadn't even had an offensive coordinator yet this was on tuesday you hire parks frazier 30 year old great job parks great job parks but you give a victory monday to the I think it's so you can figure more shit out before they get back in the building, but how are you feeling right now in that first week? Just describe it pretty much to us if you could.
5: Yeah, no, man. It was uh, it really was like drinking from a fire hydrant. It was fast and furious. A uh, lot of decisions to be made. Uh- you know, but but here's the deal, man. All the guys that that were here, they they stepped up uh, in, an, in an enormous way. Gus on the defensive side, Bubba with the special teams, and then from an offensive perspective, you know, you're down basically two two coaches slash coordinators, right? Frank was calling it, and Marcus Brady, who was doing all the installation uh, leading into. So, uh, you know, I really taxed those guys offensively, especially, and so that was part of the uh, the victory monday right is to be able to get them back in the building let let things kind of settle um but as far as execution of it i made some small changes and tweaks to practice schedules and and schedules in general i tried to keep as much um kind of in line for what roles guys were playing and what expectations were going to be for them on sunday and and how the communication was going to occur but but again you know it's it's just a matter of process and i feel strongly about process and putting it in place and those guys, man, they they executed it to perfection. I've I, I described it as an orchestra. Like when I watched it happen and listening to it on the headset and, and the communication, uh, you know, we had a couple bumps in the road, but, man – all in all, it was, it was uh, really well done.
0: How much were you a part of the strategy uh, going in? Because obviously the offensive line and Jonathan Taylor looked vastly different than they had the rest of the season. I assume that was a part of the conversation you had with Jim in the middle of the Patriots game in which he called you. But it was real. Jonathan Taylor was an MVP candidate last year. This year, not at all. The offensive line becomes the highest paid offensive line in the, in the league because they were really good. This year, not at right. all. Did you make any tweaks? Did you feel hands-on? Or is that what you're going to do yeah. going forward?
5: Yeah, I mean, listen. I, I probably spend, you know, eighty five percent of my time in the offensive room right now. And and uh, you know, I, I you, listen. I'm, there's not a whole lot I'm gonna be able to tell Gus or Fox or the rest of those guys in that room who've been coaching. You know thirty plus years, or however long they've been they've been coaching, and we just talk strategy, and you know Gus is great about coming in and explaining to me why he's doing what he's doing, and do I have any hesitation about it and Bubba the same way, uh, but offensively, those are the meetings that i've been in and and uh, sitting in there and and hopefully my influence and in, and in what my expectations are and again, we did we significantly reduced what we were going to do and and uh, understanding that we're going to do. Maybe fewer things, but we 're going to do those fewer things exceptionally well and I felt like I gave I armed our guys from a coaching staff perspective and players hey amen this is this is the call and and i 'll be very frank i I caught our offensive line out, and hey man like this is this is on you right here's the expectations of what you as players have to have, and those guys, man. They they met it. There was no back down in them, and and uh, they appreciated the challenge. And you you, I man, you see JT like that kid. Uh, he's special, and uh, touches matter for him, and getting the, getting the run game going. Um, you know, it, but again, it, it's it's kind of all in for everybody. Is how do we balance this? And I, I want to make sure that that everybody has input, and everybody did, man. And it was it was, uh, but but. Man, you've been with me in the locker room. Yeah, that's what I was about to say.
0: So, so Jeff, that's what I'm about to say is, like, you calling out the offensive line, like, that's very much who you are. And that's that's also, like, Jim Irsay knows that about you. And I think, and we had, like, an open discussion whenever we learned that you were going to be the head coach. And obviously, a lot of people are looking at me to chit-chat about it because I know you. I know you well. I know your family well. And I know you as your teammate. And I'm like, maybe Jim Irsay had been scouting like Jeff. Like, hey, he has all the traits, that you would want to be an NFL head coach. Now we have an opportunity to have like nine weeks or whatever to see how it goes. You alluded to that in a press conference. Like, Hey, I might be good at this. I might not be. If I'm not, I have enough self-awareness to be out of here. But if I am, let's go ahead and continue to do this. Did you hear all the conversation about you not earning this role and you not being prepared for this role, even though you played 13 years for the Indianapolis Colts, you fucking were the person that handled the CBA negotiations. So football happened again. You've been in there. You've kept, in touch you've consulted did you hear all that how do you block that out and what are your thoughts about future players maybe becoming a little bit more fast-tracked into positions of importance whenever it comes to coaching in the nfl and you may be being a blueprint for that jeff is that pressure yeah no, pressure or no? no no
5: yeah no I, listen i i love it part of the decision when my wife and i were talking about this and praying about it and considering it uh, I you know, I was at a place where I worked at ESPN where I watched, you know, Boone go from, you know, he and I talking about baseball on a Sunday night to being the manager of the Yankees, right? I saw, you know, a ton of basketball guys come in and all the this- Sudden, they are you know head coaches at different organizations, and I've watched it. and And the truth is, I hadn't seen it happen in the NFL. I'm sure it has happened at some point, but you know, I wasn't familiar with it. And, and as Karen and I were sitting down and talking, I was like, man like I feel like this opportunity. I feel led by God to do it." You know, as we prayed about it and talked about it, um, and, and I felt very strongly about it. Like there wasn't it, this wasn't a uh, you know I'm 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 inconclusive about this, and you know me, man, as well. It's not just the job; it's the place, right? It's the who, and I, I love this organization. Like, this, like this, this group changed my life, you know. And and whether it's Frog in the equipment room or T or you know Hambone and EB and in the training staff and and you know the media relations, like. It's not just players and coaches. Y'all like this is an organization, a community that I love. And so when I, you know, when I hear and ask of would you consider it, it's it's emotional for me as well that I love these people and I care about these people. I want to do the best for them, man. And if I can help in any way and I felt like I could I, and, and listen, you you've known me. People don't know me I, I i do not mix words and i'm very comfortable in uncomfortable circumstances that doesn't bother me either and so when if what no whatever whatever position it is i have no problem looking at someone and saying hey here's here's the level of accountability we're, we're going to be at and i'm 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 good doing that and i feel like from a head coaching perspective that's what your role is to motivate the men to direct the men to give it to give clear vision and concise and precise information then allow all the other guys to, to, to empower those coaches to make them the best players. And that's, that's my call, man. And I'm doing it as far as like people saying stuff, man God's my protector right? He defends me I'm not I don't know him I haven't listened i will be honest with you I think I sent you the text my wife sent me uh you it was like you and and AJ and and DB and um man I so appreciate that but uh, I, the, my family did a good job not uh I'm they were say you, you wait till you hear I'm like I don't care if I ever hear it really hey <laughs> listen I gotta tell everybody I didn't call for advice right like you know I wasn't asking so it's not going to change anything uh I, I'm very convicted in what i'm doing and, and excited for the opportunity.
0: Did you ever in the past and by the way, this right mindset in as we talked about it, I'm like, Jeff is the guy who would bring in a little accountability in there, which is something you've always been. I mean, even when Peyton Manning's on the team, Jeff Saturday is a talker in that locker room, you know. So I think we were all very lucky to see it. I saw Ed showing up for you yesterday. Yeah. Obviously, Reg was there. I mean, a lot of people very happy for you. So I know you're shielded and guarded. There's some shit out there. There's a lot of us that are fucking pumped for you, Jeff. Okay. You My need to mate. know that. Um, moving on. Had you ever talked to Jim Ursay about being a coach in the NFL? Uh, and why do you think? Jim called you in the middle of that Patriots game and effect- effectively offered you the job.
5: Yes, yeah, so, so like from a from a coaching perspective, I've been offered uh, a few times from from different organizations actually, and so um, but but my role as a consultant here the last couple years, uh, you know, I was helping Frank and 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 uh, Strauss, you know, the O line coach, and just having conversations. With those guys but like this year in particular uh the 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 first call that I got from Jim during the game that everybody made such a big deal about was literally just about sacks and 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 the funny thing was I wasn't even watching the game I was prepping for ESPN so I wasn't going to get to the Colts until like they were like at 7 p.m on my on my on my schedule right so I forget what games I was watching but he's like What's going on with our line? You know, we were we we got minus something yards, and I don't even know when it was in the game. And I, I said, Jim, man, I can't even see it. I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not even two there yet, so uh, I, I don't know what's happening. I can't, I can't help you at all as far as that. But he was obviously frustrated. Um, but, but, you know, as my role from consulting, what well, this wasn't the first time I had talked to Frank or Chris. Who's the O-line coach or your um about things that were going on and how to solve problems. So I think that was just the familiarity part of it. As far as the, the coaching side of it, none of that happened until much later in in the, in the evening, uh, like really late because Ursa keeps way different hours Yeah, Yeah, he's nocturnal, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. dude, yeah, I'm, like I'm two hours away from getting on a plane to, you know, to go back to work. And, and so when I, when I look at all of it, man, it, it, um, the 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 ability to be able to come in and help that was my that was my biggest thing but it was uh when when the fire was going on and the chaos was going on in the game against New England I really had no answer cuz I couldn't see it
0: that's yeah, regional you know it's a <laughs> yes, you know, living in exactly. the area it's tough I was to keep up. the falcons <laughs> yeah yeah it's tough to keep up uh, it is very difficult to keep up we're talking to jeff Saturday, obviously the interim head coach Uh, For the Indianapolis Colts, whenever you're walking into that first team meeting on Wednesday, you have a familiarity with the guys, right? Because you had been consulting with them. What is your mindset? Because you, everything you do now is setting a precedent of your era, right? Did you have that? Was that a conscious thought? And what was your message, your overwhelming message to the team throughout the week?
5: Yeah. So you know, and again, you, you, I'm I'm very process driven. So I walked in. I told them who I was. I told them you know, why I was here and basically kind of laid out what I just told you about. I care and I care about you and your families. I've sat in your seat. I talked about the coaching staff and how hard I know they work and how much they sacrifice their, their, their time, energy and effort. I talked about the rest of the building and why all those guys and people that I know, um, you know, front office, everybody. And then I talked about how we're going to go. You know, how, how do we go? And, and, and then And then what my role was. And I was very specific, man. I'm Look, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I've never, look, I've never been the smartest. I've never been the most talented. I've never been the most anything, right? Like, I, and I'm not, and I don't have to be, right? I know I can surround myself with people who are that and who I can empower. And I'm not, again that doesn't make me insecure, right? It doesn't make me insecure that I don't have every answer, but I will tell you this, I will pursue it. If you give me a, hey, and that's what I ask my coaches, is there something I can do to help you? Is there some area, is there some film, is there some question that I can go get answered for you? Um, I believe in being a servant leader and that's my mentality for those guys. And I've told all of them, man. I. I, I, you know, I'm gonna ask of you the same that you ask of me. Whatever you can do to help, do it. Whatever I can, we're in this thing together, man. We're rowing, and and uh, I love the guys here.
0: Hell yeah, big-time win against the Raiders. The team started out hot. They looked alive. They had negative two yards against the Patriots. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've seen the film in the first quarter, and it was like, how is this team? What is going on? They need a new fresh energy. They need the guy that loved the building. I'm very thankful you got hired, even though uh, you know the talking point seems to be, oh, this guy's bullshit. Keep going, Jeff. (laughs) Tone has a question for you.
2: Coach, I believe on on Monday when you first came in, you said that Sam Ellinger was going to be the starting quarterback. What changed between Monday and Sunday and the decision to go with Right.
0: And are you going to do that every yeah. week? Are you going to do that every week? Are you going to be like, uh, you know, because Bill does this and Bill's, oh, yeah. Bill's the greatest of all yeah. time. Some people handle the injuries and reporting to media differently. Is this something you're planning going forward? I apologize for stepping on your question.
5: Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not nearly that sly, but I will say this when I got here, when I got here, uh, he was injured. So my first day. So so I go through Monday and Tuesday. He's on the I, I mean, on the uh, injury report. And then Wednesday, he doesn't practice. So um, and then I asked him Wednesday afternoon, like when he was going to get back to it. And so he's like, I'm actually going to try, you know, try to start throwing. And then I watched him come out Thursday and the dude was zipping it. And so I asked the staff, I was like, you know, is this typical? Like, is this a is this a typical? And, And they said, this is, you know, this is what it was. And I had a I had a great conversation with Sam and I've told everybody in this building. Um, the best 11 are going to play. And the ones that I feel like are going to give us the best chance to win, those are going to play. And, and I'll make the final decision on what that is. If you have an issue, please come see me. We'll have those discussions. But, you know, in interest of all 53's um, benefit, that's what I feel like the, the, the head job requires. And so I talked to, to Sam about it. I love the kid. I love his heart. Um And you saw like chaos is coming, man. When you got a young quarterback, a young, you know, a young play caller, a no experience, god awful head coach, however you want to describe god, it. God awful, yeah, despicable, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, disgrace yeah, like whatever, whatever the words are, Um, you know, a guy who has done this a long time, I felt very secure in Matt. And, I, and man, let me tell you, he... He had a great week of practice, and, and the guys, uh, all the leaders, man, Buck Z, uh, you know, Matt. I mean, all the guys really, Q. They all stepped up in major ways, and and so I decided to make that call. I knew on Friday what I was going to do, or what you know, but but I wanted to make sure everybody else was on board um, that had any kind of skin in the game, just to you know, to, to be kind. But but again, that was that was going to happen, and and Matt obviously played fantastic.
0: I think I saw Quentin Nelson chasing down the ball like he had oh, wow. in years past as opposed to this year too. So I think everything you're doing right now is great. Sounds like the building's going well. You got the Eagles coming up. I've been told that Jim brought you in so you guys could tank and get a good quarterback. You got the best team in football <laughs> basically next. What's your mindset going forward? and Have you dove into that preparation yet?
5: Yeah, yeah, we started this morning early, and so we're we're just cranking it out. I'm still in uh, first and second down, so that so it's just we have just started. Um, but yeah, they're a heck of a football team, and a good. I mean, and the one thing I have told coaches that it is actually very beneficial right now. You know, when you're in a building, you're you're very fine focused, right? It's kind of like a like a tunnel. You know, you 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 have to just kind of focus on you. The good thing for me is I've been able to watch 31 other teams. Uh, you know. Deliberately, right? And so one of the teams, the Eagles being the best team in the game right now, has obviously drawn a lot of attention. So I've seen a lot of film on them, and they are they are dang good. We'll see them again tonight. Um, but like every team, you, you know, there, there's no perfect team, and and you know we, we have to go out and you know you, you ain't you ain't gonna forfeit, bro. So what are we gonna do to put this thing together? We'll have a plan in place, and we'll go t- we'll try go try to take care of the things that we can take care of, and and hopefully give ourselves a shot.
0: Okay, so you're not tanking, Jeff. Whoa, oh, no. that was a weird way to tank against the Raiders. You know what I mean? Yeah,
5: yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about the I hadn't heard anything about the tanking. If you, I, I can assure you of this. If Jim was looking for a guy to tank. My number would not have been on the speed
6: dial. Probably would have been mine.
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the interim head coach, the undefeated Uh NFL head coach, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Saturday. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff. Ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, uh, video game shit talker, Mm -hmm. NBA pundit, covid survivor and now a man who has tackled somebody as a full-blown adult on television yep. numerous times mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen
7: aj hall yeah! what's up aj what's up how's it going great job with jeff man great to see him out there actually that's jeff that's him man it was great
0: I had a great time yesterday with Jeff and Joe and Bill, and I didn't even know Kyle Brandt had a take like that. He he said this morning, well, well, internet booger eaters want me to apologize or whatever. I'm like, damn, I didn't hear your first take. I would have added you into the party as well. (laughs) Corporate Pat McAfee was burying Jeff Saturday last week. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I'm a Kyle Brandt fan. He still stays firm on the he doesn't respect the decision, but we've talked about this from the beginning. This could be a new avenue for former players, which is good for all parties, I think, if Jeff has success, he starts out one and zero. AJ, we'll start with this game, then we'll bounce around the entire
7: NFL. What was your thoughts on Jeff Saturday's coaching debut, AJ? I mean, he looked like he did what like what he said he was when he came on here and he talked about it, like yeah, he's the guy, he's setting the tone, he makes little tweaks here and there throughout the week. What he said, he was eighty five percent of his time in the offensive meeting room. That's right. He obviously. said, he said, I'm not telling Gus what to do. He said, that'd, yeah, he's I mean, smart. that'd be very dumb. Yeah. He said, I love that Jeff's like, hey, I'm confident in the fact. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers, and I'm going to be leaning on other people around him. And he gives praise to everybody else, holds him accountable. Sounds great. Now you get a real test, you get the Eagles, man. So it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he does against the Eagles, how the Colts do against the Eagles. I think if Frank was still our head coach, who obviously grind
0: and earned his stripes and everything, and if he was the coach that was gonna take us to the Super Bowl, obviously he'd still be our head coach. I don't think anybody would have had any hope for the Colts against the Raiders, even though they're the sorry the Raiders fans say they beat a bad team in the race. We fired our coach. Okay? No good team has ever fired the coach. Come on. So for you yeah. saying that uh, that you guys were a bad team, indicating that we were a good team at the time, is a wild take. We've already fired our coach, which they might have those conversations of having yeah. in the first year. It was interesting because Devontae seemed to get loose, seemed to do his thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever he needed to make a play, bump and run, Gilmore makes a play. Derek Carr seemingly makes some great plays running up in the pocket, deliver an absolute dime. Yep. Josh Jacobs can run a little bit. That uh, tight end, Mora or Morna or something, yeah. had, a couple, yeah. had a couple big plays for them I don't understand why they're not good honestly I don't understand why they're not good like I felt very good about the Colts win like I was like hey that's a fucking good win you they see Chandler Jones putting on his helmet it's like that guy perennial stud yeah I got an absolute star it's like I don't know why they're not good it might get hot for Josh McDaniels or continue to get hot for Josh McDaniels but once again Josh McDaniels earned this right he earned this. Of course, slept on couches, did the whole thing. Boy, used to shine shoes. Boy, you know, the whole had to do it as a 25 year old, all the way to a 35 year old. And I get it. I understand that. And Jeff did not. But Jeff's team fucking beat him. And without Jeff, I don't think Jeff, I don't think they beat him. So I, I um, I'm excited to see how he does against the Eagles. Let's turn to the Green Bay Packers getting a massive win at home in Mike McCarthy, Joe Philbin, and boys reunion with the city of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Early it looked ugly. Packers end up getting a win at the end. Christian Watson has three tuds after a couple drops early. He seems to be a bit different than the other people on the football field, which is exactly what Aaron Rodgers said. Aaron said when he looked at Christian in training camp or earlier in the year, there's not a lot of people on the football field that look like this guy. This guy is a weapon. He's fast. He had a welcome to the NFL moment. Aaron and the boys able to get a win. What are your thoughts on the Packers and does this make you a believer
7: going forward a little bit more? I mean, this definitely gives me a lot more hope, I guess, I had uh, than, than I had going into this game, but with Christian Watson, too, especially the fact that the game wasn't all all roses for this dude. He had a couple drops early, and he comes back three touchdown catches. Seems like he's a completely different player, and that's how quickly it can change, I think, good or bad for some guys. Some guys may be riding high, doing great, and they have one or two drops. They may go into the tank for a little bit, but... Christian Watson seems to be trending in the right direction, doesn't he? It's a fourth and seven yeah, that play, one. which Jeez. is
0: massive because it although it is planned, you know, Aaron had to step up into pocket, delay a little bit, great route, running yeah, away from people, here. being a, a viable option for Aaron to hit on a must have it play, because Aaron Jones seemingly was the only guy that he really relied upon or they relied upon and had success with in big play situations. Alan Lazard continues to be Alan Lazard. Randall Cobb comes back. AJ Dillon gets going. If Christian Watson can be a game changer which he now he's going to carry himself differently do you see him after Mason Crosby makes the kick they have a close up on Christian Watson he's celebrating you think he was like that a week ago no. Christian Watson was sitting on the bench like yeah. this nobody around him and that that type of confidence that type of like welcome to the men's league can do wonders, especially for a freak athlete who's probably beat everybody his entire life and everything he's ever done. You experience some of those lows, you're down in the dumps. You have one of those breakout games, it's like, this is who I am. Almost a comp. like I'm supposed to be here. I belong here. Then you change your meetings, you change your workouts, you change your mindset every single day. Could be huge for the pack going forward. Ty uh, earlier said he's not... He's not worried about Mike McCarthy and the boys going back to Dallas with a big L in their pocket. He had that sweet jacket on, too. Oh, I yeah. LaMaurie
1: jacket. That was
0: a sweet – awesome. that was a lot of brown. A lot of mm-hmm.
1: – that was a lot. That was a tart
0: <laughs> there. It, it, it was an incredible thing. Uh, they go back to Dallas with an L. They go for it on fourth down when they could have kicked it. I wonder if that was like a tip of the cap to Aaron from Mike McCarthy saying, we give a ball back, Aaron, Aaron's going to score a touchdown. That's how it's going to go. Inevitably, they kick a field goal, but he takes a knee in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. They could have went and scored a touchdown on that particular drive, the Packers if we're thinking about it, so maybe that's what Mike was thinking. As you go through that game, though, what are the emotions of seeing big Mike McCarthy have success early, and did that matter at all in your
1: eyes? No, not really, but, it, I mean, the way this season has gone, you know, like I, like I said, when they, when they got down two touchdowns, it was almost like, God, I kind of want to just fucking turn the game off. Like, I don't want to keep watching this as the same shit over and over. And then, uh, like, Amari Rodgers, you know, it's like any time they got a little momentum, They'd have, like, a special teams miscue, and it's like, okay, this is the same old Packers we've watched all year, but – McCarthy said after the game he he doesn't, you know, he, he'd he go for it again because on that last drive especially, you know, it, it kind of did shape up. It was like, okay, this is what always happens to the Packers. Go to overtime, lose the toss. Defense is out there and Rodgers doesn't even have an opportunity to kind of respond. So, you know, it, it was looking on that drive like they're just going to keep getting first downs. They're going to score a touchdown. Rodgers is never going to see the field. But, again, you know, this is kind of what we've talked about with the defense is when in years – the last couple years, like – They have been opportunistic, and they've gotten the stops that they've needed to. They haven't done that yet this year. And then finally yesterday, you know, when they absolutely had to have it, they get a massive stop, and then, you know, the Packers turn around. They had that third down, and Lazard has that 38-yard gain or whatever to get him in field goal range and it kind of was they they played with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder it looked looked like this team actually cared and i don't know if you could say i mean they definitely did because we've heard what aaron said on tuesdays but it didn't really look like they gave a shit in you know these last five weeks or so so yeah i think this is the type of win that can really you know kind of galvanize them moving forward
0: big time stop for the defense obviously to put the ball back in the hands of aaron Rodgers. they go down kick a field goal mason crosby as Sure as the sun's going to rise tomorrow, puts Mm that through the uprights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another team that got a massive stop in a massive game, probably the biggest and best game to date for the NFL. Not probably, definitely the biggest and best game to date this particular NFL season was the Minnesota Vikings traveling up to Buffalo. Patrick Peterson putting the game away with an interception. I believe Josh Allen's like 0 for 4 in his last four overtime games. Not great for the Buffalo Bills. Everybody thinks about the Chiefs game, obviously. That almost went to changing the overtime rules for the playoffs. But here in the end, second and 10, minute 15 left down, three josh allen throws a pick to patrick peterson going into the game we didn't know if josh allen was going to be playing or not he looked healthy to me he looked like he was able to throw the ball he got hurt when he was picked trying to punch out a terrible interception from the other team i guess he got re-hurt but he went back on the field the fumble at the goal line at the very end of the game is obviously nightmare fuel forever but josh allen's going to think about that Every time he gets under center, he's going to think about that going forward. And, I'm, and Maybe he's more mentally tough than any human in the past, but if that happens, and it's worst-case scenario, and you know, I heard Chris Sims on Football Night in America, former quarterback, go, the center knows he's about to get his knees chopped, so he probably snaps the ball a little differently and not able to get the uh, the quarterback center exchange or whatever. So, Chris Sims kind of apparently said that the center maybe had a bad snap. It's always interesting to see whose fault it was, because who knows? But nonetheless, in a it. God- have it situation. The Vikings get a touchdown on the defensive side of the ball after Kirk Cousins gets stopped on a goal line stand by the Buffalo Bills in which the Buffalo Bills defense was supposed to put a picture of it on the fucking wall in the building where they had two at two tries from a fucking inch line and did not make it in. Instead, Vikings get a touchdown on a bobbled exchange. Shout out to yep. AQ Shipley uh, and Drew Stanton. Then Josh Allen goes right down the field. Now Gabe, Gabe Davis's catch allegedly, Walt Anderson says, not an actual catch. We should have stopped it and reviewed it. Yeah, you should have. You're the only people that can do it in under two minutes. Why is that a thing? Bill Belichick's asking a question. We're all echoing the same sentiment. Can't have this happen, especially in the biggest game of the year. The Vikings and the Bills, two wagons playing each other. The Vikings are very new to being the team in the NFC North, but the entire... Country needs to recognize that they are are the team in the NFC North and a problem. This can't happen. Obviously, Walt Anderson said this is an incompletion, and they would have overturned it, and who knows what happens on third down. Will the Bills get in? Who knows? We don't know nonetheless, but it's a big play. Uh, I love this Vikings team. The Bills, do we need to question what they got going on with Josh Hurt, Poyer Hurt seemingly going through some stuff here, or is this just a, a great football game in which they didn't get the win because of a late interception?
7: Yeah, I would still think the Bills are going to be in it. As long as Josh Allen's arm doesn't get worse, which the fact that he played and did what he did was unbelievable. I guess we didn't really – we don't really know exactly what is going on with his elbow, but I feel like the game was over like four times, and I just couldn't believe it. It was one of those – like I was lucky to be watching it in real time. Like that's how I felt. Like this is awesome. I'm so glad I'm actually here and on this game. Dude, Vikings get stopped with like 40-some seconds left
0: at the goal line staying there. It's like, damn – what a win for the Bills. Yeah, 48 seconds left. What a win for the Buffalo Bills. And then a Colts game starting at this same time. Yeah. So I, I flip over to the Colts game at that time. Other TV has red zone on it. All of a sudden, they're back there again with the Vikings. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. No way in the NFL. In, the, in college, you think on the half inch line, okay, could be problematic. Man. In the NFL, you don't think that's, you don't think, because even if shotgun, there just yeah exactly yep Bet they regret not doing that.
7: Yeah, but, but uh, then, that's, but then, if you shotgun there and so, there's a bobble snap or something's wrong, like what are you doing, going shotgun your own end zone?
0: I guess, but it's just in the NFL, you
7: don't expect that. In in the NFL,
0: you don't expect that to be a problem at all with the game on the line. I appreciate the fact that the Vikings end up getting it because it leads to another drive by Josh Allen and then an overtime and then a blown call what? and excitement and everything like that. Thought the game was over. To your point, let's go to the Colts. Get Jeff Saturday's debut. Here we yeah. go. Hell of a game. Hey Bills, congrats mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. What, what a win, dude. What a win that was a good game, but still like the Vikings. I was saying, still like the Vikings. I think Justin Jefferson had 170 yards at that point. Still like Justin Jefferson, tough to win in Buffalo. Like, that's the whole f- tough to win in Buffalo. Mm, yeah. What a stop by that defense. Von Miller, you know, he's really a game changer for him. Like, these are all the thoughts I have going through my head as I'm changing channel. All right, Jeff, time to tell Kyle and Joe Thomas and Kyle Brant to go fuck themselves. Let's do it. And then on the <laughs> other TV, it's like, oh, yeah. like, I got loud, up. I'm like, what happened? And then the Great game. Let's get that. all – That was a one o'clock game. Yeah. How's that game at one o'clock? Yeah, ridiculous. No How's that game at one yeah. o'clock? Vikings Bills. I have no idea how that is. I, nonetheless, thank you for that football. Thank okay. you. you. Should have been Monday
3: night, but thank you. The um.
0: I mean, Monday night they would have to schedule that way out, right? Yeah. Flexing starts on Monday night, I think, next year. Yeah. So, going into the into the year, the schedule makers would have had to know that the Vikings were going to be the Vikings, which I don't think anybody still isn't recognizing that the Vikings, not anybody, but... People
7: are already writing them off. Don't you think when, when Kirk didn't get in, people were like, ah, oh, this, this is what we thought. Vikings, mm-hmm. here we go. Now Sa- the old downslide.
0: Same old Kirk. Throws that terrible pick. Yep. Oh, Kirk Cousins is back. Like, that's literally what people were saying. And then they get the win, and then Patrick Peterson's got seven chains on two watches, and he is just... Cut thirty five year old no, no, no. whatever the fuck Jeez. he is he looks unbelievable <laughs> with that pick the closer gets the chains or whatever and I I think I think the world just has to recognize. That this is a new Vikings team. This They're is legit. not yeah. this is not the old Vikings team. This is a new Vikings team. And I think a lot of it revolves around Justin Jefferson is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows yeah. he's different. Defenses look to guard him different. 193 yards yesterday and a Tud, Jeez. including this fourth and eighteen catch that is gonna go down as a catch of the year. Even with Diggs's catch earlier in this game, Justin Jefferson <sighs> taking that thing right out of Lewis's hands, and then somehow keeping it off the ground there. Off the ground, yeah. into his stomach. Fourth and eighteen. Got to have it down
7: four. I mean, what a play! What a game! This dude's different, AJ. This dude is different, and it's awesome to watch. Yeah, you think so? I mean, it's just the, the situation that you make this. The fact that you did this and you you took it away one handed. You keep it off the ground. Uh, I just to, i mean, yeah. It's it doesn't happen. It's not like it's not human what he's able to do, and and he makes it look very very easy too in the biggest moments when some people. Like uh, some people love that spotlight. They love like a got to have a situation. Some don't. He seems to really enjoy it.
3: And like when you just look at the Vikings, it's such a similar team to last year. Like Kevin O'Connell has done an incredible job, just kind of completely turn them around. And you would think, right? He's the runaway coach of the year. But there are like four or five guys that seem to still be in that whole entire Sherianney, conversation. Mariani, McDaniel. Oh
0: my amp, Salah! Hey, they beat the fuck out of the Browns. Yeah, yeah. they they beat yeah. the
7: hell out of. They the were game. having fun, huh?
0: Great time. Tyreek Hill fainting and then. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Coming all the way back mind. from the studio, I appreciate it. Yeah, there's the Vikings are legit, and I think more people just need to recognize it. Go ahead and talk. Uh,
2: you asked about the Bills, and it kind of if I looked it up because I, I felt like this yesterday. They kind of have a Rams feel from yesterday or last year. The Rams started seven one. And then they lost three in a row in the middle of the season to go seven to four bills started six and one this year. They've lost two in a row. Now I I think the bills are are, going to be just fine uh, here. The rest of the season is what I
0: I hope Josh Allen is. There was one time where um, the first down he did with his left hand. So I watched like all the things where you don't have to put any added pressure on it. Is he choosing not to? Because then, you know, like there was one time where he went like this with a double flex. And I'm like, if that thing was in real pain, that would have hurt like – he wouldn't have done that. Now, maybe his – you know, maybe the adrenaline, adrenaline of the moment yeah. is getting him going and maybe he's not feeling anything. But there was a couple of things that happened yesterday where I was like, "Oh, maybe his elbow isn't as bad as we maybe thought it was. Or maybe it is he's just a tough son of a bitch, AJ. What? Yeah, I,
7: think it's, I think it's number two. This dude – I mean, I, I didn't think he was going to play all week. And then all of a sudden he – not only does he play he, – he almost leads a, a victory in one of the greatest games I've seen in a long, long time. Like, look at this—like that does not feel good there at the end of this play. No, no, all. No. He's, he's doing it. How many times has happened a game for him? Well, all put, the time, I feel like he puts his face in it too. Like he could have slid
0: there. No, nah, I'm gonna put my face down in this. Like that's he, what I'm he gonna, did gonna it do.
2: Like five times yesterday. Those type of runs. And it's like
0: yeah. if his elbow was really that bad, would he do that? Would he be a little bit more safe? We don't know because we do, we haven't seen Josh Allen have to battle through this yet. But I, it feels like he's going to be playing because there was conversations we were having like. Why would you play him? Like, yeah. just take a couple weeks off, let that thing rest up, and then you hear Von Miller, it's like, I was at Josh's house after the game. There was nothing different. What, if we are, and I'm like, well, are we blowing this out of proportion or not? But it was a late-time decision, I think. I think it was very late decision, and it seems like he's going to be okay. Let's hope that wasn't all adrenaline, I guess, keeping him going.
1: Well, then that tweet came out that said, you know, Buffalo basically extensively looked into it, and they got assurances from the doctor that, hey, you know, he, he's not going to get any worse by playing. but. Also, that doesn't mean, like, if he's taking massive hits like that, you know, like, that you're not impervious to getting injured that way. So it was kind of surprising to see that, you know, he, he didn't play any differently, and maybe that's just the guy who he is. Like, you know, he's, he's not going to play any differently no matter what, even if he is kind of hurt.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think that is certainly something we should look at. The AFC East yes. is very, very uh-huh. interesting right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like, pr- rather pumped to kind of watch it all unfold down the stretch. They're 6-3, and three, the yeah. Bills. Yeah. They're in third. Six and three, they're in third in the AFC East right now. It's banana land over there. Yeah, like them having
3: or falling from the number one seed in the NFL to all of a sudden the number six seed in the AFC. Like there's a chance, and it makes sense why they, you know, wanted him to play, especially if he wasn't going to hurt it anymore because, you know, they just dropped drastically. And now all of a sudden they don't even have
0: a home playoff game. Like they're still the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Let's pivot away from the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East and let's go to a man who coached this guy whenever this guy – Was a linebacker at the Ohio State. Hell yeah. Currently, the coach of Cincinnati. And if I'm reading this right, he is the reigning defending, current undisputed Home Depot National Coach of the Year for college football. The head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, ladies and gentlemen, Luke Fickle. Hey, Coach. What's up, Coach?
4: What's going on? Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, was that accurate? Was that accurate? What I just looked up there? You're the reigning coach of the year right now.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that, right? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go a little bit bigger in some WWE or WWF old 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 uh, old school stuff with the reigning champion of some sort. But uh, you just went with the the easiest one, the layup right there. That
0: well, uh, well, do you have a title? Do you have a belt? No. Oh. <laughs> no.
4: Yeah, at home it's just with the kids, though. You know, I mean, I still can rule the roost right now because my oldest one moved out
0: though okay so speaking of rule of the roost before we dive into your coaching uh asked aj hawk and a lot of other of ohio people i don't want to say it to you because i don't want to be disrespectful to you but i have a term for ohio people okay very tough group of people very loyal group of people what? very passionate group of people what? uh we'll drink some beers we'll fight you okay? this is ohio as a whole every ohio person i met and we asked uh aj luke fickle vrabel okay in a battle of Ohio to death, mm-hmm. he said, "Give me Luke Fickle over Mike Vrabel." I don't know if that's a if how you feel about that, and if you agree with him. But there's a lot of respect for you being like the toughest Ohioan of all time. <laughs> I hope you know that, Luke. I hope you know
4: that. Well, I mean, it, it's been maybe that. If you just put those two together, it's you know, it's it's been like that. And I think maybe he's getting a little bit out of shape too. So I'm not sure it's as close <laughs> as it used to be.
0: Oh, jeez! stop smoking the cigs. Vrabel, <laughs> yeah. stop smoking. In the six. Fickle's ready. Okay, let's talk about you a little bit here. And obviously, AJ's going to have a, a lot of questions about not only you being an Ohioan who's doing great, but you have two guys, at least two guys in the NFL right now, but one in particular in Sauce Gardner, who is taking the NFL by storm. How do you think that has come to be that the University of Cincinnati has become like an NFL wagon under your leadership? And what did you see in Sauce in college that you knew he would have success in the NFL, coach? Well,
4: I, I would start by saying I was the guy when we recruited him, said he couldn't play here for probably at least two years because he was so skinny. You know, I said, that's going to take him two years before he got a chance to get on the field. And he just happened to, you know, start as a true freshman and, you know, do an unbelievable job. So I'm not going to stand here and pound the chest like I knew this was coming. Um, but I did. When when he left, I, I really kind of tried to tell a lot of people. I thought he, I believe he's going to be a much better pro than even he is in college. He just... uh his understanding of the game, his ability to, you know, to, to grow, to do a bunch of different. He's not just a man cover guy. He has incredible instincts. Had we played him in some more zone, I think he would have had some more production as far as tackles as well as, you know, interceptions. But he's just he's got this knack. He understands the game and he's got this humble demeanor that allows him to, you know, talk a lot of smack, and do what he does, but still do it in a really you know good way that everybody enjoys him.
7: Hey, Luke, I know you have 50, 50 straight starts, everyone. I don't know if Pat knows that. 50 straight starts at nose. Torres Peck before the Rose Bowl game. Still played had
0: more than played kicker. Well, well, I think yeah, I had 52,
7: yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> little good. more physical down where Luke was in the trenches, especially back then. when you, There's no rules. Luke was throwing that head around. But when you're recruiting guys, like how do you – can you still go find guys like that, some tough guys that you need like for the core of your team? Like where do you find those players?
4: I think you do. I mean, I, you know, we do a great job, obviously, within a 300-mile Radius and in particular, you know, in in a state, and uh, they're out there. You know, and they're not just all wrestlers anymore because it's kind of a a little bit of a dying uh, sport in some ways. For those people playing multiple sports, Um, but I think you know, you just got to dive and you got to dig in. I mean, a lot of times the guys that you know are that physical or or, or have that mentality, you know, they're they're not the ones that maybe are the best guys always. You know, from their sophomore year on, they're the guys that kind of develop over time, and all of a sudden at the end of their junior year, you notice this guy's. Not a much of us watch the, them and evaluate them in their senior year because recruiting happens so early, and I think a lot of that is some of those guys that have developed that over time that weren't just, like I said, the noticeable guy as a sophomore. That all of a sudden, their senior year, like this guy's a phenomenal football player. That uh, maybe in some ways didn't show up as much.
0: Uh, I think we're going to have to call you back to get a better connection. It's on our end, not yours, Coach. I have some questions about him. But he's talking a lot about patience right there, AJ. If you sound, It's like with his NIL and transfer portal, mm-hmm. how the hell do you remain patient? I'm excited yeah. to dive into that. We'll call him back. I think he's still – is he still, still on? No. Are we good in the back? No, we're not. We're going to call him back. Okay, we're going to call him back. We'll get that thing figured out. He – Hey, he knows he beat the shit out of Rainbow. Yeah, wow! Calls him <laughs> fat. He, heard,
7: he, he take a shot at him. Yeah, He's right away. <laughs> that is amazing to hear. Oh, I was and Luke see... is like Luke is like the most humble person on the planet too. At the same time, but he also is supremely confident as well. Well, and so. you said he threw. his, Does he got a big? I, I don't think I was able to see. Yeah, He's Luke, a... I, I've told you. Anyone. Luke's the toughest human I've ever met, bar none. <laughs> that's <laughs> <awesome>. Wow! <laughs> that's legend. awesome. 50 not, It's not a question.
0: It's not a question. What a compliment. <laughs> what a compliment that yeah, is. Yeah, seriously. From an Ohioan. Okay, now, AJ, how many games did you miss? Obviously, you got benched at one game because you're not athletic <laughs> enough. Yeah, to right, cover. against the
7: Eagles. Um, yep. I didn't dress for one game. And how many other ones? I mean, I, yeah, that's it. Soul. Torn peg, mm-hmm. uh, ripped hamstring, disintegrated
0: tooth, disintegrated tooth, broken fingers, torn bicep. There's one game I didn't right. try, yeah, because I wasn't athletic enough. Uh, rejoining us, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the toughest man that A.J. Hawk has ever met, uh, Luke Fick was back. Yeah. I'm yeah. uh, sorry, that's on our end,
4: <laughs> was I hear Was I hearing about all your injuries that you played through? As, as, was that Was, that I was- the Days before or was that when you were kicking? Like no. you had a torn peck and a, a torn.
7: No, we're talking. Well, that about,
4: wasn't you. Yeah, we're talking about that. Oh, we're okay. talking I, about that guy I over there. I thought you guys were talking about the, your toughness and how you fought through a lot of adversity when you were kicking that ball. Yeah,
0: hey, you should have seen me. Luke. There was this one tackle I went to make. I kind of got it, <laughs> tight. but don't worry, I rock bottomed him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't miss a single snap. No, we're talking about AJ, who is yeah. pretty well known as a tough human being. I mean, you can look at his face, his nose, his fingers. You can look at his resume. You what? can literally say, "This guy, tough guy." He said, you're the toughest human he's ever met. I mean, that's a, ma- hey, here we go. Not to yeah. it. That's real. He just said that. That's incredible. Well, I
4: appreciate that. But I, I've seen a lot of things out of him as well. I know was, this isn't what you want to hear about, right? You know, you want to praise him on your show and all. But uh, I've seen a completely blown up purple ankle, you know, that, that uh, people would have said, I don't know if he's going to make it the following week. And he didn't miss a practice on Tuesday and went out there and played his butt off on Saturday in, the, in one of the biggest games yeah, wow. in the rivalry. Okay. So. You know, let's make sure we give due or or due is deserved as well. And I'm sure you did the same thing, but, uh, you know, I wasn't around that.
0: No, no, I've never. You had, you had a twisted <laughs>
4: ankle. You could still punt?
0: Oh, a twisted ankle would take me out. I'll tell you that I'm done. Yeah, you, know? you missed a few of those. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I believe it. Yeah, no, but AJ <laughs> said you're the toughest man. That's why it's even more impressive. It's got grade four sprained Jeez. ankle. Unbelievable. Things purple. <laughs> Who cares?
7: It's a lower body. What does that even mean? didn't
4: even miss a practice. didn't <laughs> even miss a practice. <laughs>
0: Dog. It, it was running his face oh, yeah. right into people. Anyways, uh, AJ... What a fucking dog this guy is. Uh, Coach, what I wanted to ask you about, though, because you were talking about patience a lot. Whenever you heard about Sauce Gardner with how skinny he was, your first reaction was, I think this guy's going to have to grow for the first couple of years, and then he'll be there as a junior. And he started as a freshman, and you were kind of surprised by that. Then you talked about those tough guys have to kind of mature into it. It feels like because early, they might not be as talented, but they have the mindset, and then you kind of see it. With the patience mindset, are you worried about the way the state of college football (laughs) is right now? Because the transfer portal, guys, if they're not... Not starting right now they're gone the transfer portal has like thousands and thousands of kids in it right now because they all expected to start immediately are you up front with the guys that you recruit do you recruit a certain type of guy and how does that change going forward do you think for the cincinnati bearcats
4: well whatever's in there right now come december 5th it's probably going to double so that's the date um and it is unique i mean i think that uh you've got to find the right ones but it's, it's about a relationship too that uh, you know, if you've got a relationship, you hope you can get these guys to fight through these tough times, and um, it's not easy, and, and and it's ever changing, and it's going to be easier and easier for some of these guys to bail and to change. But I think you try to find that when you're recruiting guys, and and you know, it, we've been here, a, you know, for obviously six years now, so we've got a little bit more established in the sense that guys, when they walk in the door, hopefully have a better grasp that you know what this isn't going to just be handed to me. There's a lot of really good players here, and. I think the realization, if they have that, along with the honesty, I think they see what you know what it takes. And I and, and and so far for us, and most of the time, we've been able to you know kind of fend those guys off, hold on, and and show them. You know, and they've been able to see it kind of happen in front of their face, but it's not gonna get any easier, I promise you.
0: Yeah, the NIO adds a whole nother mix in it because guys, I guess, are getting poached from other teams. Hey, you come here, we'll be able to pay you this. And do you really get to build? I, I think it's smart for guys to recognize that they're not gonna have the opportunity where they're at and make a change. I think that's smart. But also, I think there's some guys that are gonna miss out on some scars in some marble that they're building on to kind of become the greatest they could possibly be. It's an interesting sociology experiment happening right now in college football tone has a question for you coach coach you talked about
2: uh dominating the 300 mile radius uh for recruiting how much has that changed with the move to the big 12 does that radius get bigger and what else are you looking forward to uh with the move to big 12 next year
4: well I, you know what we, we've said that it's not going to change now whether we dip ourselves into a little bit more of texas and some things like that I, I think we will you know expand a little bit but i still think the core and the crux of our program is within that 300 mile radius because for for several reasons, I think that you know for us and what we want to do and build, you know, through toughness and some things like that, we do have a better grasp of within those 300 mile radius what it is that we're getting. I'm not saying they're the toughest guys in the world, but when you know the areas, you know the people around there, you you've got a better grasp on exactly what it is that you're getting. And to me, sometimes in recruiting, the greatest thing you can do is not have a whole lot of surprises. You know, I, I could say that you know Sauce Gardner was a surprise in the sense that he started a lot earlier and played at, the, at a younger age than maybe I would have believed, but we knew what Sauce Gardner was about. We knew where he was from. We had some real intel based on the people that we knew around him. And I think that's what is giving us a chance to maintain those kids, keep them here, even when things aren't exactly the way they envision them from the start.
7: Hey, what makes Cincinnati so special? Like we know that you've had your name is always on the top of the list for other jobs all the time, and you stay strong and talk about how committed you are to Cincinnati. And obviously, you are like you're actually living that. Most coaches say that and. Bam, they're gone two weeks later. So, like, what makes Cincy so special?
4: Well, I, for me, it, it started. With, obviously, the, the, the community of the city is great for my family. And I'll be honest with you. That's really where it originally started. And, uh, kids. you know, but, to, but you know, it, as you take our team and the type of kids that we have, it, it, it's different. It's different than, you know, the teams that I was on as a player a little bit. It was different than the teams that I coached, you know, previously. I, I maybe. It, embody and and actually connect a little bit even better with a lot of the kids that we have. and They're just, I mean, I'm not saying they're all the same, but I think that we just by nature have some of those kids that, you know, are a little bit tougher, a little bit, you know, have a chip on their shoulder that understand that things aren't going to be handed to them. Um, it's just since I've been here, it's been a, a unique group of guys that is, you know, I'd say it, it's crazy at times to be around. It. Don't get me wrong. We've watched any of our games this year. I'm not sure that, you know, my hair is going to look like it does. Uh, <laughs> Certainly not like your two guys after this year. Thank you. But it just – the guys that you're around have this similar mentality of, you know what, we've got to earn everything we're going to get and it's not going to come easy.
0: Six kids, to your point, AJ. Wow. Six kids down there since Cincinnati. <laughs> One off to school though, right? So yeah. only five only five yep, still only five okay only five of course uh, i'm <laughs> only on my five now. i'm on my way to having uh, hopefully my first <laughs> i have no idea how i'm going to survive that you having six children while being a head coach of a college football <laughs> program while having to recruit and build up the type of guys that you want to really win is nothing short of impressive and your name is going to pop up for all these jobs that are out there how do you you know how do you listen 'Cause you have to you have to listen, I assume, because you have a brain. And then how do you also talk to the team? <laughs> uh, well, from what I've heard, your brain <laughs> is I was it- no-
4: Guard. I don't know if you, if whatever brain I had, I think I've been damaged maybe a little bit, as, as people would say, but there's still something there.
0: Well, I think, you know, with how thick that skull is. Oh, yeah. That's mean, true. The, who knows what size it is in that particular <laughs> nose tackle noggin. But how do you deal with that with the team? And how do you deal? Because this year, there's like five big time jobs already, six big time jobs already open, Jeez. if you count West Virginia. And then there's going to be more and more and more happening down the road. How do you balance that? Honestly, as a human, as a good guy, which everybody calls you, and as a leader of a team that is 18
6: to 23
4: year olds you know what it, it really our guys have been really good and, and we've kind of been through it the last few years and we've talked a lot about it at in the off season we've talk, talked a lot about it in recruiting and uh we've always kind of said hey we, we want to be in that position where people are mentioning whether it's me as a coach or our assistant coaches or even guys leaving early uh, but we've got to be able to handle it. we've all got to be honest with each other we've all got to stay focused and locked into the things that we're doing um, it, it, it is, it, it's not an easy thing. I mean, for me in some ways, cause I live under a rock, I don't pay attention. You say how many jobs are, I, I'm kind of surprised I maybe I didn't know of all that, but I think that, uh, more than anything, it, it's been able to just kind of stay focused and, and, you know, the world is still continuing to change because these things are happening so much earlier, but you know what, just try to stick to your guns and say, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's, it's forever. I'm not going to say, Hey, you know I don't if I don't listen at some point in time, but I think there's a time and a place for it. And when you're playing, it, it's really difficult to do. And so, you know, that's the that's the way I've kind of been since I started. And people would say, hey, you need to adjust and adapt. But I don't know that you do. I just think that if someday the right thing comes, then you know what, it'll st- still be there at, uh, when, the, when the time is right.
0: Uh, I think that's an incredible answer and a good way to look at it because you have to, you have to, now that I'm learning more, about college football, and I'm getting a chance to be on game day every single week, and go to these places yeah. and hear stuff that maybe the world doesn't get to hear about how it all goes. <laughs> you have to listen. You, you you would have to listen. But balancing that with while still being a leader of a very tight group is such a fascinating you know thing. And I'm I think you've done a great job at it. I can't wait to see you continue. Ty Schmidt has a question for you. Big time Hawkeye fan here. Massive. Uh, auto- I'll be, I'll,
4: I'll- I'll go to that real quick. I, I hope that someday we can, as college, get to the where the pro is, where where that you know, like you can do nothing until this time because it, it does make it difficult on your kids. It does make it difficult on you, but. You know what? We're we're not caught up to the NFL bowl we'll game. See.
0: Bowl game, like for instance, okay. when Rich Rod got hired to Michigan, which Rich Rod might be coming back to West Virginia, which would be <laughs> here we go, wild. You know, it would be wild and good for the state and good for the team. I'd be excited to see that if he potentially maybe even Dion too. Let's go ahead and let's go. Let's go try <laughs> everything else there. But Rich left. We we had a Fiesta Bowl. We had a Fiesta big. Yeah. It was, that was back when the BCS was happening. Fie- oh, yeah. Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. He leaves ten days before that. See, ya, I'm out of here. It's like that was like an eye opening experience to me as a 20 year old. Like what this this is literally all we worked for, like to get to this particular moment. And then well, and then as I get older, it's like he had to go at that exact time because of literally how it all is. You're right. There should be a little bit more of a. Uh, a regimen or a process or a procedure the way it goes the business
4: side of things like the NFL does
0: yeah I think so too like a period there should be a period of time whenever it's allowed to happen Ty your question
1: coach speaking of the NFL obviously you're incredibly invested in Cincinnati and and whatever may come next you know whenever that is have you had any conversations with coach Vrabel and do you have any you know aspirations to potentially coach in the NFL down the road or have you realized like no I'm I'm meant to coach in college
4: well, I, I kind of would go back and forth. It, originally, I've always said, no, I think this is, you know, Braves and I have talked about that. And, you know, when he first went back to the NFL when he was coaching, you know, I, I kind of saw him and watched from afar what he was doing. I remember saying, hey, you're in there, right?" Not that he wasn't a great college football coach and would be a guy great college head coach, but I truly believe that he's in the right place. And, and I kind of feel that same way with me as, as you know, Not that you didn't have any success in that league and maybe don't know as much about that league, but I'm like, you know what? This is the right place for me. I don't know that that's what's best for me. And Braves and I have talked about it. He's told me all the pros to to being in the NFL and and the different lifestyle, the things that you do. But um, I know for me and where I am and and what I enjoy – that uh that this is the right place for me
0: uh i just saw. sorry aj before you ask your question you're, you're talking about you talking to frames and you caught him fat earlier <laughs> you two are real tight i didn't know you two are real <laughs> tight i didn't know that are you guys in each other's wedding who's who's, who's is this uh his.
4: that might be that might be his wedding i think I, I was the best man or it could be my wedding i'm not but it uh it could be my. Yeah, I look. I, I was a little bit chubbier then, and I think maybe it's switched. Maybe it maybe it's flopped a little bit. Now, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we have to have a weigh in. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to throw things out there. He wears some baggy clothes, but uh, I might have to get on about that a little bit.
0: Luke, I see him out at Lake Tahoe and it's our first time really chatting in person. And, you know, I've I've dealt with you Ohioans before, so I kind of – you know, I'm kind of prepped for this whole thing. Middle of conversation. Just out of nowhere, he's making a statement. He takes that left mitt, okay, from his pocket. I see that thing coming. Big – we're talking – roundhouse loop, looping left looping left and i'm like is this guy about to punch me in the face Before we're having a conversation he he tried me you know what i mean he grabbed my arm just like to see how much i could uh, how much he could body me basically in the middle of it and i seen it coming and i've been boxing in the virtual reality thing so i tightened up and leaned into it i didn't budge at all and i was like that was a massive moment between me and vrabel right there you two you two you two like kin huh you two same people
4: yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a while, so uh, we don't get to see each other nearly as much. But uh, try to stay in touch and and you know catch up with uh, the crazy lives that we lead.
0: If I move there, he's looking oh, yeah. at me as a soft ass guy. Oh,
4: oh, you would never hear the end of it. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> the Next time he sees you, the next time he sees you, he's going to do it again. Just in case you're wondering, it never stops. In case <laughs> there, there's not a whole lot of growing up in this in these in these. Um, this blood
7: ohio yeah got it aj your question it. speaking of another ohio guy like marcus freeman what's it like seeing him obviously you coached him uh he coached with you and now he's the head coach at notre dame like what is it like seeing guys that you've worked with not only you have coached yourself but you see him taking all these other jobs out there
4: yeah I, you know it's hard when you get in it's like it's like when you ask about breaks it's like you, you try to, to stay in contact with these guys but You just are so busy at what it is you're doing that that it's really difficult to do. So you got to watch from afar. And when you're watching from afar, sometimes it's even harder. The other night, uh, I think it was last Sunday night when Braves and those guys played against the Chiefs, they were in an overtime game. I remember leaving the office and grabbing my phone, and it was the start of the fourth quarter. And I I went home, and everybody asked, did you watch the game? I said, no, I couldn't. I I couldn't turn the game on because – I stress over watching them play because, you know, you you got so much invested because it's the people that you really care about. I said, I don't need that in my life. So I literally sat in my bed and just kept looking at the phone every like three minutes to see, to see what the game was like. And and it's the same way with, you know, whether it's with Marcus or other guys you coach with, it's hard for me because I, when I'm not here and I'm not doing what I do, I try to find ways to relax, relax, watching, you know, NFL games that I have no, you know, other than players playing in them that I have no, you know, not pulling for any side is relaxing to me. But when it's Braves, it's one of those guys you coach with. Like Marcus, it's really hard for me to relax and watch. So I, I, I kind of watch them afar and just kind of check scores.
0: How about you having a coaching tree now, though? Huh? That's a big deal.
4: Well, I don't know about, yeah, it's it's like a mis- the Miyagi tree, right? I think they just oh, chop off nice. all the branches. So maybe there's a couple <laughs> left there.
0: No, I think you're I think you should be incredibly <laughs> proud of what you got going on, Luke. And uh, we appreciate the time. You got a couple games left here. What's in front of us? What are you thinking uh, for going into the end of this year and into the offseason going in next year?
4: Well, we we still got a chance. I mean we always talk about it. You wanna you wanna have an opportunity to play for championships and we're still in a position where you can do that. And I can't believe you haven't mentioned it. We're in a position to do that. Not because we played great. But if you haven't noticed it, but you haven't, you know, special teams-wise, I'm not sure we're not dominating anything anymore. We're not dominating as much offensively and defensively as we have in the past. And these dang special teams have been something special. So I knew you'd be proud of that. You haven't been back out to see us for like four years. Whoa. But, you know, at some point in time over there, when we get close to you over there at higher ground, you know, maybe we can get you back out because of the specialists.
0: Okay, well, I'll definitely make mention of that. It does win
4: football games. I. I know it, it wins football
0: games. Damn right, especially when you play 52 straight like <laughs> yep. I did. You know uh, what I mean? In college, uh, uh, right. Right. That is, is how it goes. Uh, coach, good luck the rest of the way. We appreciate your time, and I can't wait to see you and the team again. I'm, I'm gonna be in Montana this weekend. I'll take a horse from Montana to Cincy this weekend. I'll come Hell check yeah. you guys out. I appreciate you, man. Cool.
4: We'll get you back out there this, uh, this next year.
0: All right, you got it, ladies and gentlemen. Coach Luke right, Vickle, we'll see you. Hey, hey. Uh, We talked to Jeff Saturday, interim head coach of the – interim – interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff Saturday, who's undefeated after beating the Raiders yesterday. And Luke Fickle, head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats – can't thank them enough for taking time out of their day to chat with us now it is time to chit chat about something that happened yesterday that has never happened before although the world league had a couple teams in the particular country of deutschland the nfl had never traveled there and put on a real meaningful game in front of all the people that follow along with the nfl from that country and countries surrounding it obviously there's a big military presence in germany and obviously that can be the excuse for why it is so popular there but I don't believe it's just the military folk I believe the country of Germany Loves the game of American football If you see Bjorn Werner Who has the football bromance show Former teammate of mine, biggest podcast In Germany about the NFL He filled up a fucking arena on Friday night Before the game, had an entire celebration Of the league, and I don't think that was military folk I believe that was a lot of Yemens Saying Guten Tag Guten Morgen Dankeschön Whatever they say, don't want to mock the thing and that was awesome. They need to take more games to Germany. Germany needs to be the home of big games yep. continually going forward. Their fans showed up. They were excited about everything. They stayed long after the game ended. I assume they walked right down one of their cobblestone streets to Hofbrauhaus, which is down the road from where the Bayern München Stadium is. That was an amazing way to start the Sunday slate. I think Germany showed out. I think they showed up. I got to meet this guy whose name is Crow. Mm-hmm. He had a little football helmet with a with a devil with a sweet Batman he crushed it honestly I was talking to my wife on FaceTime because I was still passed out in bed laying in bed she was on the other side of the house doing something she needed to show me something on whether or not I wanted to keep it and I'm FaceTiming with her and this dude popped up on the screen I go whoa whoa need camera need camera so sorry (laughs) I need to take a picture of this and she goes of what I go I don't know how to describe I I honestly don't know how to describe what I'm talking about right now Sam but it's a guy wearing a helmet with a visor with some ears and the his name's Crow. Okay, you would never understand German artists, but I appreciated Germany for being so fantastic yesterday. I'm thankful that the NFL went there. The rumor of like what, however many millions of people trying to get seventy thousand tickets, and they showed up, showed out, and fucking amen. Thank you uh, to the Germans for doing that. That was a cool environment yesterday, and obviously Tom Brady gets the win alongside the Buccaneers over the
7: Seahawks. Yeah, it all, it all seemed to add up like. For the perfect game, not only to, to be in Germany, but also to kick off the rest of the slate, like the rest of the day. But yeah, the fact that the fans are staying there late, they're singing. I mean, it just like it was just a super special environment. I loved. I know I texted you. I was pumped to see Tom Brady pumped to win a football game. Yeah. Like he's won so many games, and there's always the expectation you're going to win the Super Bowl every single year. He's had some adversity this year. I was like, man, it was cool to see. They get that when he realizes, all right, the game is in hand. Watching him dap up and give hugs and headbutt all of his teammates, like it's about time. Like you should enjoy every win. Like it's it sucks that you have to go through a bunch, or I should say, at least on the field. And he has everything else going on. To actually enjoy it. But yeah, like that's why you play. It's fun. You want to win games with your teammates. Yeah,
0: that's what you're supposed to enjoy. And Mac Brown told us whenever he was talking about his time at coaching Texas, he said the pressure got so great that when they won, it was a relief. And when they lost, it was devastating. That happens with players and coaches in the NFL as well. You win. Yeah, you're supposed to win. So... Let's yep. fucking
7: go yeah, I still got a game next week, buddy. Don't worry. Don't get too excited. My cat, I'm not even off the field yet. Can I smile? Doesn't everybody say how hard it is to win? Hey, it's hard to win a game. And that's yeah. what, remember, everybody says it's hard
0: to win a game. It's hard to win a game. Let's enjoy this a little bit. You're right. It looked like a sense of relief from Tom Brady. I think we saw that after last week's game where he said that was awesome. That was fucking awesome. Unprompted to begin the press conference, he said that. You thought maybe could that lead into the rest of the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the NFC South, They're 500. They're leading the division, so it was nice to see them get a win. I have not given up on the Seattle Seahawks. I still think the Seattle Seahawks are a great team. I love what they're doing. I appreciate their story. I like Pete Carroll. Love Geno Smith and the success he's having. I'm not giving up on the Seahawks. But that felt like a game, and I think we both picked the Bucs. I'm not 100% sure, but I think we did. That felt like a game with Tom Brady, getting a chance to do something he's never done before. Do something that nobody in the NFL has ever done before. Win a game in Germany. That can not only wake up Tom, look at Holyoke. julio jones shows up the entire team and you know i I know white talked about it two weeks ago where he had forgotten about how hard it is to make it into the nfl and how not everybody's in the nfl when you go do something for the first time ever in your league's history and you get a chance to experience something and nobody else has really experienced that can kind of put in perspective how big what you're doing is that can kind of make you appreciate and respect what you got going on a little bit more and i think that's why we both like the buccaneers in this particular situation but whenever you talk about tom brady in this season. Missing 11 days in training camp, unannounced to the world. I guess bowls knew. Missing a, a walkthrough on Saturday morning. Going through everything he's going through publicly. His ex-wife now already has a new boyfriend. Jeez. He's a jiu-jitsu teacher. Oh. That make you ask a lot of questions and there ain't nothing Tom can do because old cuz can break all of his very pliable arms if he really wanted to. <laughs> okay. It's just, I'm happy for Tom as well. I'm happy for the Bucks. I'm happy for Tom. I wish he would have got to go moss, that guy, whenever he slipped on the pass Ooh like he said he was going to do. Interesting play call, up yeah. 14-3 right. in the third right. quarter. Could have been cool. Tom trips another person, kits another person, <laughs> seemingly his move. He is a bit European, likes his soccer. But I am very – if he lands on Tom's leg right there, that's not good. Uh, they were talking about how slick it was, the grass, which came immediately after a conversation about every stadium should be grass. I would like to think about their thoughts on grass after Sunday yesterday in the Byron Munchen Stadium. But I enjoyed that game. Happy for Tom. And uh, they need to put a couple games in oh, Germany yeah. every year. Michael Dixon and Jake Camarda put on a show. I completely forgot about this. I am so wow. sorry, Camarda. He hit a 64-yard fucking fair catch out of his own end zone right here. Jeez. Okay, 14 nothing. end of the second quarter. He's in his own end zone. 64-yard fair catch. A lot of people said, the guy shouldn't have fair caught it. Who cares? The returner put his head like this and was like, oh, I probably won't be able to return this. So he gets a fair catch. The ball has to be hit so high and so far to be fair caught. If you get a fair catch over 50 yards, It's great. If you get a 60-yard fair catch, people are like, this dude is a stud. A 64-yard fair catch is fucking demolished. He murders the ball. He has quickly climbed the ranks um, alongside A.J. Cole of Vegas mm-hmm. and Tommy Tanzan of the chiefs of having like, I think the best punting in the league right now in the game right now, guys that can hit balls and nobody else can hit. Camarda started out bad. I think he was rushing. I think he was worried. I think he was trying to get it off too quick. He was in his own head. He has settled in here over like the last five weeks, murders the football. That was awesome. See, Dixon put on a show. He was pinning them deep. I mean, it was in my eyes, in my eyes, the best start to a Sunday slate in the history Ooh. of Sunday oh, slates. Yeah. And I think it's a lot to do with country yeah. take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia to the Germans singing an absolute banger from John Denver, Uh, but the fans over there, and everybody talks about all the soccer fans, the hooligans, are like much better fans than in America, and I tend to believe that is correct, mostly because the sport that they cheer for doesn't have a lot of action, so they have to create their own action with chants and songs and energy and flares and fights and, you know, absolute insanity because the game of soccer is a little bit more slower paced. Now, soccer's our sport now, sorry about it, about to go win the fucking soccer Lombardi... in the World Cup. But their fans have always been incredible. Soccer fans have always been notoriously amazing. And in England, I think we've experienced it. But in Germany, the way they want the entire game, the energy they had, the excitement they had, the noise, the vibe, it felt like it was a big fucking game. It felt like the environment was real. And I can't thank the, uh, hey, Donkashan uh, to the Deutschlanders uh, over there for sure in Germany.
1: And in terms of more games being there, like that, that tweet came out that they... They, that game already outperformed like every London game that they've ever, ever had in terms of like selling more merchandise and like league pass and all that kind of stuff so yeah you can tell they absolutely love it and in terms of like the fans it seems like And this, just from watching it, like, they're happy drunks over there. Like, because, like, the beers they're getting are bigger and everything, but, like, that kind of fuels the... They've been
0: drinking since they're 14. Exactly. All of
1: them. Whereas, like, you know, what we always see on home games is, like, there's people who, you know, drink four tall boys of Bud Light and then just start getting into fights in the stands, like... Over there, they're hammering beers, and instead, they're like, they're singing, and it's kind of just like a more happy environment. And Godwin said after the game, and obviously, he's not going to shit on the experience, but he was looking up into the crowd and he was just like, This is unbelievable. Like, it did feel much different than a London game. He was like, I'm just so grateful. That I got to be a part of this experience because this is unlike anything I've ever done and watching it, like that really did translate. It really did feel much different than just, you know, ah, another fucking London game, you know, between two teams who kinda stink. Like it did. It felt like a, a playoff game or like a, a heightened atmosphere, which I don't know if I was really expecting that. So we
0: saw the NFL network team go to the Hofbrauhaus House right. in oh, yeah. in Munich in the square down there and have a great time. Steve Mariucci, at the end of the video, says, It's the greatest night of my life. He has. He's lost his voice. <laughs> Big time. But he has this massive, uh, I don't think it was a beer stein, because the stein, I think, has the... Uh, the top thing on it, massive mug of beer in the, uh, later Hosen's or whatever. And he says, this is the greatest night of my life. (laughs) Steve Mariucci has five kids, five kids. He has five kids. So this is the greatest night (laughs) of my life. I think everybody that went over there enjoyed it. I'd been, I've been to Germany a few times to play soccer. I'd also taken a trip over there. It is the nicest country out of all the countries I've been to the nicest country to Americans. I will say that I have ever been to. You drop me into a place, you can find out quickly how they feel about Americans. I am the biggest, the dumbest American that people will ever see. I obviously wear jorts and a tank top, and people look at me and go, oh, big, dumb Yankee right there. So you can tell how countries feel about Americans as a whole just by dropping me into the middle of it. Now, I will say that's probably evolved a little bit. We're a little bit more popular in some of these countries that I've visited to in the past, and I can't wait to get back to them. Germany, when I played soccer there, Germany, when I took a trip there, Germany, whenever we traveled through there and saw everything the people were the nicest and I, I honestly believe this and the germans aren't going to want this to be brought up because i did see some people bring it up but because of what happened
8: uh-huh. yeah
0: in germany i feel like the german people and i might be mis, saying this but i think a lot of people would agree with me they went there I almost feel like they owe the world almost like it feels that's how nice they are. That's that's how nice really? they were. It's like they they feel. I don't want to say feel bad, but like want to like go over the top to be like, hey, listen. Probably what a lot of people have experienced with you know the Germans is from your classrooms and history books. We like that's what it feels like almost. When I've been over there, every single time I've been over there, and I, I I'm so happy that the NFL is having success over there because that gives us a reason
7: to. Uh, yeah. continue take show over there yeah no take show Didn't over there. it feel there for like a while. it felt like their crowd wanted to they wanted to go over the top, top two to let everyone know how excited they were it's like when you like a big rock band's in or a big a musician you want to see and like oh what's up cincinnati or whatever like a lot of crowds want to be a crowd that that musician might remember out of their 50 stops in and that come tour. back yeah that's yeah, what it felt like germany was yeah
0: ex- after the game when they were sticking around singing now who yeah. knows if they would do that nonetheless but i think they are a very passionate nfl fan base over there and they're like listen we need to show if you get one of these tickets okay a lot of people trying to get yeah. one of these tickets but if you get one of these tickets we need to fucking show the nfl <laughs> that this is a country that is an nfl country and they certainly did that and shout out to bjorn i think bjorn is a massive part of that whole thing. Honestly, Bjorn Werner, former Florida State legend, former Indianapolis Colt teammate of mine, he has a podcast over there, that is strictly NFL talk, strictly huge, huge over there, massive community. He sold out a fucking arena. They had yeah. an arena sold out on Friday. Bjorn Werner sold out an arena in Munich on Friday it was for like a live podcast podcast or what, what do you do live podcast they had a couple of days. good for him an arena they sold out over there so i saw that i saw the game i saw the afterwards i saw it during i'm like germany hit a fucking home run yeah hit a fucking home run and we are very grateful for it and look for this show to probably be live in munich germany in the foreseeable future if i had to guess yeah. if i had to guess I, i've been looking for a reason to get back it is a good time. That's the place I found myself in a rave.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found myself
0: in a rave. I had a little bit too many beers at the Hoff Prize. Right, right. Walked around a little bit and then all of a sudden
7: Were you by yourself?
0: Uh one of the I mean, one of the locals that we had it's interesting when you go on some of those trips, there's like different ways to go about it. Whenever when we were doing soccer, there was like a couple of locals that like if we want to go eat, we travel with them because not everybody they speak English. Everybody speaks English over there. They don't even. I think everybody's pretty open to do it. I'm sure there's small towns where people hate fucking Americans that I did not experience. So I apologize for kind of generalizing there. But normally you like kind of get linked up with somebody who is your liaison almost. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, uh, we're looking to do this. Okay, this is a place I know. This person there, I do. I could do this. So I was with said person, and we were having a. I mean, it was a (laughs) full on going. Holy shit! All right, I gotta get. What time is it? All right, I gotta. (laughs) I gotta get out of here. But I've had
7: the food over there is good. The beer's really? good. Okay. good. I love the beers they serve in the stadium out of the big mugs. Like, those are sweet.
0: So every local town or bar or whatever, like, they brew their own shit. You could basically get uh, your own beer from almost every place you go to over there. Like, what they brew. And everybody says, like, warm beer over there. It's not warm. It's like room temp. Ooh. And it is – their beer good. You, you can drink it faster. Yeah, with oh your oh put yeah. it down quicker. And it tastes – it has, like, a good taste to it. It is – Congrats, Germany. They should make sure they do
1: it during Oktoberfest next year. Oh,
0: so that's yeah. when we are going to attempt to
1: – Like that That would just – for the NFL, like that would make perfect sense. They should have two games, and it should be around when Oktoberfest is. See,
0: I don't know. I, I think Oktoberfest is like a two-week span, I think, or maybe a week long, ten days. I forget exactly how long it is. It's always in the middle. They should do – I don't think they should do football games same time as that, though.
1: What about like the tail end? Like close it out kind of. Close out – Or Oktoberfest. kick off –
0: yeah, one for of the, the two. Start. I think it should be around October. I don't think in the middle, though, because I do believe, like, every – it's like a – Yeah, people flock. Well, it's so. like everybody is there for that. Not that you would want to not have a football game in the middle of a festival. You would. But I think, like, it would be properly timed. What is that? This week
2: it was September 17th to uh, October 3rd, which is, like, week two of the season. Yeah, what they do. a little
0: early. Mm-hmm. So two weeks, yeah. two. It's a long one. Mm-hmm. They're drunk in a parking – it's a big fucking parking lot. Yeah that just turns into a I've driven by it a few times like hey that's where Oktoberfest is I'm like jesus and they're like yeah it turns into a full festival or whatever. the Autobahn's sick just I'm remembering like germany here as I go I also want to um I saw somebody post about going to Dachau and to a couple other places I've been over there and it seems like the uh, the Germans are very like like, it is, it's a fascinating place. I think everybody should go. I think everybody should experience Germany if you can. Obviously, it's going to cost a lot of money and do all that type of stuff. But Germany, I think, showed up, and I'm happy for him as hell. And uh, I'm thankful the NFL gave him a shot because, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of countries that are going to get games. Germany seemingly is locked in the fact that they're going to get one every single year. Forever, going forward, yeah. and I love that.
3: Yeah, you should at least get four games. and you know the Four games
0: is a lot of games. I,
3: I, but yeah. still, I mean, what does London have? London had four this year, three?
0: Three, three, four, I don't know.
3: Like at least more than one. San
0: Fran's heading to Mexico, right? next. Uh-huh. Yeah. San Fran after Ooh. Sunday Night Football. Let's, d- let's dive into Germany, thank you. Thank, thank you, Germany. Germany. Thank you. Uh, Let's talk about the Sunday Night Football game last night Because you're right, kicking off the day in Germany with the way that went Overtime game in the 1 o'clock games Which was the biggest game of the year Biggest game of the weekend by far Overtime game in the 4 o'clock game Which is the biggest game in the 4 o'clock slate Mm -hmm. Between Green Bay and Dallas And then last night, Sunday Night Football The San Francisco 49ers get a dub Christian McCaffrey continues to be a focal point for that Niners team Thinking, like, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey three weeks ago And he is the guy for him. Yeah, He's catching the ball. He's running the ball. He's getting celebrated alongside his teammates. Jimmy G's making throws when he has to make some throws. This Niners team, if you talk about that defense and Fred Warner and the way they fly around, hey, big man. I like that. But this Niners team is that team that we all thought could maybe make a run. Adding Christian McCaffrey like perfect piece. They needed it. They trade out Jeff who's having success in Miami. But this Niners team seems to be a team that can go on a damn run. That's all I continue to notice whenever I'm watching them play football it's like the Niners
7: are in top five teams right now in the NFL I think well don't you think it's like hey don't let like the Niners just keep hanging around people have thought oh they've fallen off at different times like the little roller coaster they may get on but the Niners are a team that like if they're if they're healthy towards the end of the year like don't you feel pretty confident they're going to find a way to make some kind of run with what their defense can do I know at times they they haven't been as consistent but when they're playing well they are awesome on defense and I mean Jimmy G, Debo, get out of here, kiddo. Like they have so many weapons too. And their
0: defense was hot at the beginning, and then it went down, mm-hmm. and then they're kind of coming back. It is uh it's a fun team to watch. I just got a text from my mother. Um she said uh I don't know where the 0.01% Italian came from, but it didn't come from my side. You are 50% German, too. Don't you ever forget that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it, Mom. I apologize for that. You're 100% right. Uh, I think there are some traits that potentially come from German folks that my mom and I both have, so <laughs> you're 100% right, Mom. Can't wait to get to Germany. Maybe take to my mom that 's yeah, probably what that is that 's probably what that was right mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. mom you 'll be coming with us if we go over there, absolutely get you back to the motherland. Uh, the Niners, though they're a team that can go they have all the pieces, and adding Christian McCaffrey is It's befuddling that they were able to get him, Yeah, you know, because they're such a run-heavy team, run-dominant team. They're known to be a great running team. And then at the most important position of a run-dominant team, they're able to pluck a perennial all-pro, basically, and then put them in the middle of the season and have immediate success. Like, Shanahan's ability to adapt and Lynch is, like, going all-in is my – I love the Niners. We should talk about them more. I, I honestly think we should talk about them more, and we're probably going to be ha- uh, probably going to have to because they're going to continue to go on a run, I think we all believe.
3: Yeah, and Jeff Wilson, who they traded to the Dolphins, played really well, but the uh, running back that they've lost since week one, or they haven't had, Elijah Mitchell, he came in and was unbelievable. And I don't know if you saw on the broadcast, the Niners are the first team to have a tight end wide receiver and running back as a first-team all-pro at one
0: time in their career. Unbelievable. Yeah. So they're going to go. I think so. And Trent's playing, uh, he's big, moving mm-hmm. bodies. Jimmy G made some throws that, like, yeah. you're going to have to make. There was mm-hmm. a third down throw. I forget, he was Ray Ray
3: McLeod on the sideline? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so, mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm.
0: made that was, like, mm-hmm. I remember watching it going, like, ooh, third down, got to have it. That's one of those throws. Reminded us of why he's Jimmy G almost. Yes. Yeah. Like, because there was a little bit of a conversation, like, oh, Jimmy, you think the team's better with Jimmy G over Trey Lance after Trey Lance's injury? It's like he makes that throw, it's like, There's a guy that can make a throw whenever you need it. Now, everybody's going to immediately point at the miss in the Super Bowl, and Jimmy probably thinks about that every single fucking day of his life because if he doesn't miss that, he's the quarterback for the Niners for the next 15 Mm -hmm. years probably. So I enjoy watching that team. I'm happy they're on primetime. A little bit of a boring game. A little bit. A little bit of a boring
6: game. How did we feel about the ejection? On that hit.
0: Oh, yeah. So I put that tweet Mm -hmm. out, and my tweet kind of worded my exact, and I put the tweet out just so I could remind myself today of my thoughts. And it was like, is this the precedent now? Are they starting a new standard? I guess this rule was initiated this year because I always thought this was a college football thing. Right. Because four years ago, college football instituted the uh, targeting rule where players would get fucking ejected from a game if there's helmet-to-helmet contact. uh, And it was just kind of like, here's the law. There was no judge of intent. There was no judge of somebody's, like, altitude being changed or, or... uh, level, be- mm-hmm. whatever the word yeah, is, yeah, there was no like actual common sense thought in it. It was like, hey, if they lower their head at all and they hit with the crown of their helmet, they're rejected. If they go helmet to helmet above the shoulder or helmet uh, anywhere above the shoulder area, they're rejected. And there's been a lot of, you know, I don't want to say scrutiny over that rule, but a lot of... St- A lot of scrutiny over guys losing national championship games that they have worked their entire life for, and then a bang-bang play, they get ejected from it, and it's like, is this really right for the kid to do this, to get kids kicked out of meaningful games in which they don't have a lot of? And is there any intention thought about it? I guess the NFL added it this year. I, I... I must have missed it. I feel like we covered the NFL pretty close. What's the rule state exactly? The NFL senior vice president of officiating, Walt Anderson, who also said earlier that the Gabe Davis catch wasn't a catch and right. we should have reviewed it and yep. we didn't. It's like, well, fucking do it then, Walt. Yeah, what,
1: pretty we, big play. Do
0: it, Walt. Uh, confirmed a pool reporter, uh, Matt Barrows, that Dre Greenlaw's ejection – by the way, great name. Dre is a nickname, was a great – Because his full name is different. than just being called Dre, though, such a fucking cool name. Dre, uh, Dre Greenlaw, ejection last night, came from New York. He was already down by contact. We felt like the actions he took were flagrant in nature, and that was the reason for disqualification. Now, what Walt just said there goes completely against what every other human who has ever been tied to the NFL said on the internet last night, including coaches, players, and even, I would assume, former refs. If you're going to take into account helmet-to-helmet ejections into the game, you also have to think about intent, bang-bang plays, because at the NFL, everybody's big, everybody's fast. There's a lot of things being schemed up. I just don't think this is the right move for the NFL, and now they've set precedent. This is now the standard. I understand it's a quarterback, and it was a scary hit. Call 15. Completely cool with 15. But an ejection is absurd because now, uh, I mean, that was obviously a helmet-to-helmet. 15 yards is for sure but as soon as you start getting into the ejection game
7: it's like who says Mm -hmm. and what happens in big game and is it reviewable like are they reviewable to to eject them and if they review this are they going to change it
0: it's a glancing blow but it's a solid enough one that obviously knocks her helmet sideways i have a
7: question too are we going to to start ejecting running backs to receivers when they completely lower their head and expose the crown of their helmet right to the defender? Like Cordero Patterson did when yep. he won the Scepter which just I think a think week is great. ago. You should never be thrown out for it. I think running backs have a right to do it, but the defenders have a right to protect themselves too.
0: And what we're saying is in college,
7: definitely gets kicked out right there for that shot. Oh, and yeah. People are watching oh, that yeah.
0: saying, oh, that was a bad shot. It was a bad shot. We agree, like, not good. But he gets hit late as Dre is already moving, Going which down. moves his head. It is a scary shot. Warren's 15 yards. We are on we're all on board with that i don't think dre had any intention of doing that but it happened so since it happened have to penalize because that is a penalty but to eject somebody in the nfl is just a new precedent This is a new standard and it's going to get dicey i think if they continue to do as such i don't think this is a good play i think it's a bad play by the nfl even adding this into the repertoire
7: it it, it. I always assumed, that, as the rule was before, if you get two unsportsmanlike conduct, that's when you're booted, right? Yeah. It's so like two late hits or something, you're thrown out. That's what I always announced. This is his first unsportsmanlike on this person. They get another one, they're gone. I didn't think they could do this. I mean, they, they Did they slide this in the rules without us really knowing or talking about it? I, I had a couple of people tweet me as if they were uh, much smarter than we were. Like, yeah, the
0: rule's been instituted this year or whatever. It's like, well, did we, we yeah, didn't know I don't think we read the rule right whenever it came out because we never talked about this. I almost felt like we were, when I put that tweet out, I was like, have I fucking lost it? Like, have I, when did this start? When did this start happening? Because I've been covering college now, you know, pretty tightly. I'm like, college, yeah. College is definitely. And if, has this? I thought I was losing it. I thought I got concussed. I thought I I was, like, in CT. I'm like, did we miss something? We certainly did, I guess. And it came to fruition on Sunday night
1: fucking football in a massive game. Yeah, it's Mickey Mouse, like you mentioned. 15 yards for sure. And it's one thing if, like, a quarterback is out of bounds, like completely out of bounds, and he takes a helmet-to-helmet hit like that. But this is the fucking NFL. Like, it's a full-speed play, you know, and I think the reason we haven't heard about it is because we haven't seen anything like that yet. And I think it was only a matter of – like – You'd like to think that most refs aren't badge-heavy enough to make a fucking call like that to eject a guy, but it was only a matter of time before it was going to happen. But shit like that. It, it's New York, though. They,
7: what if they didn't even want to? What if the refs on the field didn't well, even want to throw him out? But they said
0: New it was York New York. Yeah. They said it was New York. Which is even more egregious. for these
7: guys, yeah.
1: Like, it's, t- it's terrible.
0: Oh, how about, how about the ref on the field? Excuse me? This yeah. is the first time we're doing this? Uh, yeah, go tell him that he's been ejected. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> We're kicking a guy out for that right now? Yep, go tell him. I think this is bullshit, by the way. Yeah. Up. Uh, personal foul. Right? He has been uh, disqualified. And everybody, excuse me. What? We're kicking people out of games right now? And the the issue, I think, is this now gives them leeway to do this in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they, they rolled this out. And they're like, look what happened. And it's like, everybody hated it. Yeah. Uh, Still still can do it. Players' safety. Still you know. Yeah, we're looking out for the players. The players need this, remember? Well, also, you're kind of adding a little bit more control to people that maybe shouldn't have it and adding something to a game that can deeply affect it. You. you get the m- Mike linebacker ejected from the fucking game, big-time game, trying to make a playoff run. This is somebody in New York's making a decision who wasn't there. Was his intent to do this? If somebody's putting... If somebody's... Clearly, in replay, which we have 8K, we can see him. We can break it down to however many frames per second we need. And if you see somebody, see somebody's head and go, oh, yeah. I'm going to spear him and actually wow. says that and puts his head like this and goes right into the side or the temple or the face of somebody. I think, okay, the world would be like, all right, we get it. If that's what you're setting a precedent for, it was clear and obvious that he was trying to take that person's soul with that particular hit. Can't have it again. We understand. But with a bang, bang play with a guy who clearly wasn't trying to do that, who is, I think everybody says good dude. That is an interesting thing just to roll in on Sunday night football Week 10 of the NFL season.
1: Also, I mean, it looked terrible, but to, like, AJ's point, like, Justin Herbert's 6'6", 250 pounds. Like, Josh Allen, we've seen the way he runs. Like, is it yep. going to be the same thing when these guys are in, you know, the open field and they – and Josh Allen puts his head down and absolutely fucking tattoos a guy? Like, it, it, you're putting these guys in a terrible position.
0: Um, Frank Maraudo, uh Nicky Nozini <laughs> is texting into the group that the rule has apparently been on the book since 2018.
2: Yeah, I did not know this. Uh, there have not been many ejections at all. I guess there was one player who was a safety. Sean Williams for the Bengals was ejected in twenty eighteen for a hit on Andrew Luck for a helmet to helmet. They modified that son it. of a bitch. They yeah. modified it, as you mentioned,
7: uh beginning of twenty of this season to uh tweak it with like lowering to like adjust for not just the crown of the helmet, now it can be any part of the
0: helmet. Oh, so they opened it up a little bit yeah.
7: more. Why are we putting more why? 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 Why add more to the f- – It's got to be so hard to tackle these running quarterbacks, especially when they're all – some of them are 6'5", 6'6", 240, and you're not really sure if they're going to slide. And like this one too with Greenlaw, he's he's being tackled as you're running pretty much full speed, and he's – his lo- like the whole level of his body and head are lowering as you're going into him. Like intent does matter. Like you didn't specifically, like you said, line this dude up from 30 yards away and just drill him in the temple. That's not what we had here. And 15, should have been 15. Yeah. We yeah. are all in agreement. Yeah. We are all
0: in agreement. Happy Justin Herbert didn't get fucked up there. What a tough son of a bitch mm, yeah, exactly. Justin Herbert yeah. is. Because that helmet turned, and they tested him. He got pissed off that they were even testing him for a concussion. And he comes out, thank you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Give me my helmet. I'm back out there. Chase Daniels said, I forget how to play football. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, I, we can't have that be a thing. I, we, we, we would like to go on the record as stating... Love the games in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hate the ejection thing that has now creeped into the NFL from college football. We need intent to be in there. All in favor, say aye. 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 All right, now we move on. That's where we're at. I'm happy we all take a stand there. Yeah,
3: and Herbert didn't get to go back in because Chase Daniels threw three straight incompletions. They kicked a field goal, and then it was halftime. Yeah. Pretty big part of the game.
0: Huge though. part yep. of the game. Pretty huge yep. part His of the game. The ribs are
2: then. probably still fucked up, too, and he's, he's a monster.
0: Herbert? Yeah. Well, if you do recall, I met his father over there in Oregon. Oh yeah, you football,
2: football, football,
8: football,
0: football, football, football. This is what football, football is. Football kicked field goals. Since he's this big, that's why he kicked field goals because football has field goals. You you treat football how football is to be treated or whatever. It's like I didn't know the Herbert family like was like that. Loves football. <laughs> loves the football. It's like they created a dog. They need to start. You know, a Niners is a good team. We just talked about how good they are. Chargers though, it's going to be another season, isn't it? It's going to be yeah. another season. Yeah. It's going to be another season is that of. seat going to get hot. Mm-hmm. It's. A, it's, a, it's a, what's that? What?
2: What'd you say? So is that seat going to get hot? Junior's halftime interview pretty quick. A lot of talent. Pretty on that, quick on that halftime. Yeah. I mean, there a, lot was of a lot of, a lot of Injuries this year. You hate that. to say
1: it, but I think they're just perennial pretenders. Yeah. Oh shit! Jeez. Like Herbert's so good, but like you watch that. I mean, even like that the first possession they went right down the field and scored, and at no point was I like, "Oh, the Chargers are going to win." I'm like, "Nope, Niners are going to figure this out, and they're going to win," and they did.
0: And it's a shame because they got yeah. all the time. Ta- the injuries are yeah every year damning,
1: but, but that's the NFL too, right? I mean, like. Guys get fucking hurt. That happens all the time. Like, it's... You know? Like, you can't just use that as an excuse when you have a once-in-a-generation quarterback.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's not talk about the Chargers, but let's talk about injuries in the NFC West, in which the San Francisco 49ers live. Last night was a backup quarterback, first backup quarterback, oh, yeah. first backup of the backup quarterback battle whenever the Cardinals took on the Los Angeles Rams. And the schedule makers, looking at this game from before the season, probably thought this one was going to be huge. I think we all would have thought that this game would have been massive, the only game we would have talked about pretty much in that 4 o'clock slate. Instead, it's two teams that have been disappointing all season. But Colt McCoy gets a chance to play, and as soon as I heard Colt McCoy was starting, I put max units on the Cardinals yep. plus two and a half or whatever they were, plus three and a half at the time, whenever he got, I'm like, Colt McCoy's going to, Colt McCoy can spin it, Colt McCoy's been around the NFL a long time. Colt McCoy has a lot of respect, I think, of his peers. Colt McCoy understands the offense a little bit, probably just as good as anybody else does in that entire building because he's been there a couple of years. And it feels like after watching you know, Kyler and that man, D-Hop, get into it a little bit on the sideline and Kyler and the offensive coordinator and head coach Cliff Kingsbury get into it a little bit on the sideline, it felt like it was an obvious decision that if you get a backup quarterback who's talented, who knows the offense, and his peers respect him, They're going to be good. They were. The Arizona Cardinals were very good yesterday. And I don't know if that's just damning to the Rams and what the Rams have become. And Cooper Cup gets hurt. And I've heard that it's not as bad as they thought it was originally going to be. But that's no fun that the Triple Crown winner and the Yak leader of, of last season is going to be hopefully not out for a significant amount of time. But probably missed a little bit. And the Cardinals, though, find their way. This is who we thought they were going
7: to be. And they look damn good, A.J. Hawk. I mean they look I mean somewhat like a different team obviously what Kyler is so dynamic when he has the ball in his hands like you never know like the guy can make things happen but yeah it was it was unique and it was kind of fun to watch this Arizona offense with Colt McCoy at the helm like they they do that. have plenty of studs out there and I don't know if man I mean the Rams the Rams scare me I just don't know what I don't, don't know if getting... they're going to put it together at all. I don't know, I mean, Do know where we're getting... what does the future look yeah. like
0: for them too because allegedly Sean McVay's career longevity is tied to the stars of the team. Stars of the team have all accomplished something winning a Super Bowl. They all have big time money and this year has stunk so unless they all sign up to come back again which could happen i guess because they're competitors and they're dogs and they sign a contract to do as such there's a chance that that team looks very different very soon oh yeah there's a chance that sean mcveigh who's tossing chunky soups to ladies in uh, offices and stuff yeah, but- during commercial breaks could be doing a little bit more of that don't want to blow them up yet don't want to pronounce them completely dead and rebuilt just yet but it seems like that's maybe coming on the other side now to tone Diggs's point that was my immediate thought. Colt McCoy's quarterback, that team has struggled. Is it the quarterback? Is it the system? Is it a multitude of things? Veteran OG backup felt like the right thing to settle them into the place, and it certainly worked.
2: It just felt like they were more on schedule. Like the offense works how the offense is supposed to work. And if I remember, I don't know if it was last year, it felt like they were a little bit better sometimes when Colt was in the game, but you could tell yesterday, like it just felt like the, things were more smooth. Now, was that the Rams? I mean, their offense stinks, but their defense has been okay this year. Um, But it just looked like a more well-oiled machine yesterday. Yeah,
0: I think so. And this is probably, you know, Cliff Kingsbury said in his press conference that he has to sit down alongside uh, D coordinator Vance Jones. Joseph, VJ. VJ he called him. Yep. I, which, great name. Oh, yeah. I, VJ. He and VJ have to sit down with Bidwell uh, after every single game and go through why and how everything happened in the game. That's the owner. He was followed up. It, does this happen everywhere? He goes, I do not know what it is. Other places, I have not heard. We have asked – Some of our sources around the NFL, some places do it, some places don't do it. And by some, it's like a handful of teams that make it happen, and then a large majority do not have the owner sit down with the head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, every single week and go through every single play. And why it happened – Owners can do whatever the fuck they want to do, uh, but I guess this is not a normal thing across the entire NFL. It is a little abnormal. Cliff Kingsbury, once again, hired as a head coach from USC after getting fired for Texas Tech, so the owner maybe wants to be a little bit more, let's see what's going on. He re-upped him. VJ gets re-upped to him. Cliff's walking into that meeting with ownership, though, after this particular game, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, uh, there's been a lot of conversation around here. <laughs> yeah. A lot of conversation around here. Uh, I think Zito said... That Hard Knocks made him look kind of like a dope. Yeah. A little bit. A, little bit, uh, a little, bit like, dope. little bit of a sad dope. Oh, it, no. That's what the first episode of Hard Knocks uh, made him look like. <laughs> and then you see Cliff King, or you see Kyler Murray telling him, chill the fuck out, calm the fuck down, to the head coach. And then the head coach, like, not having as much success as everybody thought he was going to have. Kyler gets paid, so Kyler's a one-of-one one as well. So the ca- coach can't make the star be good. It's the coach's fault. It's the coach's fault. Then Colt McCoy comes in. Cliff Kingsbury's offense is run like how Cliff Kingsbury's offense would like to be run. He has success. I assume the one of the coolest looking dudes of all time might have a little bit different pep in his step yeah. walking into that meeting because jobs might be on the line at the end of the season if they don't work out. In descriptions and everything, it's, it's a wild world over there in Arizona. None of us understand why they aren't better than what they are. But yesterday, they fucking looked great against a division rival. I mean, that's... That's a big, that's a big developing story. When the star quarterback's not playing, and they look better than whenever the star quarterback is playing, that's a big deal. I
3: think. And it looked like Colt McCoy got hurt, and he still was. Don't worry about. It. I'm coming back in the game because they had McSorley you know, take a couple snaps. But yeah. what the hell were the Rams doing too? They put John Wolford in, and then he would play eight snaps, and then they would bring in Perkins for a couple plays. Like I don't know what's going on in LA, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything this year.
0: Yeah, do they? Are they dead?
3: Yeah, Feels like. For sure.
1: I mean, if Cup is missing, what? Maybe. Like. Three to five weeks. Like he is, he is their offense. Yeah. So what are they? An, yeah. an offense that hasn't been good. If they lose him, like they can't run the ball the same
0: yeah. yeah. Well, Cam Akers, did he get back in the fold or they did used him
1: leading carrier yesterday. Okay, yeah. so
0: he got back in the fold, which is good. Brandon Cook scored a touchdown for the Houston Texans whenever he lost his captaincy.
7: Mm-hmm. What that? is that? What what happened? Like he, Strip he to C. stripped. stripped Stripped the C. Did they like, make a big deal out of it? Bring his jersey up in the team meeting room and yeah. rip it off, or what would you do? What if?
0: What if he has to wear it, you know? And he goes walking up to the front of the room, you know? State your name. I'm A.J. Hawk, captain of this ball club. What have you been saying publicly about this team? Well, I've been saying it's a shit show because it is. Oh, is that right? And then he fucking reaches over to Lovey Smith. Give me that fucking seat, boy. <laughs> Go take a seat. And everybody boos him. Sit down, loser. Boo! Fucking loser. We hate you. Yeah, the fact that they announced it publicly was awesome. Yeah. Just want to let everybody know you might, there might be something missing from Brandon Cook's jersey this weekend. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he doesn't deserve it. He had a touchdown, I believe, get called back. Texans were in that game against the Giants. Two red zone turnovers that kind of uh, derailed it all for him. I was following very closely because I had the Giants' money line in a pretty large parlay that I placed mm-hmm. yesterday alongside the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. And the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs, which. Felt like a solid bet all along. Oh, they gave up some. And there mm-hmm. was a little bit of a sweat. Yeah. The Chiefs is still the Chiefs in this entire thing. Yeah. Uh, plus 195. Felt good about it. Just put a quick five game. Five that's four and a half max units. Yep.
2: Bam. Texans and his good AFC South for you yesterday. Texans and Jaguars just, just kept shooting themselves in the foot.
0: Yeah, well.
2: That's classic great. them.
0: Yeah, I thought it would happen. You know, water finds its level. Yeah, it did. Square, it. what's
2: that? They both
3: stink. It did happen. You
2: know what I like about the Chiefs? Easy.
0: What's
3: that? We know now.
2: They stink. They always will try to prove themselves right no matter what, and they will get their new acquisitions the ball every time.
0: Yeah, but they didn't do it the first time because we all hammered Kadarius Tony. He to no, scored the uh, first, uh, week t- first week. He scored a touchdown. But you give Andy Reid a little bit of time and Biennemi a little bit of time over there, they're going to figure out how to make the most of somebody. Uh, Travis Kelsey posted about Kadarius Tony in his Instagram story, and it felt as if everybody's like, this guy – This dude's special. Yeah, he's really good. The the way everybody was talking about him was like, this dude's special. I'm happy he's found a place where he's bought in a fresh start because I think he's going to be a joy to watch here down the stretch with that Kansas City Chiefs Mm -hmm. offense.
7: I mean, he's everything about him. He's fun. Like, he just they have so many different characters, too, when you think of that offense. Like, that's why they make some fun to watch. Like, I like seeing guys with personality and like that are unique, and I feel like the Chiefs have a lot of them. Juju took a. Oh, my my God. Was that guy ejected? What was it?
0: yeah, so that was brought up. There was also another headshot.
1: I think they picked up the flag on the juju one, too. <laughs> they did. Did he get yeah. hit in the head? I know he, know he
2: got a concussion. I didn't know if it was he got, yeah. oh, he got locked
1: up. He got locked up. No, no, oh, no, yeah, I saw that. Uh, so,
0: so you think it was his back? Is that what you're saying? Like a two-a thing?
2: <laughs> huh?
0: Probably. You're saying, did he get hit in the head? You saw that he was locked up. What, what well, did I didn't
2: you... know if it was helmet to
0: helmet. Oh, you thought it was body maybe or something? Sure, like or here? off the oh, ground. It was off the, or
2: off the ground or
8: whatever. It
0: was. He, he took a. That was a scary shot for Mm -hmm. Juju. Hope he's okay. He was just getting into it. He was just becoming... You know, him and Patrick Mahomes are finding their groove. Hopefully, they'll be able to get that back. But that's a team that's built where Juju Smith Schuster, who's become your number two, basically, on the offense behind Travis Kelsey, Mm -hmm. he can miss two weeks, three weeks if he has to, get all the way back healthy. And they got just a plethora of weapons that they can put anywhere. And Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, which is going to happen forever.
3: Yeah, and that just gives, you know, Tony even more plays to get used to the offense. But I think it was the drive after MVS got the same exact hit, damn near. Uh, and they didn't throw the flag
0: on it. Yeah, so you know a little consistency here, maybe, especially if we're going to start ejecting people from yeah. games, we'd appreciate. Right. Hope everybody gets healthy. We have to talk about the NFC North shakeup mm. that is taking place as we sit here and speak. Mm-hmm. There's a team yeah, so, mm-hmm. that has gone undefeated since a curse-breaking ritual has hit Ford Field yes. in Peyton's places. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Lions are now 2-0 and in their last NFC North games, last Whoa. two of them. Beating the Pack and the Bears. Woo! Holy Second shit. best team in the North. Justin Fields rushes for 178 yards last week. Yep. He rushes for 143 yards this week. Last time that happened was Walter Payton.
6: Thank you, Walter.
0: Shout out to Walter Payton. I don't know if he lost those games, though. I know Justin Fields certainly lost this one. The Detroit Lions are a little bit of a wagon right now. How does this feel? How do you view this? And when is this all going to collapse, Evan
6: Fox? Why this is so important? Because last week against the Packers... Every other Lions team loses that game, Rodgers marches down the field, boom, touchdown, Lions lose, and I'm screaming same old Lions. Same exact thing as yesterday, we march down the field, we score, and our defense comes in and we make a stop to win the game. That has literally never happened in my entire life, so instead of saying same old Lions, I'm going to say it, three words, Brand brand new Lies. Lies. And yeah, we'll see how long we'll be chatting this new cursed.
0: catchphrase. Uh, but the curse thing is interesting. I don't yeah. know if you saw in Peyton's Places, he and Harry. Um, he and Harry. Harry Dunn? Harry, Harry Dunn. Dunn from Dumb and Dumber. Boom. He and Harry Dunn, and also the guy that gave the speech on the class uh, about America. Um, yeah.
3: Yes, in the news. Will McAvoy. New,
0: Will McAvoy. Mm-hmm. He and. Um, <laughs> Uh, What else did Jeff Daniels be a part of? Nonetheless, he and Jeff Daniels were on the field, Ford Field, uh, with a bathtub of, I think, beer or whiskey. 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 And they did some... Rituals to eliminate some curses from the Detroit Lions. And I don't think it was because of Calvin Johnson. It was another curse. It was
6: the Bobby Lane curse from the 50s. So they've had curses.
0: We've obviously
6: only caught up with the
0: uh, Calvin Johnson one. Mm -hmm. And then there's obviously the Barry Sanders one where they did the same thing to Calvin Johnson, which I did not know. So you can go ahead and compound that particular one. Then Bobby Lane, there's a curse as well. So the Detroit Lions have been run like a terrible fucking operation (laughs) for a long time. And the football gods had punished the Detroit Lions lions yep. for acting as such the fans still showed up they had no idea that behind the scenes there were some powers working the football gods were working to bury a program that had not done things in the right fashion then peyton shows up with peyton's places mm-hmm. alongside harry dunn they performed some rituals and maybe the curses have been lifted from the detroit lions program <laughs> maybe the detroit lions are able to win some games maybe the detroit lions fans are able to have a little bit of happiness in the middle of football
6: season thank you peyton it, it had to be him. It had to be Peyton. Thank you, Peyton. Yeah, I'm well,
3: Peyton. I mean, let's not act like they're seven and two. Well they still fucking stink. Well, undefeated since the <laughs> bathtub. <laughs> Thank but you. Yes. Since the bathtub was released, but uh, it, it, there oh, is when still, they, they filmed, filmed it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What are you or saying? I don't know if they filmed it a couple weeks ago. What?
6: Hey, oh, what are you saying? That's not how it works. I'm, I'm saying the Lions are out.
3: going to fucking stink. No, for we're going to beat the Giants. Time.
6: And then guess what? On Thanksgiving, we always lose. We're going to beat the Bills on Thanksgiving. Boom. Book it Right now. Okay, we will. But why don't you put ten grand? On it. Wow. Hey, yeah. Go
0: ahead. Hey, Foxy. Why don't you? Yeah. Put, hey,
6: Foxy. Put some of your money on. Well. Book it. Book it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Even Book it. the Giants. Yeah. The only bets I win are against the Lions, like Justin Fields, 100 yards rushing, plus 470. I knew that was going to be the easiest bet of
2: all. Well, I thought you were supposed to be eating a nice, delicious victory steak yeah. today. That is there. what I wanted
6: to follow. Hey, well, it's been a busy morning. I'm sure Zito will get on it because he asked me, what do I like It medium rare? Zito
0: does make a great steak. Oh, you, yeah. you two had a steak on the line. I don't know if we brought the Foreman grill in uh, or not. Oh, I brought my own. do Oh, Zito, no, no. oh, you're a good man. Baby Zito. Baby Zito. Zito, once again, though, for the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields is electrifying. Fun to watch. You lose the Lions, which is going to be a tough bill yeah, to swallow whenever. us, but. Yeah. Of Dude. course, the ref. Uh, the ref there's a lot of people blaming old ref for, last, <laughs> for yesterday's <laughs> oh, losses. Yeah. Uh, fun team to watch, though. I think giving oh, you promise yeah. for yeah. the future, right? Yeah. So the only thing that we were missing yesterday was defense. And we basically got rid of our whole defense this year. That's so. a part of football. Oh, yeah. Well, did the uh, well? <laughs> now we have an offense. And it's fun to watch. So it's like before it was always like, oh, we have such a good defense, no offense. So Look at that pretty boring football for a long time. Now you got you a know, guy. that completely- I'm a big. I love. Fucking okay, football. not you. I'm not speaking for you. But Chicago Bears have been <laughs> tough to watch for a long time because of how ineffective the offense has been. They let Justin Fields start running. He is wide open. It's almost like he had to be empowered to do so. His off script runs. His designed runs. His Athletic, just nature about the
7: speed, he's it's just so straight, straight away speed. Yes.
0: He, he pulls away. Like, uh, who's old cuzzy? Um, Okuda. uh, Okuda, Okuda, they're racing in practice right at Ohio State. Justin Fields probably beating him in practice, All I, the time. I would assume. In the middle of an NFL game, Okuda corner, most athletic, much lighter. Them running against each other, I thought was a cool moment. Yeah. I'm sure they talked yeah. about it. I'm sure they did. But, like, Fields is pulling away from these people. But he's powerful, too. Like, everything yep. about him, they're really taking advantage of and showcasing. I'm
7: happy they're choosing to do that. And the future does look a little brighter in Chicago, I think. I mean, are you kidding? Like, first play of the game, I believe it was, he pulls it. Boom, He run, like a 30-yard run right yep. off the uh-huh. right off the bat. Like, that's just how it starts. Like, your de- the defense is already on their heels. Like, oh, man. I thought Ruiz going to get into the game a little bit before this guy broke a few explosive runs. Like, he's tough, man. Just Lions, four
6: stitches, too.
0: Lions, what's that? Just four stitches on him. Mm-hmm. Beyond his ear, they got him.
7: No big deal. Went back
0: out there. Sick chain, too, I over there. But the Lions face that. They face adversity. Yeah. They come back and win. Brand-new Lions. Yeah. Brand-new
6: Lions. Let's go.
0: Very nice
3: of Fields, too. Like an old homage to Okuda being his best friend, just throwing him a pick six. For yeah. Fun. Yeah.
0: Immediately yeah. after that run? Right after. Oh, yeah. Hey, sorry about outrunning there, pal. Here's a
3: – Score a touchdown. Here's a gamey. After
0: the blown call. Win yeah. the
3: game for your team.
0: Certainly a blown call. I-, I don't know if the Bears fans ever thought they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. But I think Bears fans think they're able to win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields as quarterback. Oh yeah! So that's a win. Here we go. Yeah, He's well,
6: really
3: good. As soon as the you know the Packers fell off a little, and then so the Bears kind of picking up the steam. Well,
0: the, the Vikings, Vikings are unbelievable. The Vikings yeah. now, yeah, you're right. This is just like whenever <laughs> the, bill. the Dolphins get good, yeah. and the Jets start getting good, and it was 20 years of the Patriots now. Fucking Buffalo Bills are a wagon. Kind of oh. a tough stuff for the division. I can't wait to see what the Lions become with MCDC. It seems like he's buying a lot more time, right? You guys are all going to give him like 10 more
6: years probably. You have to give him more time. I mean, he was already going to have next year no matter what, but I just love this. My biggest thing is as long as the locker room's happy and players aren't coming out and bitching about MCDC, stay as long as you want because that seems to be the only thing that matters.
0: Speaking of locker room being happy, Dolphins seem to be pumped
7: up. 39-17 over the Browns. Tua is... Hey... Look at his stats. I know, man, I know Dane is talking about him all over the place on TV, on ESPN. Like, of course. true. I mean, Tua, Tua looks good, man. Like, they look, he looks in control. He looks like, hey, they actually believe in me. It's pretty cool when everyone around me and the team surrounding me, and not only do I have studs everywhere I look, but the front office, the head coach, like, they seem to actually be pushing me and, like, putting me in position to make plays and, and try to, like, Help me do what I do best.
0: And Tyreek has cut a lot of promos for him. You know, he's coming yep. from Patrick Mahomes. He's like, I'm, I'm excited to be playing with the most accurate quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL. Everybody's like... He's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, huh? And then this year you watch, he is a sniper. This dude is throwing darts with that southpaw, that left hand, even though he's a righty. He's a lefty, and he's throwing absolute darts in the NFL. The offensive system, it is not a simple one. I think it's pretty sophisticated. They have a lot of weapons. They're able to get everybody open and wide open. feels like everybody's bought in. is not a man of a lot of words, I guess, after the game. Uh, uh, McDaniel said, he won't tell you. The guy's about to break us down. But he is balling the fuck out right now, too. And two goes, okay, they're like, speed. He's like, all right, family on three. Here we go. One, two, three, family. Like, seems like he's focused on the right things. All the shots to the shins that he's been taking, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like that has almost made him uh I don't want to say chip on the shoulder, not that he wouldn't have been in the past, but he's not getting too high on the highs. Feels like the next job is the next job. He's very, very comfortable. <laughs> the last time the Dolphins were 7-3 was two, 2001. This is from Tim Reynolds. Shout out to Tim Reynolds for the stat. 24 starting QBs ago for the Dolphins. Eight head coaches ago. Seven stadium names ago. They had the Land Shark at one point. They were Land Shark with Jimmy Buffett's beard on there at one point. Had uh, zero titles. LeBron was still in high school. The iPod just came out. iPhone was six years away. Tool was Three years old. McDaniel was at Yale, and Tom Brady was a first-year starter. That is what has happened since. The Dolphins have been worth a fuck ten weeks into the season. god Sam. So happy for Gumpy. So happy for the Dolphins. Congrats to Tua too. He's yeah. had to battle a lot mentally, and I feel like we've been on the Tua train for a long time. Zero punts yesterday. Shot to Thomas Morstead, mm-hmm. who's very good at his job, has been for a long time. He also has an eight-pack. It appears in Jeez. that shirt. Thomas yeah. is fucking yoked yeah. right now. Zero punts. That means the offense is efficient. They're winning. They're having a blast. Miami seems like a good place for a lot of free agents to want to go as well mm-hmm. after this particular great season.
3: And they're the fucking two seed in the AFC, and we've talked about their home field advantage, and granted if it's the playoffs, they might be playing a you know afternoon game or a night game, but if they went out, are, there's a chance they're, what, the one seed, and the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden are the authority in the AFC. And you've got to go down to
0: Got to go down to the Heat uh-huh. in the middle of the winter and take on some dogs led by McDaniel, who continues to be the coolest looking coach in the NFL. Those shades he oh wears. Oh, my God. So cool. The dog. So cool. I'm he's happy awesome. he's winning. I'm happy he's winning so I don't have yeah. to change.
2: There was also a cool video, I believe, I saw on the sideline of him looking at a coach and saying, We need to get, to get, get that figured the fuck out.
0: Yeah. yeah. And last week, Justin Fields. Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Stop. <laughs> Stop doing that. McDaniel seems to be. The guy. Congrats the yeah. There, all parties down Yep. Um, my wife uh, sent me an article. It's about Giselle oh. and that guy. I don't know oh, I yeah. Care. Are,
7: are they, they really, like, together or are they just pictured together? Well, they've
3: trained together.
7: They roll together. Yeah, they're our old oh, – She do jiu-jitsu. Yep, there are old yeah.
3: photos of, of them doing jiu-jitsu together. Oh,
7: so maybe it's just
3: completely just friendship.
2: No, it went on a dinner date.
3: Yeah, he's also Brazilian, so I know that they both share the native tongue yeah, of Portuguese. It's hard when you're Brazilian,
2: there's a lot of sweaty and rolling around fucking.
0: I think jiu-jitsu, though, is something that a lot of Brazilians practice. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
3: The dude who beat Adesanya. It's very erotic when they did it. Pereira, he's jiu-jitsu <laughs> Brazilian. No, is it it's Diggs? not. A,
0: it's a but profe- uh, well, That's what not, I totally said. The exact opposite. Of guys roll saying. with girls all
7: the time. It's not erotic. Yeah, yeah. It's just but in Brazil, it's super erotic.
0: No, no. That's what we're saying. It's not. In, no. Bra- no. in America, it might be. In but Brazil, it's, it's not. No. But it could it
1: be though. You could, Strictly business. Could spice it up. Yeah,
0: there's a massive chance. Yeah, I mean, they might be getting in there and really tapping each other out for real, and you know that that could be the thing. But I don't think that is just how it is. Like, you need <laughs> to stop I've being. I've
2: seen such a lot of oils. I've seen a lot of. Seen a lot of documentaries about it. You ever seen Mike in Brazil?
3: Yep, there's one neuro-massage, Tony. I knew you were going <laughs> to fall to that one as well. But, I mean, we saw a video of Brady walking to the sideline last weekend. I mean, he's doing just fine.
1: This guy's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He never takes his gi off, ever.
0: He took his gi actually in the photo. He didn't have a <laughs> gi. Yeah, was yeah.
1: doctored image. He, he does not. Oh,
0: this is very interesting, though. You know, Tom Brady probably had... Uh, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to accuse anybody. I'm happy they're both happy. Yeah, Happy they're both happy. Tom had
3: those cheerleaders staring at him as he was walking. Tom's going to be
0: just fine. But I'm happy that they're they're both happy. Uh Happy they're both happy. Good luck out there, everybody. Pretty quick. (laughs) Pretty quick turnaround. Probably some people wondering about suspicions and things in the past, but... Happy everybody's happy.
6: Happy everybody's happy. All
0: right, let's get to some overreactions. <laughs> let's get to some overreactions, which we might have been doing right there. Sure yeah, probably. Know. We might have been piecing some yeah. things together yeah, there. It seems very quick. seems very, very quick. But we don't know enough about the relationship. When did they actually start separating? Sure. When were they right. Together? When was this whole thing? We're happy they're both happy. Good luck out there. Good luck. Good luck, everybody. And nobody accidentally walk into that house because you'll get both arms broken. Bam, bam, right. yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tom, remain pliable. I don't know how much pliability you're going to need, though, so you don't have to. Yeah, You know, you know yeah, a couple good fights. Away. A couple good fights. Chandler Poirier was fucking fireworks. Bomb. Did you watch that
7: thing? Uh No, I've only seen clips of all of it. I haven't gone back and watched. Chandler,
0: at one point, was standing both hands down with Poirier up against the thing, just fucking, we're talking oh, yeah. big, big bombs like mm-hmm. this. And then Poirier would be dazed, confused. Then he would come back to it. Boom! The other way on Chandler. It was... Awesome. I think that was, I didn't make it through the whole fight. I didn't make it through the whole fight card. Wanted to see this particular one. A lot of blood. Chandler was dumping blood out of his nose onto Poirier's face. That was obviously not. He went for the, uh, he went for one of these, uh, hook of Uh, Poirier's (laughs) face at one point, which is certainly illegal. Poirier called him out on that at the end. I assume Chandler, he's not, we all think, everybody thinks Chandler's a good guy. I would assume in the moment he was maybe trying to do something else, but that was brought up immediately afterwards. Hell of a fight by those Steve fight, Jim. I guess Poirier's a fucking dog, huh?
7: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Both the, those guys, but yeah, special.
0: The way Poye was being described by the commentators who are, you know, obviously Rogan and DC and...
1: John Anik.
0: Great guy. Mm-hmm. Got to meet him. Yep. He's very good at what he does. The way they were talking about Poye, it was like... Hey, every fighter basically says like, if we need somebody to be fought, like we're sending Poye is like the tough guy. He's fucking good at everything: rolling, jujitsu, striking. Mm. He's the way he was being talked about. It, it was
7: I didn't know he's that. not scared to. He's not scared to brawl. That's for sure.
0: That's like, what, yeah. They say he'll get into it, but then he also. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm, and, and that—that's what he did to Chandler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was working that for a while. Yeah, he, he had it there for a while a lot of. You know, Giselle and uh, yeah, yeah, are, her. they're working on this <laughs> a lot of that's that's right. on this type of thing, you know what I mean? And then they get it in there. Just like gotcha. That.
7: Just like that. What's that, pal? What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing there? What's that move? So
1: he had give him me. straddled. Yeah, you like, got the body lock on. He yeah. yeah. had him
0: straddled like so right here, you know what I mean? And then yep. he wouldn't give him his neck, so he was doing a lot of this. Softening it off. Yeah. Give, me, give oh, me the move. And then the guy was holding his hand. Chandler was holding his hand at one point. He punching it in there. And then... Switch. And then, nope, <laughs> get in there. Nope. <laughs> and then, boom, boom, got, got it, got it, it. Got and it. then tap, his game. Came, uh, tap came quick, tap came quick. I would never want to do that. I was watching. North no, no. Yeah, very specific never. breed. Boxing, maybe. Boxing at one point, maybe, just because I've been in the virtual arena. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been in the yeah. Oculus. You got
3: the movements mm-hmm. down. And I got it. Yeah, you know.
0: Exactly. I know. I know. Yeah. I know what it is.
3: Dana White said.
0: Never want to get in there because, uh, you know, don't want to get punched in the actual face. Sure. But at some point, I, I do think that would be a fun experience to fight somebody similar, like, like never boxed before. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting in there with somebody who's fighting.
7: Like me. who, though? <laughs> How, like what size of person would you fight? Uh, it's funny.
0: I don't know. I honestly. You I don't want to fight anyone your weight, do you? Yeah, I'm very heavy. So that has kept me out of the fight game, wrestling game pretty easily. Like, all right. Oh, you're 240 pounds? Yeah, you're Sweet. a heavyweight. <laughs> Here's this six foot eight guy who also weighs 230. <laughs> and uh, You, you know, can th- cut pretty easy, though. I don't know if I can get low enough. My ass and thighs, I don't know if they can get small enough to get me down to, like, 180, which is I think would be cool. <sighs> that would be mm-hmm. you would 60 destroy. pounds. <laughs> you go down to 180? That's- I mean, that's, 60 It's that's a big pound. jump. Big jump. Yeah, but that's, like, the people that I would want to fight against. Mm-hmm. You know, like, give me yeah. the, because even, like, the 135s, like, they fucking, those people would kill you. hmm and I got 105 pounds on them. And I'm like, nope, not doing that. Yeah, no way. You no know, way. Hey, hey, come on. Yeah. Jeez, Spider least. monkey. They fucking yeah. land one of those, you're done. <laughs> those guys gas tank too. <laughs> Just nonstop. They're going forever. Yeah. Man. They got all the moves too. Mm-hmm. The whole hoop. Yeah. Did you see Floyd knock the guy out, I guess, in a sixth round? No he way. was rapping in between rounds. He was really, really tired and gassed.
2: Was it one of those, another one's overseas, where he gets paid like 40000
7: to. I think Knock so. Knock out the birthday boy or something.
0: I think so. Yeah, Before Jake Paul was there for whatever. So is I he think- fighting Andrew
7: Tate. Is Jake Paul gonna is he gonna fight uh, fight Andrew Tate?
0: Okay, so. I- I don't want to sound like an ignoramus. This is—I co- okay. had no idea this dude existed, no Andrew Tate. T- I know it yeah. when I learned of him. He was getting kicked off the internet, right? He, he off yeah, me internet. too.
7: Same with me. That's when I started learning about him.
0: But that Jake Paul and him face to face had like nine million views on yeah. Twitter or something. It's like, oh, a lot of people would like to mm-hmm. see this. And I saw a lot of people quote tweeting it, saying "double knockout, can't wait." <laughs> so I guess he is probably an internet
7: person, just like Jake. He's a th- he was a Thai kickboxer though. Like he—he he was a kickboxer. Hey, Jake's
6: good. I
7: Jake, know. Jake is a boxer.
6: Yes. Yeah, are people over I that know. yet? Like, he's legit, right? Yeah, Jake is like a uh, good
2: boxer. People won't be over it until he fights, like, an actual boxer,
0: right? Yeah, but no actual oh. boxer will really fight him. Right. Because if the actual boxer loses to him, it's career over. So I think he's in an interesting predicament. where, Like, Tommy Fury fought I think he un-
7: eventually wants to, though. He eventually wants to get to, like, legit boxers. I think he's trying to find his way up there. I think it's the other way. I think the boxers don't want to. I mean, there's boxers
0: probably. Like, there's great boxers out there that would get in the ring with Jake Paul. And I assume at this stage of the game, with him only being three years into this, and some boxers literally boxing since they're kids doing the whole thing, I assume there's boxers out there that would, I know there's boxers out there that would embarrass Jake Paul at this particular stage in the boxing ring. But I think he has struggled to find boxers that aren't like the, world champions who will take the fight with him because if you're a boxer and you lose at boxing to jake paul that potentially derails some things now that's not how i would view it that'd be the biggest ring biggest stage you could ever get into if you're a boxer but if everything jake is saying is true jake has tried to get boxers to fight him and they fucking won't they just for what because i think it's because they know he's pretty fucking
7: good and there's a chance yeah and there's not, there's not another – like what boxer has a big enough name that Jake would want to fight him too? He didn't, why does Jake want to Canelo fight a guy a that not a lot of people know? That's a great he wants boxer. To get to That's good for Jake.
0: I think he wants to get to Canelo, he has called a But Tommy Fury. He's lose some yeah, he's weight. He's going to lose like some weight to fight Canelo. Yeah, he's
1: like 50, 60 pounds heavier than Canelo. Yeah.
0: It would be tough to lose – I mean, I, I can't lose five pounds on a day. But like um, Tommy Fury fought – Right? In this one, this past weekend, I saw him fighting because I saw his dad got into it with Jake Paul. They were yelling at each uh-huh. other and everything like that. Yeah. But Tommy Fury's backed out of the fight like numerous times. Oh, yeah. With, and he's supposed yeah. to. Visa be, issues or something. Yeah, right? the there's country. always something. There was, he was sick. Probably all valid. Probably all very valid. I don't think I've ever seen this before in any fights that have been marketed that, you know, just numerous times just back out like the day before. Visa issue, travel issue. There was a sickness issue, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I feel like he was supposed to be the boxer though, that Jake Paul fought that was like, hey, he fought a boxer, and then the boxer was the one that backed out a couple of times. So there's nothing Jake mm. can do that, I don't think.
2: Um, kind of off topic, but you just mentioned travel issues. Does the team not tell people that they're traveling abroad this season so get your passport? Because it took, like, Fournette didn't have his passport till like, three hours before the game.
0: And then what happened with the Scottish uh, hammer? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: he got stuck. In well, he's a foreign 100. national, right?
0: Well, I don't know what that means, but he got hung up in Heathrow for like four days. Yeah, Uh Yeah, what is that? What is that? Well, we can't, I mean, getting Gumpy. Gumpy has a job, a house, no record, literally waiting on him here in America, and it's impossible to get him here. So I think maybe immigration is also a fucking nightmare. I I assume that is also something to deal with, AJ?
7: I guess. uh, Usually if you know your team's going to be playing – Like uh, in in another country and you need a passport, like in camp, they'll try to take care of that. Hey, if you don't have it, let's make sure we get our paperwork in now. Let's go do that. The year we played in
0: London, we had to bring our passport to training camp so they would get a... uh... Renew it? No, they got a... uh... A photocopy, photocopy photo of it, oh. and then they sent it all basically to whoever was handling it. And you did have to have your passport on you, but there was a backup to a backup if you needed, it, and it had already been checked. That was in preseason. That's why I was so Jeez. confused about
2: the Fortnite situation. Like they knew they were going to Germany this year. Yeah,
0: I don't know.
3: What is that all about, Lenny? He got hurt too. Well, he, scored a touchdown. Scored though.
2: touchdown. Oh yeah, he didn't needed
0: start that, that. through pick. Needed that. The through. other guy started, I think. No, I think Lenny started. Oh, did he? Yeah. You're saying about the other guy who's really good, Rashad sure. yeah. White. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he he seems to add a burst to that team. Oh yeah, Fe, uh, Lenny got to start though. I think okay. I'm pretty sure because I had him in an anytime touchdown score. Probably. Oh yeah, so I saw him out there. He wasn't moving a lot, and then the other guy got in and they get a lot of yards. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, let's not move. Let's not move off of Lenny. You know, he's second half guy, second half guy. Then he would come back in. Then the other guy. What's the dude's name? Rashad White. He's fucking good. Yeah. Really good. He's big. Big son of a guy. Fast. Explosive. Yeah. yeah, he's very, very good. And this is, if he can catch, which we assume he can because yeah. he's in the Buccaneers offense, this is the type of, oh, yeah
7: in Germany, yeah. nein! He lined this up.
0: Guten yeah, Tag! Man, he's He's a hell of a player. I was worried they weren't going to put Lenny back on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was something that was kind of scary to me. All right, it's time on this glorious Monday to wrap things up in beautiful fashion with dabbling around the entire NFL universe to see what all the fandoms are potentially thinking one day after the NFL Sunday Week 10 slate. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for hashtag PMS. I don't want to overreact, but... (laughs) We're going to win the Super Bowl. With that being said, a lot of shit to figure out. We fucking suck. I think it's the wrong video there. I'm not 100% sure. But hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact. But. Ended up being the number two trend on Twitter. We appreciate everybody dabbling and involving and, you know, helping us. Get a test of how everybody feels about their team. This has really been a fun hashtag to go through every single Monday, late afternoon, early evening. Start scrolling through these. You can really get a taste of how every fan base feels. We read through them. Ty Schmidt picks the best ones, and we shall dabble. Chris J. the at crazypanda0629. <laughs> mm-hmm. panda, panda, panda. Panda, 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 panda. Hashtag panda. PMS, I don't want to overreact, but? but the Colts are winning the Super Bowl. Jeff Saturday is the greatest coach of all time. He's so good, he had Derek Carr crying and gave Joe Thomas his 113th career <laughs> L. Oh! Hashtag for the shoe, hashtag Super Bowl. Hey, Chris, I'll tell you what, <laughs> you might be a fucking crazy panda foul, but you're not that crazy in this particular sense. That roster has always been good. That's why with how terrible they were doing, it was so alarming. Jeff Saturday goes in there, rallies the boys, got a big time test against the Eagles. I don't think Think anybody would have expected the previous Colts before Jeff Saturday was here to beat the Eagles, or the Jeff Saturday-led team to beat the Eagles? But I think they'll show up. I think they've bought in, and I think it'll be a much better game than anybody could imagine. I like this Colts team a lot. Going to be tough to make it in the playoffs in the AFC side. The Bills are in third place in the AFC East. They are six and three, so it's going to take a lot of wins, I think, to get in on the AFC side. Maybe the Colts can go ahead and do that. AJ
7: Hawk. I mean, yeah, maybe they can. But are people seriously? Saying the Colts are going to make the playoffs after they win one game with Jeff as the head coach, AJ. Yeah, I'm saying they can. I love Jeff. I'm all for him being there, the but Jeff I don't know if exactly one game catapults them into the playoff picture. It's
1: overreaction, Monday, you buffoon. What do you want people to say? What's your problem, yeah,
0: AJ. Oh, no, yeah, it's all
7: overreaction. <laughs> okay, let me just uh, let me just agree with everything you say. You're right, continue whatever uh, you have to say. Uh, oh, sorry, that's
0: real. F- oh, big noon kickoff, guys. Yeah, oh, there it oh, way to go. Hey, yeah, it's good TV. Why we even doing Oh man, yeah, what's the purpose of this? Why am I predicting anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, listen, <laughs> it is a real thought around here in Indianapolis that hey, Jeff can rally the boys, Jeff can yeah. rally the troops. Jim Mercer said, I think about nine wins is going to get you in. I don't think that's accurate. No. I think you're going to need more than nine to get there if you start looking around the The uh, the wild card right now for the AFC is... Jets at five, Bills at six,
3: Patriots at seven.
0: And they all have six wins
3: or whatever. Patriots at
2: five.
3: Patriots five and four. The Chargers were... all out in front of them.
0: So the Colts can go get everything, but they're going to have to win a lot quick. And will Jeff be able to do that? I'm not sure. But I know it's going to piss a lot of people off if they do. Not me. Why? Not Crazy Panda. I don't understand why. I don't get it. Well, because Jeff took a job from a coach who's earned this particular opportunity. He's not qualified, damn it. He's not qualified for the job in which he holds. He's actually a disgrace because he even accepted the role, even though other players who have been in the exact same situation have openly said publicly that they would accept the job. Same exact person says he should have turned it down because he understands how he doesn't deserve the t- It is, if he has success... I mean, Kyle Brandt said, the internet booger eaters told me. Bur- you really
7: say booger, booger eaters? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Good morning football, yeah.
0: <laughs> he uh, said, these gross. people told me to apologize about my Jeff Saturday tickets. Like, what if they beat the Eagles? Not saying they will. Eagles are a fucking wagon. We love the Eagles around here. They're the best team in football right now. Not saying that. But if they do and they keep winning, I would like to hear the tone of all these people yeah. who, you know, he- attack a former
7: player. Be Being mad at Jim Coach. Or, per se. don't be mad at Jeff. Like, why are you mad at Jeff?
2: Even if they don't beat the Eagles, no coaches beat the Eagles this year, so that doesn't fucking yeah.
3: matter. And guess no. who they
7: have beaten? The fucking
3: Chiefs. So And are they
2: saying, like, well, if John Fox was a coach, they would have fucking de- – they're definitely beating the Eagles.
0: Gus Bradley, he's earned this. He's been a head coach before. This is spitting in the face of the coaching. Uh, I can't. So dumb. Dumb. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it, but they're all puppets, you know, hey, mm-hmm. hey, what should I say, tell me what to say, what makes me right, <laughs> not a lot of views, you know, so, mm-hmm. I guess that's, a good yeah, takes. That Joe
3: Thomas won crush last week, tell did, you what. It did really well. Uh-huh.
2: People care too much. Everyone's just a fucking mark. About, market about and the wrong shit, I that's think. That's what I mean, that's what I mean, who, who. I mean, he's the interim. Jeff head Saturday's interim. Head- Who cares?
0: It's the interim. There was people yeah. obviously coming out to bat against it. They were like, "Okay, so you put Gus Bradley in there to be the head coach? This team stinks." Gus Bradley been a head coach before? Not great. Gus Bradley head coach again? Not great. Does that ruin Gus Bradley's chances of fucking forever being a head coach? Maybe. Like, how come the immediate thought is this guy is this is a disgrace as opposed to like oh, This might be a new way to hire a head coach. This might give other owners an opportunity to say, Oh, you know what? It worked there. If we, we got a guy that's directly associated with our organization that our fans love, who has all the traits, we can now make them a. It's too simple to think that way. Yeah. I guess it's too hard to think that way. I, I don't, one or the other.
7: I don't know what it is. I don't know. If it ever happened, no, to it's always Patriots. no. Go ahead, AJ. No, it's always, it's like this. The people that say, "Well, that's, why are we doing it that way?" Because that's the way it's always been done. That's how we've always done it. Okay, cool. Then we should exactly do the opposite because that's stupid to just continue it just to continue something.
0: Well, and then everybody just falls in line. Okay, I got yeah. my marching mm-hmm. orders. Yep. You're right. This is a disgrace. Okay. All right, dude. Get the fuck out of
3: here, bro. What were you going to say, Connor? Like, I feel like as a fan, that is what you would want. Like, If the Patriots ever somehow ran into this and you know Steve Belichick wasn't an option, you would want a former player, uh, whether it be you know, Gerard Mayo, who's already on the staff, or just someone uh,
0: from the organization to run it. Uh, we just got a heads up from Nick Morato. Jeff Howell has tweeted that head coach Josh McDaniels has been given – assurances by ownership that he will return to coach the Raiders in 2023, according to a team source via The Athletic. So it's burning down over there. He earned his stripes, though, so he can lose all these games because he earned his stripes up there in New England. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. Las Vegas Review-Journal quoting uh, Davis, Mark Davis. I like Josh, okay? I think he's doing a fantastic job. That's why I hired him. We did an exhaustive search and found a person we believe is going to bring the Raiders to greatness. Thank you, Las Vegas Review Journal. Afterwards, Mark Davis went on to say, All right, guys,
1: i got good dinner. Play Game Boy and go to dinner.
0: That fucking photo of
1: him with his back, there it is. Beavis. He don't know
0: exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. High back chair at the owner's meeting. He is topic of conversation. <laughs> I'm wearing my backpack. I'm wearing my starter jacket. I'm sitting down in a high back chair with my backpack on. Things are going to become a pillow if I want to sleep on <laughs>
3: <laughs> they should release all the emails.
0: He's about, yeah, I think they should. All right, I'm going there, <laughs> yeah, guys. i there, guys. <laughs> Night one, owner's meeting. <clears throat> all eyes on the emails and John Gruden situation. Mark Davis walks up to a group of reporters. They say, do you have anything to say? That's he weird. says, uh, I'm going to go, there. I gotta go there, guys. See you later. I'll, I'll get you later. Just walks right by him. Yeah, what, awesome. a, what a guy.
7: What a fucking
0: Sucking guy. On a and he's not going to
7: pay. He's not going to cut him. You're not going to fire Josh McDaniels and have to pay him? You just uh, How many year deal oh, yeah. does he have?
0: Rocky Sin, Chandler Jones, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. Um, Josh Jacobs are going to have to pay. Who knows if they will or not.
7: Mark Davis has paid a lot of people. People
0: are talking Max, about him. Man. Crosby.
7: Mad Max. Max Crosby. He's built that big house right now, too. Waller. He he had a tax situation
0: going on, and people said he was the only okay. non-billionaire that owned a team or whatever before he moved to Vegas. I assume he is now a billionaire with the way the NFL has gone and that whole thing. But like the amount of money he's had to put into escrow for guaranteed contracts for a lot of people that are very big, and also you know what's going on with the Raiders PR wise potentially if this Gruden thing becomes a, a full-on thing, like. Mark Davis is probably not going to be as patient with a losing season as he once has been in the past um, because a lot of the pressure and a lot of money he's spending. But I guess whenever he goes back to this house, yeah. he could just go ahead and kick his feet up yes. and say, all right, guys, uh, I'm cooking good. my own dinner. <laughs> this guy's the best, dude. Yeah. How That's do you awesome, think uh, the
3: team's reacting today to what Derek Carr had to say?
0: So did you watch that Derek Carr was crying, talking about how much effort he and others on that team give to not only practice every single day but go to sleep, like the lives that they live to play football for the Raiders is what he was alluding to, and they're two and whatever, seven or two and whatever the fuck yeah. they are now, two and seven, I think. So it's just he's bummed, he's pissed off, and not everybody's in there. What's your takeaway yeah. from Derek Carr's? I, I appreciate the fact he he was emotional. They do stink, though. Like, mm. They're a good team. Yeah. They just don't win games. Like When I was watching them last night, I'm like – Happy that the Colts got a win over him. I'm like, this is a good team. We got to win. Then you look at the records, like this team fucking stinks. Why don't they win games? And how do you feel about Derek Carr taking that moment to do that uh, in the press conference?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, he definitely cares about winning. He cares about the team, so I definitely appreciate that. But I just felt weird. It felt awkward. Yes, to yeah, me. it really did. Like, and I'm all for like people being emotional. I think it's awesome to show like. Be vulnerable. Show people how really? much you care. I'm all for right. It. Yeah. Like, no, I, I I think you should cry when you're happy. I don't think you should cry when you're sad. Like, I, I agree with crying when you're happy. Just not sad. And he, I don't know which one he was. He he was somewhat obviously sad and upset and frustrated, but it just felt awkward, man. I don't know how you I don't know how guys will feel about it. I love when people
0: show emotions. <laughs> when, I do. Wouldn't you say, AJ? I love it. Yes. That. You are one of the least emotional people I think we've ever encountered. That's completely day. false, though. You don't know. on, this, like, show, no, I don't ever on this show.
7: On no, this show, I mean.
0: On what this you mean? show, what do you mean? No, you'll get too high on the high, or too yeah, low on about, the lows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I mean,
7: yeah, I want to. I want to be just steady, incline at all times. But you do.
0: I understand you are emotional when it comes to your kids and coaching and playing and everything like that. You flipped off your coach. You flipped off the fans. You flipped off the ref. I understand. No, not the fans.
7: Not the fans. No. Yes, well, every once in a while, I, I, I never. I'm it was on. always directed at somebody. Never at a random fan. At it was it was Michigan, directed at somebody. Okay, Come well, on, nonetheless, definitely not in college. You get kicked out of a game in college. You try that.
0: Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers did that? That press conference. <laughs> Could you imagine? Awesome. He's giving up hope. He uh, fake cares. Mm-hmm. He's uh, basically telling the team that they're done for the season. Like, I appreciate the fact that Derek Carr went about doing it the way he does. I think the reporter who tried to ask a question as soon as Derek Carr took a breath in the <laughs> yeah. middle of his yeah. Yeah. statement, like, all right, a little self-awareness, probably none, but appreciate what you're doing there, trying to get every answer. I'll, I'm going to finish it. But fucking asshole. <laughs> put a bow, yeah. To put a
1: bow on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm sure that the reporter is probably like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking awkward. Let me try to change the subject. Oh, boohoo. You guys stink. <laughs> Quit fucking crying. God. That's, that's how you feel? Though? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I get it. Yeah. Oh. You know, you're, work, oh, you're, hey, it. you're working really hard. Oh, boohoo, dude. It is Jesus. true, though. No one wants to hear Shut you. Shut up. About how hard you guys you stink. Like, big yeah. deal. A lot of teams stink.
0: Tom Griswold of the Bob and Tom show told me one time we we're running a commercial break, and there was something serious that happened. I forget how it got brought up. But he was like, people are going through enough shit. Just fucking make them laugh, dude. Don't bring your shit into their life. They got enough shit. And then just moved on. I'm like, what a profound statement that is. And I've carried it into like not just this particular show, but like life as a whole. And I, I guess that kind of makes you guarded and like opening up to people. And you should definitely do that with friends. But it is real. Like when you do something like that, you you open up the conversation that Ty just said. Like, Bro. We don't give a fuck, okay? You just signed for $50 million, okay? It is hard yeah. for me to feel bad for you in the position that you're in. And I, I like what Derek Carr did. I think his teammates will appreciate what he did because it seems like he cares and he called some people out and went about doing it. But you are opening up and setting yourself up for people to say, oh, yeah, you're, you're hopping in a fucking $100,000 car to go back to your thing. What- Sorry, you can't sleep. You shouldn't be able to sleep. Look how much money you're taking. You're not winning games. Like, that is what people's natural reaction is going to be. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that is a natural reaction to that type of situation. And Derek was just, you know, being authentic, which we all hope every athlete would be. But it was much different than anybody could have imagined
1: that. And I get it. I'm not questioning his toughness or anything like that. Because, like, yeah, you play in the NFL. You're taking massive hits. Like, I get it. I can't fathom. You know, when you go into a season probably expecting to like compete for a Super Bowl and now here we are, you know, halfway through the season and it's over already. But again, no one fucking cares. No one wants to hear it. Like you think Raiders fans after they watch that they're like oh, okay. well, you know what? Like
0: We love him. He's
7: Man. he's he's making
3: I some doubt good they,
1: points. I doubt they like a whole lot yeah no one no. gives a shit again because like you said you're making 50 million dollars you're driving yep. home into a situation that's better than any of the fans like this is our for a lot of fans like hey guess what i live for sundays like that's the only thing that gets me through the week my life stinks okay oh, oh you got beat on sundays you're gonna fucking cry in front shut up play better was okay? that Coach sirianni okay? talk? yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah you, know, you know who would never cry at press conference <laughs> sirianni god damn right
0: um i appreciate his authenticity yeah. and transparency. Yeah. But with that being said, I don't think I don't think he set himself up to do any favors. You know, this is knee, oh. knee drive on the planes. I, I, I respect
7: him for not just giving football
1: cliche garbage answers. 100%. I'm, I'm glad
7: that didn't happen. I agree. Do the Packers have their first-round pick?
1: Well, they got hurt. Uh, they of... used it. I think it was in last oh, year's yeah. draft because they got both guys from Georgia. Okay.
0: How about, uh, about LaFleur, huh? Showing a little fight. Him and Aaron getting into it at the end. well yeah, that. Well,
1: Lafleur did, you know, I mean. Didn't go. Great through. play call at the end of uh, the fourth quarter there. What? Game should have never went to overtime. And I don't know how much of that. I mean, if you watch the film, it looks like that was Lafleur's play call, and Aaron mm-hmm. was not happy with it, but. I don't know. I think that's a lot more to guys on the field, you know, kind of coming through than it is the, the coaching staff. I oh, think.
0: you're not sold on the Lafleur? Just beat Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl with backers. Lafleur took his big khakis, balls and big win. Mm-hmm. Got the crowd jacked up. Yeah, sound. getting the crowd jacked up on a primetime game <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys Big time win. Yeah, I will
1: say. I wonder if it was him who finally said, "Hey, maybe uh, Mari Rogers shouldn't be fucking returning punts anymore." You know, it's ten weeks into the season. We've let this guy fumble fifty eight times. Like, maybe now we take a switch. And then, oh, what do you know? You know, the guy who we replace him with uh, right away. You know, perfect, perfect catch gets about a seventeen yard gain. It's like, wow, we haven't done that all year. But you know, let's let's wait till it's fucking week ten and our backs are against the wall, and you got to win every single game. So hey, yeah, if he if that was his decision, hats off.
3: Hey with the floor, baby. go win you over fly. Mike. Yeah, I don't want to put words in his mouth either, but didn't Aaron tell us he, gets, he has sometimes the option of two plays? I think
0: that's what a lot of people were uh, saying on the internet after Aaron got pissed off. I was like, well, why doesn't Aaron just call it? I'm like, well, that's an interesting find out on Tuesday. That's right. Okay. Hey, what was said there, and he'll just talk about, you know, a little emotion, a little, you know, mm-hmm. spur of the moment there, a little, a little fire yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, but
7: happen. but guess what? They won the game, so it doesn't matter. God that's damn right. Ain't right. They moved after getting the ball back. They moved. Boom, boom, boom. Lizzo- and boom. Mike, like Michael Parsons, wasn't much of a factor either that yeah, game too. Which is, well. we thought, I thought he was getting wrecked the whole game. Well, yeah,
2: Bach wasn't playing on a split Astro turf field.
0: Slim, is it split?
2: Split. Wow. Fuck. Slit. Slit. Split. Slit. Who, Slit. Who, who fuck it. It's I mean, a weird term. could line up and play football, dude.
0: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> 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 it was an.
7: It was an effort by like how many guys did it? It was like a. It was like a thing. They a lot did. of guys. guys.
0: Just line up. <laughs> I know it feels like cement, okay? We grew up playing on cement, so what? Yeah, line up. All right. I know that they're saying that the slits in the grass and in the roll, people's cleats are getting in, getting a lot higher risk of injury, and the stats prove that, even though the NFL tried to do a Kevin Seifert, Kevin Siebert. Uh, Kevin, he's from ESPN? Seaford. Yeah. Kevin Seifert. Yeah. last week comes out, stats show that there is no difference between natural grass and artificial. It's like, okay, Kevin, you will do, <laughs> yeah. hey, I will do whatever, I will do whatever you say. And then another study comes out from a company named BioCore, which you know they're fucking yeah, doing okay, it. Okay. They know You know that <laughs> yeah. they're doing it. That study comes out and says, actually, there's a significant difference in lower leg injury when it comes to slit astroturf <laughs> As opposed to natural uh, grass or whatever. And Biocorps was hired by the NFL and the NFLPA to do this research. So. I mean, the the beat goes on with that. Hopefully grass is everywhere, but can't be the German grass either. That seemed to be a bit slick. Uh, I think it's a little bit different on that pitch over there. It's an English accent for a German situation. <laughs> but nonetheless, the our surface is definitely a topic of conversation right now, and I'm happy about that. Hopefully we will get it figured out because I hate seeing stars and guys in general get hurt for nothing. And they have enough money now. They have the means. The technology is there. Just fucking make it better for everybody. Hopefully,
2: I mean, AJ, you were you definitely AJ. You didn't play on any Astro turf fields, did you? We did. I, my my oh, freshman year too. in
7: college at Wisconsin, I did. Yeah, those are awesome. Huh? How about high school? We played Franklin Regional, yeah, Fox AstroTurf, Chapel, a yeah.
0: couple different schools. Had really? the original. Th- these are the yuppie schools around.
7: I think it's safer. I think it's safer than field turf.
0: The original yeah. one because you're wearing the flats.
7: Yeah, because you're wearing flats, like. Field turf was True. not made to wear cleats. You you're supposed to wear like nubs on field turf. When it first came out, I remember that. Like, oh, you wear like little nubs, like little soccer indoor cleats. And then everyone's like, well, no, i slip a little bit. I need to wear cleats. But my cleats in the ground. My foot will rotate. My cleats will not chunk up like grass, so that's where you tear things. Yeah. So the only thing is the uh, <laughs> yeah the uh, burns burn. who, <laughs> who cares? Like you can't handle a couple rug burns, like you can still play with that. You can't play with a torn Achilles or ACL. So. No, I agree. But a couple <laughs> rug burns every day of your life, I, I don't know how those dudes
0: practice on that every single day. I have no idea how that was. And every
2: annoying that was yeah. a four. they wore long sleeves. They wore a lot of long sleeves.
0: I never, I never forget there was a game where I was thinking about doing like a three yard slide tackle on somebody could have got him could have got him and then as I was about to like leap I'm like what are we doing we are not doing that right now we will just go ahead and circle back and get a better angle (laughs) on this person it's like I wonder if guys are wondering about that on this turf to do certain stuff we saw somebody's foot I hope not get trapped underneath somebody on the turf again this weekend somebody landing on I don't know how that doesn't cause more just the ability to move We need that supergrass. That's what what we we need. Need that supergrass.
2: Are you saying, saying guys? So they're not wearing like guys in the NFL. They're not wearing like the molded cleats. They're wearing like actual like spikes. No, they're wearing molded.
7: I'm saying just any cleats, even molded. No, you definitely. I hope guys aren't wearing screwing on field turf. That is not a. I would not recommend. You would slide. I think. I think you would slide. Just way too much too on that field turf. Well, I think because of how flat. Remember, because
0: screw yeah. have like a flat, dull uh-huh. surface at the bottom, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit longer. I think I've tried one on somebody had uh, some sort of like snow turf mm-hmm. situation, and I was like, I'll wear these screw so I can get through the thing, and I think it was just like, an, I might as well put a fucking ice skate on yeah. it. was like just skating around the whole thing, a little bit different. I busted my ass wearing those turf uh, shoes. Kansas City, we're playing against the Chiefs. It was negative 12 or whatever. Jeez. field was frozen. I went out for warm-ups. <laughs> And I went for like my first punt. Whoa! <laughs> Left foot just slides straight up. I hit my fucking full back and head Whoa. off the ice. Was, I flat bump on the ice. There's like 15 people in the crowd. Early arrivals, arrivals are like, it's gonna be like that all day. Oh my god!
7: <laughs> Get out like, okay, of here, dude. I'm
0: trying Kirk, to fucking. What's Kirk
2: had a sweet flat back on Sunday. How about the? He got
7: stepped on. He against, got his foot stepped on. Yeah. It down. Just,
0: How about the guy that got the? Uh, oh yeah. The 3D. Pretty much got hit off his uh, oh, gooch. Mm-hmm. The tank got hit, and then he went flipped up over and then basically got 3 d Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big-time shots to the nuts. Tough it, day at the mill. It is a tough day at the mill. It's yeah, yeah It's down there at the factory. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Let's go to another overreaction here. Uh, This one's from Caleb at Caleb Grissette. Hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact, But But. trade Micah Parsons, trade Trevon Diggs. They don't deserve to waste years with my Cowboys. We are sucking the prime years out of their career. Cowboys are dead. Two playoff wins in my lifetime, says Caleb. Hashtag pain. Hashtag misery. Hashtag Cowboys Nation. Aren't they six and three right now? They are.
3: Also in the same situation as the Bills. (laughs) They what are the fuck? They are one, the sixth one- seed in the <laughs> NFC. Yeah.
0: I love it. Hey, hell yeah. Mail it in on a year. You lose Please to the respect. Packers. The back-to-back MVP has, like, the best game they've had in a an emotional game. Fucking mail it in, Caleb. You're sick of it. He's sick of the bullshit.
1: It is also hilarious to see, like, w- you know, week by week doing this, people talking about McCarthy being coach of the year and all that kind of stuff, and then they lose, and everyone today saying, fire fucking McCarthy, nothing's different. This guy sucks. Yeah. We need John Payton. Like, it's just. I mean, I guess that's overreaction Monday, but it is hilarious. You know, that's all it takes if you're a Cowboys fan.
0: The NFL seasons are the best. Uh big Mike. Hey, just keep on swimming out here. Congrats, Mike. Set, set that jaw. Keep swinging, Mike. What you were they, they what mad mean? about
2: him for? He what? went <laughs> what were they mad about Big Mike for?
0: Oh, he went for it obviously. He showed aggression. He showed his team like, hey, we're the gonna first, go for it on fourth down. He was the first,
2: first fourteen points they scored uh were on drives that they went for on fourth
1: down.
0: Well, that uh, if it works, it's good. It's different, Tony. Yeah. If it doesn't work, fucking
1: fire the coach. I think the bigger issue was Dak did not look great yesterday. Kind of back to the hey, let's have Dak throw yeah. it, you know, fifty times, which we've seen that is not the best way for them to win. Especially when you're up. Big Mike
0: McCarthy threw his headset through yeah. the turf at Lambeau, trying awesome. to, you know, yep. leave his fingerprints on the field that he coached for a long time yet again. Let me put a Bam. dent on his fucking sideline real quick.
7: <laughs> Hell yeah, Mike. Hey, did you, did you see yeah. this right at? After this, when he was trying to get re like acquainted with the headset and they were trying to put it all back together, he looks at a guy, uh, a defensive coach, he goes, hey, what's the call? He didn't have his headset on. He asked to do what the call was. You could clearly see that. It was awesome right after this. I love it Big Mike. Fun, I think I'm enjoying
0: him more and more as the years go on. Seems like Cowboys fans are ready to move on. Let's go to another overreaction. That's what one we- one loss is. And yeah, winning cures all, losing burn it all down. Bingo. Jason Harris had Bill's Mafia in 1993. Here comes another one. Hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact. But? Bills are in trouble. Unless they get healthy, they won't win a division and could possibly... Missed the playoffs all together. Remember the Bills were a wagon. We were talking about that just a week ago. Yeah, I know they lost to the Dolphins, and that was unheard of or whatever. But now it's like with the UCL and Josh Allen making some bonehead decisions in crucial times and the defense is getting banged up, are the Bills dead? Old Cousy, who's a member of the Bills Mafia, says, we're in trouble around here. One loss in the Bills Mafia is in turmoil. I still have nothing but faith in Buffalo just because they have Josh Allen. But there was a couple plays Josh Allen made yesterday where I was like, what the fuck? is Josh Allen doing that's like first year Josh Allen second year Josh Allen and if you ask Darius Butler he's like no no that is Josh Allen and uh, if he can eliminate that
7: obviously they can go a long way you still got faith in the Buffalo Bills oh absolutely I love everything about Josh Allen his his biggest issues are like that he thinks he can make every throw he thinks he can make every play and unfortunately some of those those errant throws are in the red zone and when you're going in you're not getting zero points you're not even getting three it's tough man you're gonna put your team behind
0: i think my favorite quote of the day today and there's been a lot dan rolovsky said guys like josh allen attempt the throws that they attempt because guys like me can make the other throws and i can't make those throws dan rolovsky said on tv like Because he told a story about Matthew Stafford in film telling him uh, when Dan Orlovsky says, like, hey, why don't we just check it down right here? And Matthew Stafford allegedly said, like, you see that throw, Dan? You can make that throw, right? This throw you can't make. And this is a throw that I can make. So I think that is carried with Orlovsky through – obviously his entire TV career. And they were talking about some of the decisions being made by some of these quarterbacks. And I think Josh Allen is certainly in there. His arm, now how the UCL is, I think we'll keep an eye on going forward. If he can still spin it the same way going forward, we will find out. It'll be obvious. I think it will be obvious. And there was a throw to Stephon Diggs that looked a little bit more bottle rockety as it has maybe in the past, but that ball could have slipped out of his hands too. We have no idea. But the ability to make some of those throws that nobody else can make and having a game-changing type play, on every single play kind of inhibits sometimes from the smart decision to be made and uh, hopefully that's not josh allen but it seems if his turnovers have become that particular reason let's go to the next overreaction here from around the internet that ty schmidt picked out this is a golfer named at aaron riley 10 hashtag pms i don't want to overreact but Tommy and the boys don't lose another game too i no since the divorce clear mind fresh start your thoughts
7: on this aj a little body revenge tom brady going on for the end of the run here I mean, maybe especially with these other these pictures coming out too. It's like, hey, head down. Oh, you know, right? he's got right. one one singular goal: He's going to go win the championship. That's what he's going to do. Shove it right in that guy's face.
0: That guy's black belt was in my home. They were training in my home.
1: Did Tom ever roll with this guy, you think? No. You should post roll. a picture of him like training Muay Thai or something like that. <laughs> Fuck you, <he gets laughs> I'm a Muay Thai guy. Always have been. <laughs> yeah, walking into the UFC cage or something uh-huh. like that
0: with one of the UFC yes. ring girls in the background yep. like this. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's social team will piece that together. Oh, yeah. Yes. They'll figure it out. They'll yep. piece that together. Uh, maybe, maybe this is a more focused, more driven Tom, the Tom that we're used to seeing of the past. Maybe the team has taken a big time turn. After marching down the field 60 yards and 25 seconds against the Rams defense a week ago, then doing what they did to the Seahawks, one of the hottest teams in the NFL at the time in Germany. Maybe they're back. Julio Jones making a play is great news for them too. Need another weapon? Congrats to Tom. Hey, happy they're both happy. Yep, there you go, Tommy. Happy. Hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact. But right. hey, we'll continue here with Jesse Ewart. Hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact. But right. yesterday might have been one of the best days ever to be a Chiefs fan ever. Chiefs win, everyone in the division loses, Bills lose, back in the one seat and top of the division, but Mahomes can't do without Tyreek, right? Hey, Jesse, <laughs> that's a great call. Tyreek Hill leaving a team, we all wondered how defenses would play against the Chiefs. Would Patrick Mahomes be able to decipher defenses that didn't have to account for the fastest human to ever grace a football field? Well, they have I figured it out their division was supposed to be a juggernaut it's not as much as a juggernaut as everybody thought it was going to be and the Chiefs maintain being the Chiefs and I love watching them play they beat the fuck out of the Jags yesterday
7: and I enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes do his thing I mean how could you not and also I, I give credit to their defense I know no one really talks about their defense much but at times when as the season goes their defense tends to get better and better and with this offense like 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 you said, like how can you not count them out? Like how can you ever count them out? Like they're always gonna be there as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, Kelsey's in the lineup. I have to give the Chiefs a chance. Christian Kirk had two touchdowns. One of them
0: was late, but so that could be a little bit issue going forward against the Chiefs if they have to line up against a superstar wide receiver and an offense down the road. They'll have time to figure it out. What were you going to say, Kyle? I mean,
3: adding Tony, obviously, and then Pacheco, the running back they drafted, fumbled the early. Yeah, he fumbled. Then he that would have been a touchdown. Yeah, he's very,
0: very good. I agree. Explosive, Flies. fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They
7: One got lot of Runs super hard. Run
0: hard. <laughs> hard, super hard. Yeah. Well, the yeah.
2: Chiefs are fucking very, very, very good. Okay. One of the more annoying annoying things right now in the NFL is that Chiefs fans think that they're better without Tyreek Hill.
0: Just different team. Just a different team.
3: Mahomes seems to be just zeroed in, like lights out, as As if he heard what people were saying about them being worse with Tyreek Hill and then him being basically like, oh, you you think that I'm not going to be as good of a quarterback because I don't have Tyreek Hill? Also,
2: Sammy Watkins said that
3: uh,
0: he thinks a quarterback. Well – Nonetheless, with all that, uh, happy that Travis Kelsey got back in the end zone. It's been a while. There it is. Thank you, Travis. You're in all of our parlays to score a touchdown because that's yeah. what he used to be like. Every, right? week. Every week. Then he took like a three, four week break. Okay, great to have you back <laughs> in there. Let's keep doing Need that, ya. Travis. Need
1: you, Travis. Okay, hey, I know you're
0: making a lot of money playing football. You're a great guy. We're a big fan of the New Heights podcast. We're a big fan of you and your brother as a whole. Uh, we think your career is awesome. You're breaking a lot of records for tight ends. You're going to go down as one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Let's make sure we're getting in the end yeah. zone. Okay? Keep scoring. Let's remember we, we scored touchdowns over Travis Kelsey. Yeah. That's, that's right. Two maybe. Yesterday, I got into his home. It was great to see. Let's go to another overreaction before we get out of here. Uh, Uh, Juan Hernandez at Legacy847. Hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact, but Justin Herbert's talent is being wasted in L.A. Maybe the Colts will trade their next four first-round picks for him. You know what? Maybe. Hey, Juan, you have no experience. Doesn't (laughs) seem to matter. I don't know if you've been in an NFL program before (laughs) or not. Why don't you come be the GM of either Chargers or the Colts? If fucking make that happen, I would definitely take that bet. And I would love to see what Jeff Saturday would do with Justin Herbert oh, and man, how he'd God. motivate Justin Herbert into being the guy that we need him to be. Do you think the Chargers are the perennial pretenders, like Ty alluded to earlier? What's that? A lot of injuries, a lot of that, but also like sometimes it just feels like one team has to deal with more adversity than other teams. And the Chargers have had to do that over the last what, 20 years? Yep.
7: Yeah, I would it'd be curious to see what. Justin Herbert looks like on a different team. What he looks like in a different offense with a different coach. I'm not saying anything about Staley, but you're right. Like what Ty is saying, I don't, the the Chargers are just hey, here we go. Are we going to try to squeak into the playoffs and lose in the first round? Like yeah. is that our goal? I don't know. That's what it feels like.
3: Like We we talk about the, how the NFC is kind of wide open aside from the top with the Sirianni Eagles and the Vikings now. But the AFC for the next 15 years are going to be the same two guys, it feels like, with Mahomes and Josh Allen. like Well, and Jeff Saturday, And, of course, right. Jeff Saturday, right. And, yeah, four first-round picks, maybe the next eight first-round picks for Herbert. But, like, is there any year that you think you're going to come into and say, okay, you know what, I'm, I think the Chargers are going to beat the Chiefs? This, this was the year. Yeah, everyone was saying it. Exactly. Saying
0: this was the year, and it's not the year, so maybe next year will be the year. But for one reason or another, it sounds like it's going to be another playoff-less Charger season, just yeah. like it was last year when everybody had incredibly high
1: hopes. Also, look at how much money they spent this offseason on grabbing all those guys. Like, their window is shrinking because they're going to have to give Herbert, like, $500 million. And then, guess what? You're not going to be able to bring in all these studs to surround him, <sighs> you know? It's tough. If- I
0: love Tom Telesco out there. They've run mm-hmm. into a slew of bad luck. yeah. yeah. Misfortune, And they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, so everybody's going to talk about it. Before we get out of here, we got to address some breaking news. Zach Ertz has been ruled out for the rest of the season Ooh. with a knee injury. Ah, God damn. Uh, Arizona Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz has suffered a season-ending knee injury. Uh, brutal reality for Arizona and its veteran. We love Zach Ertz around here. Godspeed, getting healthy, man. The Cardinals look like the Cardinals for the first time almost yesterday with Cole McCoy playing quarterback. Zach Ertz is out for the rest of the year. Damn shame. We hate to hear it. Hope you come back better, stronger than ever. We don't know what his future looks like, what he's going to decide to do, but we will eagerly await the decision from Zach Ertz on what next year looks like. This is a bummer for a great dude. Love
1: Zach Ertz. Yeah, that stinks.
0: Uh, That's the NFL. That's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. We're the dumbest show on the earth. We can't thank you enough for joining us. AJ. Any final thoughts for the people that watch along all day?
7: No, it was a great day of football yesterday. I'm looking forward to uh, to having Aaron on the show tomorrow, and we'll see how it goes. I think he should be in a pretty good mood. Yeah, big win. Maybe an entire season-tied turning win. Yeah. Game coming yeah. up on Thursday?
0: Thursday. So yeah, what happened quick. in years past? Was he able to come? I don't remember if he did. Yeah. He
1: did, but he just, it was much briefer it's because quick. it was a work yeah. day. He's at the building. Yeah.
0: yeah. In that back room. Right. Bingo. Got yeah. it. Okay. So tomorrow will be an efficient, quick conversation mm-hmm. about the win against the Cowboys. Then we'll turn our attention to Thursday night against the... Titans. Oh, Vrabes was just yeah. called at fat. Vrabes was just called fat, too. Mm-hmm. So look up. for Vrabes <laughs> to try to set, send a message this weekend. Yeah. After Luke Fickle, <laughs> the toughest Ohioan of all time, said he looks fat at the moment. They'll be the um, Tonight. I don't know. The commanders play against the Eagles. The Eagles might look ahead to play against the Colts. Is this a trap game for the Eagles? Taking on the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. The commanders under Taylor Heineke have obviously looked vastly different over the last few weeks, have stole some big-time wins. Exposes and team being sold. Allegedly, uh, Snyder is going to sell the team for somewhere like $7 billion. The uh, attorney general of D.C. is moving forward with charges about the toxic workplace. And I believe uh, Inept, no, uh, Um, What's the word they use to describe Snyder, Roger Goodell, and NFL? Whatever. The Attorney General is saying that everybody's to blame for the sexual harassment that took place. That's why the charges are being pressed. That's why everything's happening. Uh, Dan Snyder allegedly moving forward to sell the team. Jeff Bezos, Jay-Z, Matthew McConaughey, many other billionaires get involved. Hell yeah. Could allegedly fetch $7 billion because of how big the fan base is in the city in which it's in. They're going to have to build another stadium on top of that. So that's like a 12 to $13 billion operation if you want to buy it. Dang. It's going to be big money. RG3 might be able to find some fans sure. mm-hmm. to buy the team with. We shall see. I hope. Commanders are getting 10 and a half on the road in Philadelphia. The Johns are going to be barking on Monday night football. AJ,
7: how do you feel? Who do you like? Um, Ten and a half is a lot. I love the Eagles, but you know what? I'll take Washington plus 10 and a half.
0: What's the record for this weekend between me and AJ? Yeah, what is the record? I don't know. I haven't
7: seen it. Oh, I beat the oh, fuck wow.
0: out of It okay. doesn't matter. Oh, wow.
7: I felt good. What in- happened last week? What happened last week when we didn't show it? And we did show it. You that beat me. Yeah, we did.
1: I did got like I three
7: right. Yeah, I got. I won
1: like. I three mean, right. I get right.
7: I
0: you, four or five. Four or five. Yeah. Oh, I thought you. T- okay. No, no, we did. That was our third time. Yeah. I think I I've won it. the last couple, though. I feel I won a lot of bets yesterday. That's how I knew. Yeah,
3: because it was o two and two, I believe. And I, these last four weeks, you've gone three o and
2: one.
0: Yeah. I, yesterday, I won a lot of bets.
2: Yeah.
0: Basically, every everything but the super boost. Thank you, Connor. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. It's cursed. Hey, Super Boost, having the reins at a Super Boost fucking stinks.
3: Just not my style of betting. Anything under plus 10,000, I just don't
0: like. Dude, nobody hits them, though. Yeah. Like, Dr. Disrespect last night had Niners to win. McCaffrey scored a touchdown. And George Kittle to have 25 plus yards receiving. Didn't hit. George Kittle got a reception, long reception, had a highlight. Didn't hit. It's almost. I don't say it's impossible to predict these games because I just went nine and four, obviously. Right. So it's kind of, but it is tough to do the whole. It mm-hmm. is diff- It's not easy. We are looking for anybody to to get one. Maybe I'll take it back over for Thursday, but yeah. if I get it wrong, we're, we're
7: Thursday. Or no, Packers. Packers, Packers Thursday. Yeah. Give it to Mitt. Let Mitt do one.
0: Mate, hey, he's out of his cast. He's fucking yeah, walking sure. again. Well,
6: Danny Dimes walking-ish. over rushing against the Lions this Sunday. Have no idea what it is, but it will hit. 200.
0: Okay, thank you, Foxy. We know Danny Dime's rush yards over is a guarantee, but you're saying the Lions are certainly going to give it up? That is something they are weak at? Yep. Okay, that's we got Thursday still. We are st- we're going to keep the main thing, the main thing, mm-hmm. which is the Thursday boost, but whoever ends up taking the reins for Sunday, I think we would all like to see the Daniel Jones over rush yards be put into it for Sunday. Here yes. we go. Is that good, Foxy? Sure. Thank if, you for your help, If thoughts. that's the only one that doesn't hit, <laughs> there's yeah. a chance. It's going to get loud. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, a yeah. chance. If we put it in there, it'll be the first time in 55 games <laughs> <laughs> that it hasn't hit. For sure. <laughs> um, i like the Eagles to cover tonight. Commanders have played very good, which I think will lead a lot of people to thinking that the commander's going to be able to cover. So for that reason that reason alone, I think these Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Why? A.J. Why? Brown, Why? Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, dogs. Let alone slay in the defense. The dogs want to show up on Monday Night Football and say hello to the world. Now, with how loud I am about it, my college picks have not been fantastic. I've been wrong on a few of those. You know, I cut a promo saying the big bad wolf is the Texas Longhorn. Sorry about it, TCU. TCU goes into Texas and wins. I mean, that is tough. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. So I don't like maybe how aggressive I was in the microphone there picking the Eagles, but just as I started thinking about it, my brain just started vo- – my mouth started vomiting all my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I like the Eagles minus 10 and a half tonight. I like it. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. fly Eagles fly. All right. I got a 10 and a half. Let's remember that if anybody sees a change in the line, uh, which <laughs> maybe did happen during this show. Okay. 10 and a half is the, it's the line on the graph. <laughs> that's it's right what, there. that's Boom. what you got. Bye-bye. Oh, Mark mm-hmm. it down.
7: It's right there, AJ. Yeah, Okay. What did it drop down to?
0: 11 and a half. But you are in Ohio. What? You're you locked fucking in. Open.
7: It's locked in right here. 10 and a half. Which, I don't care. I'll take it. By the way, it
0: moving to 11 and a half makes you feel even better. Exactly. How, you want me to take the Eagles at 11 and a half? You want plus 11 and a half? Or you want to use this graphic?
7: You can take the graphic. Sweet. Okay. Buffoon. <laughs> uh great work
0: out of the toxic table tongue digs fantastic job everybody in the back dirty bruce billy mitt everybody thank you all so much for watching and enjoying this tomorrow's aaron Rodgers tuesday be a friend telephone we got a lot of guests coming on this week a lot of guests a mm. lot of people reaching out a lot of conversations to be had we can't thank you enough for allowing this all to be possible what's going to happen now is boston connor is going to step up shit. to the plate
1: come on con man hello on this
0: overreaction monday Come on, Connor. Come on. From the stage, which is about a half-court shot, Boston Connor will sink a basketball into a basketball hoop. And when he does as such, you can relax. We were going to – No. On, I thought
7: you said you could
2: shoot.
0: False <laughs> <laughs> start. Try that to make happen. it. Got
1: to move it back. Got to move trying. it back.
8: No, good
2: you're strategy. not fine. You're just fucking <laughs> – hot. He tried to get a warm-up. It was like the kick before the timeout. Okay.
0: Which they banned. You see the refs come yeah. running mm-hmm. in. No, 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 Mulligans, no Mulligans, no Mulligans. Snappers snap the ball every single time. They know that. I don't have to tell them that. If you make this shot, since you already, that was a terrible attempt, and you don't like making shots for the fans for whatever reason, they allow you to live the life that you live and have the job that you have. and You hate giving away anything from this company, which I both appreciate and hate. So I'm kind of torn in this whole thing. AJ, how many winners do you think whenever Boston Connor makes a shot right here? Ten. Ten winners of $500 when Boston Connor puts this ball in the hoop. All you'll have to do is retweet this tweet. Reply and say something nice to somebody and also put your cash tag in there to be officially entered. Ten random winners of $500 could potentially happen if this man from Massachusetts, full-blown asshole, wearing a tiger on his chest, a beautiful mane on his head, and a rocket on his right hand. Boston Connor attempts to make 10 random people richer, happier, and better with one stroke of a basket. Oh. All right. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays tomorrow. Be a friend, tell a friend. Yay. Hey, thank you for stopping by, Jeff. Thank you for stopping by, Luke Fickle. Tomorrow should be a better show. I doubt it, though. Goodbye. Thank you, AJ.